Chani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. It's the Burzik episode, y'all. Happy Burzik Day. Yay, we're so excited. All right. Welcome to episode 187 of Meet Us at Molly's. We've done this a couple times before. We've done the Upstead episode. We've done the Stellarite episode. And now it's Burzik's turn. It is Burzik's turn. Um, Eight seasons of feelings, of angst, of like all the sweet, adorable moments. Just all of it. We're just going to dish on all of it. There's going to be a lot of yelling. Yeah. So, uh, and we have company, which is even better. So we are joined by Jules and Lauren, AKA the ladies of the locker room podcast. Welcome ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having us. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure, guys, this is take two of the intro. Um, <laughs> somebody's dumbass. Mine forgot to hit record, but I'm so glad we didn't get that far into it. Otherwise it would have been bad. <laughs> Listen, this is, like I said, this is the one topic that I will go on about for my way, way too long. So it's totally okay because it's something that I'm happy to talk about. You guys, the Olympics has had me on a really messed up sleep schedule. I've been waking up at like five in the morning, every morning. And my brain as a result is just like a mess, a mess, but it's okay. We're good. We're good. Take two. I caught it in time. (laughs) All right. So like you guys were saying, you guys could talk Burzik for hours on end. So would it be safe to say that you guys would not exist without Burzik? It's true. It's confirmed. Confirmed. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, The reason that the world turns. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. The reason at least in the locker room. And since we're named after Burzik's locker room, I guess that's just, you know, live and breathe Burzik. Yeah. Yeah. I was going through some clips earlier and, you know, in the proposal scene, Ruzik flat out says he's like the locker room. I'm like, man, they've already had their show mentioned on the show. We can't get a meet us and Molly's for the life of us. <laughs> yeah. That's actually our intro because it's like, it sounds so perfect that he um, just says it because who else? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there are scenes in the early days where they're like, oh, meet you at Molly's. I'm like, no, meet us, plural, us. <laughs> us invite another person <laughs> so i love that. that that's awesome so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun couple hours here just getting into our feels so uh before we start we do have a little bit of news we're at that point now where the news is picking back up which is awesome and yeah we've got some good stuff so first up is some news from deadline you guys mark the calendars get the highlighter get the pen do what you got to do september 22nd september 22nd premiere night party horn Premiere night. Don't make plans on September 22nd or do and then watch it on TV. You can start the tear off calendar on your refrigerator door (laughs) one day down at a time. Yeah. We're like less than two months at this point. Yeah. Which is awesome. So um, yeah, we should be at like 50 something days. This is Friday when you're listening to it. It's the 30th. So we're at like 50 something, 40 something days. Uh, It's gonna be awesome. And they're back to filming, which is fantastic. I know just all the content and the behind the scenes photos. It's just like, yes. The the day we're recording this is Tuesday and we finally got the Trassy selfie. 
<laughs> we finally got the first Jesse and Tracy selfie of the year. Broke and the internet. It, yep. Yeah, it did break the internet. Like nature is healing. <laughs> it's so good. good. Yeah. So good. It's really good. So yes, September 22nd is premiere night. Now, in addition to that, that, that third week of September is like TV Christmas, okay? All the shows are coming back, including some pilots that feature some one Chicago alums. So on NBC, there's a show called Ordinary Joe that is premiering on September 22nd, or September 20th, September 20th if. At, uh, at 10 p.m. Now, Ordinary Joe features Charlie Barnett, our sweet, precious baby Mills, who we really wish would come back, but like, it's cool. You're successful. You're out there being like a Netflix star and other things, just- you know, I, I know. I feel like we missed our chance because they filmed this pilot in Chicago, and I think even clearly used the med set. If you look in the trailer, it looks like that's the med set. Yeah. So like, you couldn't have just hopped on over to fire, like just like popped in. I, yeah quick little cameo maybe like they could have even done the thing like in loki when you see peggy carter come out like at the tva like he just had to walk through a background scene and that would have been enough for me <laughs> at this point i'll just take if they mention mills like i don't even need i mean i want him to come back but just like a mention would be nice i would take that too yeah so jules and lauren do you guys speak marvel or are we like speaking a whole foreign language no we speak marvel or i speak marvel we love marvel yes okay. beautiful beautiful okay <laughs> yeah i would have been totally okay with that if like just, mills just pulled a peggy carter and was like in the background of a scene and we're like is that cool all right fun it's like where's waldo but like where's me where's mills <laughs> they could start an entire that could be just a th theme on this show with all the missing characters at this point Amen to that. yeah i mean rojas i'm yeah everybody yeah, yeah just spot one per episode in the background <laughs> just take a screenshot of a bunch of people and be like see anything <laughs> like, shoot the graveyard and just like otis and leslie like just standing there <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh oh man chicago heaven oh man would still be a great show it really would yeah yeah it really would yeah so ordinary joe premieres september 20th a week later or like a week and one day later, on September 28th, La Brea premieres. And La Brea features John Seda and Owen Mackin, who is a Night Shift alum, which is a show that we love. Uh, so check that out. Now, I'm going to be dead honest here. Ordinary Joe looked really good. La Brea looks kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about La Brea, but I will watch. I will watch to support the faves, but uh, I'm not as excited about that one. And, and like the sci-fi shows on NBC just don't really do very well. We'll find out, I guess. We'll find out. And I've been wrong before. Like I, you know, I, I, I'm actually very happy when I'm wrong about shows. Cause I've said that before about a couple of shows and been like, that looks stupid. And then like a week later, I'm like, I'm obsessed. <laughs> so, you know, the hundred once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. Happened. Um, yeah. So ordinary Joe and La Brea. And then, uh, on September 21st, on like one Chicago Wednesday Eve, um, at 9 p.m. is Yaya DaCosta's new show, which will premiere on Fox called Our Kind of People. Have y'all seen this trailer yet? It looks so good. Looks really good. So good. And she looks she, so pretty. Yes. I would watch anything she's in. I really feel like I just have the biggest crush on her. She's amazing. <laughs> she's so gorgeous. Yeah, I'm excited to see her lead a show too. It's gonna mm -hmm. be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the creators of Empire and Empire was so good. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. So um, that is like the premiere date news. So third week of September, like do not make plans, like, you know, mark your calendars, just 
tell your friends if they want to hang out like no i'm busy watching tv is a totally valid excuse i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah so that'll be that'll be great uh now in take one when we recorded i know jules you mentioned you'll be on vacation that week right Yes, well, I mean, I was planning on going to where Lauren lives. So my thought is epic premiere party to celebrate our girl, Kim Burgess, coming back to life. Because it's happening. Over at my house, everyone's invited. Everyone listening. <laughs> Y'all are invited. Everyone come. It's cool. We'll throw a party at my house. Me so Lauren, do. you're in California. Jules, where are you? I'm in Indiana. Kind of close Midwest. to Chicago. Okay. Yes, only three hours out of Chicago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I'm in Texas. Brent is in Virginia. So like, we're all in like four different spots around the country. We're covering the, covering the country. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, central time zone in the house. So cool. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to, you know, plan a big fan meetup one day on Twitter. Hopefully one day we can get back to Chicago because like, I miss it a lot. I do too. I haven't been to Chicago in 10 years. I want to go back so bad. Oh, I, I haven't been back in less than that. And I'm just like, damn, like, when can I go back again? I miss it. I miss it a lot. I was just there, but I'm hoping they'll bring back Chicago Con. Like, that would be something I would be much more excited about. Just having everyone in one place, like, on one Chicago day is the most exciting thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a lot. Yeah, yeah. In-person cons, which is just in-person cons, period. I can't wait until those come back. I miss Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I, uh, my, my last supernatural con was like two years ago and I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. And then the pandemic hit and now I'm like, I think I got one more in me. I don't know. We'll see. Sure. Don't take know all what, money. Don't know what you got till it's gone. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, if we can get another Chicago con, let's just manifest that right now. Like another Chicago con, another Chicago con <laughs> manifest that. Yeah. Miss it. So, um, yeah, Brenda, take us through the next bit of news. So the next bit of news is kind of a little bit of a surprising one. Chicago Med just happened to pop up on Netflix last week. Um, apparently, Netflix has acquired like a swath of NBC Universal content. Um, and now Chicago Med is on there. Um, but just Med, not Fire and PD, just Med. Um, yeah. So you can go watch Med if you're really wanting to watch some Chicago Med. It's every season but the most current one. So one through five. Just yeah, one through kind five. Of, kind of weird all around. This totally shocked me. I did not expect to see this. And I it totally did a double take of like, is this real? It just seems so out of place. But I'm totally down for it. Like I had a, a friend because, you know, PD and Fire before Peacock came in clutch had a lot of had the seasons of PD and fire, but med wasn't available for free. And so I had a friend who watched it all for free, but wasn't going to pay for med like me a fool. So she, when I saw this news, I was like, okay, at least you can finally watch it. Like it's, it's <laughs> inclusive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this will be beneficial. There was a quote in there that just said like, you know, procedurals tend to do really, really well on Netflix. And so it might, it might get, you know, birth some new shyhards, you know, who, who are just going to get curious and be like, let's check out the other two shows. Um, I guess I was just yeah. surprised considering like they made a big deal about all of one Chicago going to Peacock for the first time. And like, then they just all of a sudden were like, Oh yeah, we're going to put med on Netflix too. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. It just kind of seemed weird and like anti going to get P 
Peacock, but I don't know. It just seemed like a weird move, but maybe it's to also help them now that Fire and PD are both um, in reruns. Like maybe it's to try to help bump to see if Med would do well in reruns. I don't know, but that's all I could think of. It's 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 awesome, but also confusing. Like mm-hmm. yay, but also okay. All right. Also, if you're a new viewer going into One Chicago and have no idea about the other shows, the crossover episodes, especially in Med, since it's the last show, it's going to get really confusing really quick. Not that's knowing. true. That's very true. Um, the the episode with like the high rise fire, they're going to be like, dude, what happened to like the redheaded doctor's dad? Like there was no fallout from that. What the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah yeah I my just... friend is watching cd for the first time and she texted me last night she's like what is an inf- infection part three and who are all these people on my screen right now and i was like stop the pause it i'm on my way <laughs> like, <laughs> her house. and i was like we're watching it it's gonna be three hours but she had like no idea what was happening and i was like so yeah i just you don't know the world it's a little yeah yeah and it's, it's always fun when you get that question from your friends of like what show should i start with and that is not usually the one so mm-hmm. no that's that's it, it's going to be interesting filling in the gaps and then explaining like yes I know the the, the psycho nanny Carrie is kind of crazy in the show we know we know just like hang on you know um. oh my god I love that you just said that because it took me so long I had the worst bias against Natalie because of nanny Carrie <laughs> yeah like yeah and I mean she does some dumb shit in the show and just I, it's it's some they're they're one and the same honestly I, 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 I was trying to be nice so i was gonna say some <laughs> i was trying to be nice no i get it though i get it um total side note brino which like i guess we can play a drinking game out of how many times gina mentions the olympics there's a canadian gymnast who looks exactly like tori like exactly like tori i was watching the meet the other day and i was just like Tori and I always forget but she yeah anyway besides every time take a drink every time Gina mentions the Olympics we're already up to two Mm -hmm. cheers cheers yeah we're gonna be drunk by the time this is done fine with me you guys and and it's Tuesday the day we're recording this so we all know what happened in the women's team final it was a very very rough day for Gina very rough day but we're just (laughs) take another drink why the fuck not anyway okay so Jules and Lauren are like do they ever actually focus is it just tangents here like what do they do Um, podcasting (laughs) it is yeah okay so next bit of news this is kind of like a like I think of like the is it Price is Right where it's like dun 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 okay Steven Weber over on Chicago Med got upped to a series regular Um, but in addition to that, we do have two newbies. So there is some casting news, Chicago Medwise. Okay. So yeah, Steven Weber got up to regular. Okay. But we've also added Guy Lockard and Kristen Hager to the cast. So we've got two new doctors and Archer. I was once again, so very surprised by this news. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this is nothing against Weber. He's super talented. It's Archer. I have the problem with. I completely agree. He's not a well-received character. Yeah, I wasn't honest. I wasn't honestly surprised because when I talked to Jeff and Steve, who are writers on the med staff, like I kind of got the hint that they were trying to bring him back. So like, I wasn't surprised when I saw this, but like, I'm just not excited about it. I just, I would have... If they told me he was going to stick around for like maybe four or five more episodes, okay, fine. That's annoying, but like, I could deal with it. But like a whole season of Archer? 
And can we get more women up in here? Yeah. Like they, we lost two women and we're only adding one back, but we've also now added two guys and it's like, what? Well, and thinking about the series regulars, I mean, who do we have just, you know, Maggie and Sharon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Will and Ethan are still around. No, oh, I don't. We're talking women. women. We're talking women. women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've barely even started. I'm already drunk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Um, yeah. No, that's exactly. Yeah. Maggie and Sharon. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Need yeah. more. Need more uh, women up in there. Indeed. Definitely. Indeed. Um, but fun fact here. Okay. So so Guy Lockard's character. Uh, he is kind of like the opposite version of Jeff Clark. Jeff Clark was a firefighter who became a doctor. Well, Guy Lockard's character is a, he was a cop and then he became a doctor. So that's interesting. And if you go back to Chicago Fire season eight, episode 19, okay. um, Guy actually played the man who handcuffed himself to the fire truck. So give it up for Dick Wolf, everybody. It's a classic (laughs) Dick Wolf move. But actually, it though, really like, is, yeah. though, yeah, and I mean, if you go back, it's like a long string of people who they've done that with now, like um, Brian T was a character mm-hmm. first, and then he was a regular, um, Shelly, Dora Madison, Jessica, yeah, 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 she was in there, um, Casey Tutton, who played Monique, she was a victim's, or she was a victim on an episode of PD, like early season two, um, mm-hmm. so we're just keeping that train rolling, and I love it, I well, love and it. it's yeah. classic in the SVU playbook, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's exciting. I don't know. It's exciting. So uh, Kristen Hager also plays Dr. Stevie Hammer. She is a brilliant and scrappy emergency room attending physician. Everybody like immediately pegged her as Will's next love interest, but like patience. We don't know that. We don't know that. It's not me, but it's, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I did not say that, Brenna. That was Lauren. Just for the record. I know. (laughs) so so yeah just just fun fun casting news so we'll see we'll see what the newbies and and the journey's out on archer he might do a 180 and we, we're probably going to learn more about him and end up liking him we'll we'll see we'll see i mean i can root for him maybe maybe <laughs> it's yeah. gonna take a, it's gonna take a lot of work i'm not saying it can't happen but it's gonna take a lot of work it's just like so much medical malpractice so much which is why he fits right in at med <laughs> oh but, yeah that's why they give him a serious regular position yeah. upgrade <laughs> yeah like med really is just the most unsafe hospital i'm telling it just really is like yeah no no but you know, for me, it was the drugging the patient against his will, which like did it for me. That's when I was like, oh no, like, no, I hate you. So I don't know. Oh, absolutely. He's going to be trying to like screw Ethan out of the chief position and just going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. It's going to be really bad. Yep. Yeah. Trust issues. Oh yeah. Like (laughs) tell me you're a one Chicago fan without telling me you're a one Chicago fan right there. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see. So last bit of news that we have is uh, the word. You guys, we did it. We did it. Derek issued the challenge. You guys delivered. We voted. We have a word. So we do have a word. We have a word. Okay. So uh, here's just a refresher on the game that we're playing. Okay. 
Derek made a deal with us. He is going to work a word of dialogue into a random episode in season 10. We don't know what episode. We don't know when. We don't know who's going to say it. At any time in episode or in any time in season 10, he's going to drop this word. Okay. You guys submitted suggestions. We voted. We have a winner. Are you ready? Okay. The word that we are listening for in season 10, the word is serendipity. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what we're listening for. Anytime in season 10, somebody's going to say it. And when it happens, you will know. <laughs> Trust me, you will know. You will know. That is the winning word. We're not announcing it on Twitter. You got to listen to know. So, uh, Celeride wedding vows? Question mark. I would love that. I would I, love that. Oh, no. Ugh. That would yeah. kill me. That, that would absolutely kill me. Yes. Uh, I, I would love if it's somebody like totally unexpected. Like, you know, maybe like. Mouch. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe trudy like crosses over for a second and it comes out of her mouth like that would be amazing so um we'll see we'll see but that is the word so we are on serendipity watch yep yep hashtag that right there (laughs) (laughs) um that's exciting so yeah that's our news for the night um if you guys ever if you see any news any articles anything just send it our way you guys are really good about that we very much appreciate it um yeah just you know how to get it to us carrier pigeon text email whatever um so that's about all the news we've got um no patron shout outs tonight all good but you know if you guys would like to support the pod for as little as two dollars a month you can head over to the link in our socials to our patreon page um pick out which tier is best for you we got a lot of fun stuff there we got bonus episodes discount to the merch store um facebook group the facebook group's a lot of fun so um speaking of merch you guys just launched merch as well right we did yes love it it. yes we did and we also are doing a giveaway right now to Mm. celebrate because we just got ours in the mail and we love them so lauren knows more i think there's seven different designs but we worked with our friend sarah who's sex and reese on twitter and she was amazing with the designs and we love them love it so where can we where can we find your merch on Redbubble and it's under the locker room OC that's our our shop name we also have it linked on our Twitter and then if you want to enter the giveaway you can just retweet the pin tweet and yeah awesome awesome Awesome. yes go get your one Chicago gear go get it it's it's, celebrate September 22nd (laughs) yes yes yeah absolutely so all right without further ado it's time to move into the episode are we ready let's do it it is music time (laughs) so I want to start off with the the most basic of all of the questions, which is why do we love Berzik? Who wants to go first? Oh man, such a good question. Oh, I can, I'll just jump right into go it because it. I was thinking about this earlier. And because of course this is like the most loaded question of all time, but I was thinking about like other couples that I always fall for and specifically come to mind like, my original, like Finn and Rachel from Glee, were my like OG. Oh, I loved Piper. Same, and- Jules. I- oh my God, they were like everything to me. Finchel was everything. Same. I loved Piper and Leo on Charmed. Um, I, oh my gosh, Nathan and Haley in One Tree Hill. Like, I've always gone for the most classic 
couples, I feel like. And so I was thinking, what, what about Berzik fits into that pattern? And it's the fact that they've known since they met that they were going to end up together. Like that is just my favorite thing. And this, despite like the struggles, which we were going to have to get into <laughs> and everything in between, they've always like had this comfortable, um, just reliability with each other. And that's what I love. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. Lauren, what about you? Like kind of going off on that, I was thinking like in a typical crime show, you kind of have like the enemies to lovers, like two people get paired up. They kind of go from like that annoying banter to the like starting to get feelings for each other, like getting, like having trust. And they, there's like, that's one climactic kiss. And then they start to date and then get engaged and married. And it's like, that's kind of like your typical pattern that you see. But with Berzek, the writers have done such a good job writing this couple where you know that there's no one else for Adam except for Kim and there's no one else for Kim except Adam, but how they're going to get to that end game that you know eventually is going to, is going to happen is just like puts you on the edge of your seat. Like you just root for these characters. And I think Patty and Marina have done such an amazing job portraying Kim and Adam. And even like, we're like, I heard they were like, if they're mad at each other, they'll make sure that Kim and Adam don't look at even like look at each other or like, interact with each other for a few like until they like resolve it but like they just done a, such a good job developing Berzak into this couple that you just need to have like you just need to see them have this happily ever after and they're just perfect that's great yeah Brenna what about you yeah, I think the thing that I love about Barzik and kind of what drew me in is I always personally really like ships too, where you can tell that not the part that that each other has like changed one another but that they've opened up a whole new world for the other person so like obviously with Ruzik um like when he met Kim like obviously he was in a relationship which we'll talk about all of that stuff too but he didn't know what a relationship and what love and all that stuff could look like until he met Kim and same with Kim like until she met Ruzik like she didn't realize like what a relationship and love could look like and it just opened up whole different worlds for both of them and so and different from anything they had before and so obviously you knew they were gonna be like you guys have all said like in game from those moments um and I just I've always gravitated towards ships like that so I of course, had to gravitate towards Berzik as well. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I just echo everything that you guys just said. They're a very old school kind of love in that it's, you know, they saw each other and it was just like fireworks. They just knew. They were just like, oh, this is, okay, this is something special. And like, I think the best thing about them too, one of the other things that I just thought about is like even beyond romantic like their love is so deep that it's I mean it's almost it's familial too like it's so one of those things like where they care about each other and they don't want anything to happen to the other even like you guys were saying like if they're mad at one another like they still love each other more than they love anyone else mm -hmm. um even if it's not necessarily in a romantic sense like they love each other beyond anything how did you guys open with this question? Because I am seriously spiraling out of control. <laughs> you are speaking oh my, my language. I completely agree. I love that you even said familial because it's it's in the most um, safe way. Like I love watching them because I it's hard to find characters who are completely trust one another. And I do feel that with them in an interesting way where they're truly authentically themselves. And so I love watching them develop. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go crazy. One of the things that I'm excited about too is like, I don't think that happens until maybe like season four or five, like until they're not together. I don't think it 
becomes oh, like that. Like I think it was so obviously wild. very clearly romantic, and then they break up, and then you realize like, oh shit, like yeah, they obviously love each other, and yeah, they're in game, but like they love each other on a different level, and they'll always be with each other even if they're not with each other. Right. So I'm excited to talk about this whole journey because it's a lot, and it's a lot more than I remembered it being. I'm going. Yeah. I am concerned for my mental health at this point. I'm so sorry. No, don't apologize. I mean, <laughs> that's why we're here. It, it's totally fine. So um, we did open up to voice memos, just like we have with our other two ship centric episodes. Um, this, by the way, is the first ship episode with two original characters. So this, the workload for this one was. Oh yeah, it lot. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Cause we've done Upstead and Stellar Ride, but there's only like X amount of seasons to cover. This time we had all eight. Um, but we, you guys delivered. We asked for voice memos, memos and you guys came in clutch. So let's start it off with Megan R. Hey, I am so happy and so excited to be talking about Berserk t- today because they are my favorite couple on Chicago PD. Don't get me wrong. I do love Upstead too, and they are amazing by themselves as well. But Berzak has been there since the very beginning. It's Their relationship has been organic and built from the ground up. Like, he was engaged before, but, I mean, those feelings were still there. Probably, I would say, from the day they were on patrol together. But it could have been before that. I don't know. I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to the earlier seasons lately. But, anyways, like, it's just so special and amazing. And it's been one hell of a ride, pun intended. And I can't wait to see where they go further with this in the premiere, especially with all the parallels we will be getting with a certain episode, which I will be speaking about later. So next up, we've got Erin Kay. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Erin. Um, I just want to start off by saying I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Um, I'm also part of the Facebook group, and I love, love being a part of the Facebook group and talking to everyone. Um, anyway, so a little backstory about me. I actually just got into the One Chicago universe this year in January. Um, one of my friends over Christmas time was like, please, please, please watch these shows. They're so good. So um, her favorite is PD. So she was like, um, start with PD. So I started with PD and I just immediately fell in love with Adam Ruzik. Like he is just like, I will defend him to the ends of the earth. <laughs> um, and I just really loved how he interacted with Kim at the beginning. They were they were always flirty, if I'm being honest. They always seemed to have a flirtatious flirtatious nature to them. Um, I loved their, you know, being on patrol together and how much they just really enjoyed being around each other. And I just really love season one because you can just I just love the evolution of their feelings. Like you could see it clearly on their faces, but their internal struggles too, especially Adam, you know, cause he was engaged at the time. Um, and I just really fell in love with this couple. And after that, we've got Casey D. So I have loved Adam and Kim from the very beginning. Um, a lot of that has to do with because Kim has been my favorite character throughout the show. I just love her growth and I love the way she Marina plays that character. Um, and I think what works so well for Adam and Kim is, you know, on the surface, they seem like they're opposites, you know, that 
especially early on, you know, Kim shows those softer sides, those emotions, you know, where she's scared, you know, that she was hoping to be a cop that never had to fire her weapon. And then when she does, you know, how that affected her, how that changed her, you know, she goes from not wanting to ever fire her weapon to, you know, a season later, she's pretty much single-handedly saving her and Roman's life in a warehouse while she's injured. And then you have Adam, who I think of as like Voight and Al's like love child. You know, he has that tough cop persona that, you know, he wants to be that like old school Chicago kind of cop. Um, but when you look beneath the surfaces and those first, you know, stereotypes almost, you see that Kim can hold her own. I mean, we have like hashtag badass Burgess and we know our girl can do her thing and she does it well. And she's shown that numerous times. And then you also have Adam where he's shown those more emotional sides of him and those softer times. A lot of times those softer moments involve Kim. We all know that that's his weak spot and vice versa. Um, I feel like Kim doesn't always show those softer moments with Adam. And I feel like that's almost because she's always so worried about losing her spot in intelligence, you know, that she wants to make sure she's seen as a good cop. But at the same time, she wants to make sure that Adam is okay, as he does with her. I just think that that Marina and Patty play those characters so well and they have such good chemistry that you can't help but root for them they I mean those actors are just phenomenal and they do just such a good show good job at showing how much those two truly care about each other both personally and professionally and I think that's what makes Berzek so strong is that whether they're at work or they're outside of work, they respect each other, they know each other's capabilities, and at the end of the day, they just want to make sure they both go home okay. And then we've also got Annie B. Hey, Gina and Brianna, my name's Annie, and this is why I love Kim Burgess and Adam Ruzik, commonly known as Berzik. So in random order, why? here are some reasons why I love them together. So number one is that they were going to have a baby together, and that Adam was more than happy to move in with Kim and raise the kids together, you know, co-parent, that kind of stuff. But nope, the writers just had to ruin something beautiful. And also, we can't forget how Adam just did not want to leave Kim alone in the closing scene of 7x13 and the opening scene of 7x14. Like, oh my god. Adam would make such a fucking amazing dad. Secondly, Kim named him the custodian in the adoption of Michaela because, quote unquote, we were supposed to have a baby together, don't we? Oh my god, like, y'all, she wants Adam in her life. We need them together so bad. Ah, uh, number three. <laughs> um, so, like, how casual both of the proposals were. So, like, you know, how casual the locker room were, um, proposal was. And the proposal that he did in Kim's apartment. But this is my hot take. Third proposal. But Kim proposes this time because Adam has stepped up. It's Kim's turn to pull a finger out of her ass and be like, Adam, I want you in my life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, number four, that Adam took care of Michaela while Kim was missing slash in hospital. So, like, you know, he committed to being the custodian and he was caring for it. Like, he was doing his duty of a custodian and caring for Michaela while Kim was out of action. 
And we also have to say that that man has really stepped up in the past few seasons for Kim. Like, season seven. He was going to be there and support Kim no matter what her decision was with the baby. He was there when she lost it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even with Michaela, like, he stepped up and agreed to be custodian. Like, yeah, he probably wasn't, you know, too impressed with Kim at the beginning when he, she got Michaela, because, you know, it was, like, replacing what they had lost. But he stepped up and is being, like, a parental figure to Michaela. But I'd also like to say that those two have such good chemistry and they are so fucking hot together. Like, fuck me. We need more scenes like the first time that they hooked up, you know, Kim jumping onto Adam while they're ripping their clothes off. I'm sorry. We need more sexy, steamy scenes like that from those two because I really do want to see Ruzik shirtless again. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just a couple reasons. I just quickly wrote this up because, like, I was going to do it over the weekend and now it's Monday morning. I've got to go to work soon and I kind of forgot to do it. <laughs> Everybody's so spot on. I mean, yeah, so good. So good. Uh, yeah, so then we also heard from Haley G and Haley sent hers in via email, but Haley said, I have no idea why I love them. I just think as characters, they're just so perfect for each other. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they balance each other out. They calm each other down. They understand each other in a way that the other characters and love interests don't. The cool thing about them is that you never know what you're going to get with their scenes. Uh, co cool, but also stressful. Yeah. 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 Um, sometimes they're sweet. Sometimes they're angsty. Sometimes it's just a little interactions they have in a scene, not even about them, but whatever kind of scene it is, you'll really feel every kind of emotion. And I love it. So I think she just called them Sour Patch Kids. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then she goes on and she says, I feel like they're magnets for each other. Every time they're in a room, they find each other's eyes, no matter where life takes them, even if it's away from each other, they always find their way back because as we all know, magnets have an irresistible force that they can never fight. You can just tell that they really love each other, even after everything they've put each other through. And I love how far they've come as people and as a couple. Yeah, it's really well said. Yeah, and Haley's one of our like OG listeners, and her love for Bursting is very well known in our listener group. So yeah, um, yeah, very well said. Um, and Jess said, "I love Bursting because no matter what's happening or where they are, they're two people who can't not be in each other's lives. And what capacity that is changes all the time. Coworkers, partners, dating, engaged friends, but no matter what, they're always in each other's orbits, and they just can't stay away from each other. And I love that about them. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, all roads always lead back to each other. Yeah." I love it. I love it. They're tethered. They are. Mm. Oh my god, they're like otters. You know how otters like hold hands so they don't drift from each other? Oh. Yeah, they are each other's otters. <laughs> oh. There's oh, a man. shirt idea. Uh, <laughs> I'll be jotting that one down and procreate later. Um, yeah. Oh, so cute. Okay, so we've broken this down season by season, scene by scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, buckle up because we're going. We're, we're going full steam ahead. Okay, so we're going to start off in season one. We're taking it all the way back to 2014, okay? Season one, episode six. This is their first meeting ever. First meeting. So it's the first crossover with SVU. And, you know, they're both kind of doing their own thing. 
I loved Adam in this episode. This is the one that ends at the yacht, right? When like the guy takes the woman hostage and like Adam is the one who like breaks it up and gets the shot or something, right? Right, maybe? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. their outside and he's the one who he thinks of how to clue in the team. Like this is his first yeah. real like savior intelligence moment. Moment, yeah. I, I absolutely love everything about Adam in this episode. I mean, even, well, minus the flirtation with Rollins, still awkward to this day, but- I loved Adam in this episode. It was so good. Okay, so for my SVU people, this one totally paid off, though, the flirting with Rollins because we got a Rollins and Amaro moment on SVU because of it. So, like, shout out to my boy Adam Ruzek. He always comes through for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but wait, so so in the SVU fandom, is it like Rollins and Amaro versus Rollins and Carisi? I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily versus because the Rollins and Amaro thing was just kind of like a flame that burnt out. Mm Okay. You know, like I think now people have moved. I think most people are really see now. Okay. Yeah. Some shows like you don't watch, but you still know the ships that are on that show. Yeah. And Rollins and Carisi, that's when I don't watch SVU, but like every time I see the gifts, I'm like, I love these two. Oh my God. <laughs> Tell me about it. Don't even, we can't do Rolisi and <laughs> Berzek in the same episode. I will lose it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so maybe Rusik walked so Rolisi could run. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Adam in this episode. And I like I loved that like as a like a brand new rookie, he had the wherewithal and like the creativity and has had to like get the team to the yacht and like diffuse the call and everything. Just kind of shows you that he was like kind of naturally born cop. Like just he's just got a gift to like do the job. So I love yeah. that. Uh, I just, okay. Yeah. No, you're good. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna I literally was just gonna say I love him, but yeah, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the very last scene is like kind of their first interaction because you know, Burgess Burgess works some magic in this episode too. And you know, she walks into Molly's and and Adam just calls her over and is like, Hey, like Antonio wanted us to make sure we took care of you tonight, and and now they know the other exists. <laughs> he calls her over across the whole bar, people tethered. <laughs> tethered. Visible string. yeah yeah Yeah. so next up after that is 107 which is picture day um what i did notice about this season one they made sure to plant them just even even just a little bit there are little like berzic seeds throughout every single episode just little teeny ones that ultimately culminates in their first kiss in the finale but uh in picture day this is when ruzik helps burgess blackmail platt just the chemistry like yeah it's art. and the fact that they like he's like going out of her way or out of his way to help her blackmail plat it's just it's so good so good. he thinks he is so hot and cool in this episode <laughs> the way he struts around with that with all the info like he loves it and he loves that she has a crush on him and it, this is just the cutest little like when we say baby berzek this is the most baby berzek ever the episode yeah for sure for sure like baby adam it's just so funny because he thought he was such a hot shot and like he was but he was also just like such a little shithead too uh um, yeah but it oh kind my of- god every time i just think of baby adam i think of those red pants that he wore yeah. all the time in this episode i'm pretty sure but that boy wore those pants and they just the colored pants in general or just, oh yes it was just not the brown the pants i mean yeah it's just it's yeah. Did, yeah do you think he did his own shopping or did wendy do it for him 
Um, Those were definitely some old navy pants, and Wendy was an old navy kind of (laughs) gal. Yeah, Wendy did it for him, obviously, because it's changed now that he's not with her. So clearly, Wendy did it for him. True, true story, very true. So Doctor Hollister, if Wendy didn't do the, maybe towards the end of their relationship, I could see Wendy shopping there at a spite and just being like, "You're into that bimbo at the station, like f you." I'm shopping at Hollister. Like you're you're gonna smell like an episode of the OC, bitch. (laughs) Probably. I could see that. Probably like it. (laughs) Yeah, he probably would. (laughs) Probably. Uh, Yeah, just the chemistry, the chemistry. And like, this is just, this goes back to like the magnet conversation. They're just attracted to each other. Like he can't help, he sees her and he just wants to talk to her. So cute. So cute. Yeah. (sighs) Next up, we have 108. And this is when Ruzik's hotshot nature like bites him in the ass because he's kind of a little shithead in front of Al of all people. So uh, he gets banished to patrol for a day. Um, and this whole thing is just perfection, perfection. And I, I think I think this is where you can make the argument that it's like love at first sight because I mean, he's just so attracted to her and everything, but then you you see them on patrol, right? And first off, it's hilarious when he's like, this is complete horse. And then you get the whistle that like keeps him from actually saying horse shit, hilarious. But then it's this moment when they're patrolling together. I'm kind of full of it, you know that? Am I or am I awesome at it? The whole like, gotta put your hips into it. Just, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think this is probably the moment where Either one or both of them were like, oh shit, like it's love. I think this was the moment. What do you guys think? Oh my God. I couldn't agree more because I think he liked that she had a crush on him and she obviously did. This was when he was like, oh wait, wait, you're, I'm not supposed to like you back. And he totally just, you can tell it catches him off guard in that, in that patrol scene. Like you can almost see it on his face where he's like, wait, I actually feel it back for you and I think earlier when Bryna was talking about like this is the first time that they've seen what love can be like Mm -hmm. I always think about what his relationship with Wendy must have been like for him to then have this moment of like oh this is not a feeling that I've had with previous people yeah that's a good point I I am curious about the relationship with Wendy because I feel like he like he got cold feet yes but he didn't really look back he was just kind of like all right bye Wendy Peace. I've always felt like his relationship with Wendy and I also assume Nicole too previously. Like, I feel like it's just like, there are people sometimes who have to be in relationships to be in relationships, like just because they want to be in a relationship and say they were in a relationship. And I kind of imagine that was it. Cause he like, even with Nicole earlier on, when he talks about that, he's like, oh yeah, well, we just kind of like, we were 19, we got engaged, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like it just, it feels like one of those natural things of like, okay, well, yeah, I was with a girl yeah, I liked her, whatever. I put a ring on it. Okay, cool. Like, you know, just to be in a relationship. Like with Kim though, it felt like, oh, like I actually like her because I like her and that's why I want to be in a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this episode is great because I mean, we get that, but then we also get their first call together. And this is the first time we see the hand. Um, Jules and Lauren, if I just say the hand, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like as soon as you're coming around the corner, you get the hand, right? 
Yeah, anytime that like Ruzik's going in somewhere and Kim's behind him, if he knows that she's behind him, the hand just the hand goes up behind him. Yeah, the hand, the hand just goes out, and it's 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 subconscious. Like I don't even think he realizes he does it. He just is like, oh, Kim's behind me. Let me do everything I can to protect her. And then all the one Chicago fans just kind of die a little inside. It's cool, no big deal. So he does the mom arm on instinct? It just shoots out. He's like, anytime. Anytime, yeah. And so mom this arm. is the mom arm, yeah, <laughs> the mom arm, um, yeah. So this is the first time we see the mom arm, um, and it's so good. There's a there's a screen cap from like seasons ago that you know everybody's still on Earth from time to time where he's going in and the hand is out and you just see Burgess and everybody's just like he loves her so much because he does. Um, he does. Just just Through that's that. yeah. Confirmed. That's a super cut I would watch on YouTube if somebody wanted to put that together of like every time Adam uses the hand. Just, <laughs> Pair that like, with the audio of him yelling, Kim, Kim, uh, Kim okay? are you okay? Kim. <laughs> I mean, you could have a good five to 10 minutes there. Probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be like Please the believe. best movie since Titanic. I'd watch that shit on loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then like the pat on the shoulder after the arrest, he's just like, you good? And then like the pat on the shoulder. I think Ruzik's love language is touch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And oh. we thank him for it. <laughs> Every day we're thankful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, that might be Patty's love language too. I don't know. Have you guys ever been on the receiving end of a Patty hug? Negative. They're good. It's, they're really good they're good uh man and then the look at molly's this is like the moment okay so if you ever ask marina when like if you ask her like hey you know what's what's your favorite burzik moment she will say that it's this moment when they're all at the bar they're all at molly's burgess walks in and like it's like one of those like romantic movies from like the 50s moments where like everything just blurs out and all he sees is her it just art this is he like turns his head and she's like walking and he just like looks to her and then he like makes eye contact and then he just like gets this cute little grin on his face i die the best oh my god this is when he's like i know i'm fucked now like he's like oh shit like it mm, i gotta change some things now like fuck that yeah for sure for sure um brina will you take us through the next couple ones because i feel like people are sick of hearing me talk (laughs) so the next one we have the cell phone episode and this is where we get to see burgess actually kind of do something with intelligence um but we also get the infamous sexting question about because um Ruzik and Wendy got into a fight and so Wendy's apparently trying to make it up to him by sending him these like sexy photos while he's at work and he and Al have this debate about the sex scene and you know what's appropriate and yada 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 and all that stuff which I just I just love (laughs) well doesn't he ask her about it too at one point he's he says like something about like oh do you ever send your boyfriend like scandalous pictures and she's like this is so awkward oh god what do I do because he literally gets a picture next to her. Yeah. And this man opens a nude next to her in a car. Who is he? I love the moment when like she sends him a picture and he's on the street and he leaves the voicemail and he's like, you know, I love you naked, but <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Just totally just casually opening nudes next to your partner and, you know, your coworker is not awkward at all. 
But we have to imagine that then one scene season later that they were Berzik was doing the same thing, right? Oh, Berzik wild. <laughs> I mean, right? Like Kim may be appalled now, but like a season later, they were definitely doing the same thing. They were tearing up District 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Brenna, do we think that they've had sex on the bar at Molly's? At Molly's, no. Only because they don't own it, so the only time they can be there is in public. Uh, good point. Good point. It's not like there's Stella where they have the key and they can be there at like 12 p.m. noon, you know, like when no one else is around. Even Herman so. and Cindy have had sex on the bar at Molly's. I yeah, mean, but her, her, like anybody who's an owner at Molly's, I think has had sex on the bar. Anyone who's not, I don't. I don't know. They're, they... Chicago Fire District 50 or whatever Firehouse 51 I feel like keys get left around people you know they're all sneaking into each other's houses and doing all kinds they're just there's no boundaries there so even though they don't own the bar I feel like they partially own the bar but do you think they have sex in the bar or do you think they had sex in the locker room I mean they've obviously oh, had sex in the locker room obviously right? I think for of course locker room no I don't think bar what because because <laughs> 805 what is adam they're they're at a different o'malley's yeah That's they're their at o'malley's spot. yeah they're they're going for o'malley's where no one's around that they know i'm telling you berzak is off the chain <laughs> you gotta be really careful though to have sex sex in the locker room because like the whole district uses that locker room right so if you lock the doors people are going to be like what the fuck and then you've always got the risk of your boss walking in on you which like you want to talk about a traumatic incident, that would be the worst. Uh, I, I feel like that would be tricky in the locker room, wouldn't it? But I guess that's why it's more exciting. Ah, uh, Yes, and I think he proposed in there. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a chance that he didn't try to work that up as a, oh, this is our proposal <laughs> spot. This is our spot. Yeah. That's probably- <laughs> <laughs> you know that moment like right before the proposal where like Atwater kind of hypes him up silently part of that is probably like don't worry I've got Voight distracted if you guys want to bang like <laughs> totally Kevin's watching the door that's why yeah. they're high-fiving <laughs> yes yes absolutely <laughs> oh, anyway man. those two um there are some great non-version moments in this episode which like I feel like it would be amiss if we didn't point these out. Um, Jay saying, like, what are you wearing? I mean, classic. When he's um, wearing the like the blue jacket shirt. Yeah, the there jersey, whatever that thing is. She um, said, I'm a tourist. She's <laughs> like, well, you look like one, obviously. Um, also, Atwater's famous line, at least call an ambulance, Peterson. I mean, oh, iconic. Yes. Iconic. I just will always remember um, Lori saying that too at con in the mm -hmm. meet and greet. I just, oh, so, so funny. Um, I also love when uh, they're like Burgess and Rusick are like, they're communicating via their headset or whatever. They're at like the bean or something. And they like, they get the guy, the guy like takes the phone or something. And Adam just goes, go jackets. Like they're just adorable. This is the one too, where he says, I don't know. I think you look kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, so good. Adorable. So good. And then we move into 110 and we get Bersick's first kiss. Oh, man. Just 
it's a bunch of goodness. Um, and again, obviously we knew it was kind of happening, but now, I mean, we've got Adam asking Al about getting cold feet. So clearly the Burgess effect is starting to take place. He is slowly falling for her. Um, and we've also got Platt telling Burgess to have fun while she's young and then they're at Molly's one night hanging out and they leave and Bruzik walks her to her car and she just takes that advice and she just plants one on him right in there in the street. Yes, queen. And oh he does God. not resist. He also leans into it. So it is a mutual affection. Oh, and then she apologizes then later and he's yeah. like, oh no, don't apologize. Don't apologize. And she's like, no, 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 but I have to. And then she's like leaves before he can even, he's like, but Yeah, I... he's, he's not accepting it. And this is also where he tells that dang monk story yeah. that just kills me every time. Because if something describes Adam Ruzik, I just feel like it's that scene where he's telling the whole monk story to him or to her and she's looking at him all lovingly and then there's no ending and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> Very fitting. Oh. I love it. Um, I love the Platt quote when she says, she's like, oh, have fun while you're young. Like, I've tasted my share of forbidden house fruit over the years. Um, we got a listener question like right after we started the podcast and somebody was like, so when Platt said that, do you think that she and Hank ever hooked up at the Academy? And we were like, la, 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 oh, la, la. No. Oh, oh, God. No. Ew. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think anybody Platt hooked up with, we don't know. Oh yeah, they're no Platt's no. days were those people are long gone. That's like <laughs> disco Bob days. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I think I would pay good money for that prequel though. That's the Chicago PD prequel that I need is like Trudy on the beat, like back in the day. Oh my god, young Trudy Platt. I would do anything for that. Anything. <laughs> yeah. That's Same. I would pay good money for that prequel. Same. And especially because like by the end of the show, like because she overlaps with Antonio a little bit too. So you can bring all these other people back. You'd get young Al and young Boyd. It'd be be great. So good. That would be be really good. Yeah. I'd be here for that. Somebody go write that fic. Here's (laughs) a pitch. Here's a pitch. We know. Here we go. (laughs) Please. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so then we get undercover Kim and we get this cute moment. Um, just cover my ass covered. I mean, again, these two are so protective over each other. It's just like, I just love them. I I learned how to make gifts earlier in the year. I still can't figure out how to get text on them because Photoshop crashes for me every time I do it. But I really want to do a parallel of this scene with the I'm still with you scene because they're they're pretty much the same where like Burgess just says something and she's like, just cover my ass. And she walks off frame and Ruzik just goes covered. Like when he can't hear her. I just, I love a good parallel. Just mwah. Mwah. Um, And this is the one where she like goes under with Nadia. Right. And she, she gets like beat up in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The beginning of the bathtub. Oh, uh, that parallel kills me. Just oh. bathtubs are not Kim's friend. Well, not only bathtubs, but Adam bursting through a door to come scoop her out of the bathtub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll get there, unfortunately. That mustard jacket and bathtubs. Cursed objects for Kim. (laughs) And being undercover as like any type of like sex worker, because every time that happens, she kind of gets messed up too. Yeah. Yeah, undercover is not a, not a good fit for her. Like, Adam's strength is undercover. Kim's strength is not undercover. 
Yeah, I guess we really, I, you know, now I don't want to get on a tangent, but you know, <laughs> tangent central, but like we really, I don't really think we have seen much of her undercover because the two times I can think of are like both times that she ended up either getting hurt or hurting the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, just uh, I love a good, I love, I love a good parallel, and I love Baby Berzik, and they're adorable, and yeah, the the bursting into the door of like Kim, Kim, are you okay? Uh, poor Kim. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we get one twelve, which is our first PD and Fire crossover. So there's not a ton, a ton of Berzik in there, but we do get obviously this is when Burgess's knee Zoe gets hurt, and so Burgess is obviously they're worried and you know alone and as soon as intelligence finds out about the news who was the first one to burst through the door and give her the biggest hug adam of course my favorite thing about this hug is that like they they beeline for each other yes but like she buries her face in his shoulder mm-hmm. like it's like a full body hug oh yeah Oh, it's such a good hug. And I love this scene too, because she's like hugging everyone and getting comforted, but you can tell she's like looking for him. And then when he comes through, they just like, nothing, no one else is there. They just go. And then you see the relief, like while she's still seeing the people she cares about, she's still tense. And then the second she sees him is when she seems to like let stuff go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all he sees is her, like, you know, the, they're, they're like relaying information. And then in the background, you see like Ruzix is just like, sit down, like, just, just chill. Like, Precious babies. So good. So good. And then the next episode, that is kind of the final breaking point because the next episode, um, even though it's not really Ruzik's breaking point, but it's enough, I guess. So Wendy ends up breaking up with him in the next episode. But I say it's like kind of, I guess, the tipping point because Ruzik doesn't really fight it. He's just like, she's like basically breaks up with him. And then the next thing we know, the ring is in his hands in the locker room and he's just kind of looking at it. So clearly he didn't fight. He knew that it was over, even though he didn't want it to be over. Like he knew that it was over and it was better that it was over. We did this on the locker room, but we just want to issue a public thank you to Wendy for leaving <laughs> him. We really appreciate you doing us that solid. Thank you we for your sacrifice. <laughs> we hope you're well, but did one for the team. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you for your service, Wendy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get protective Atwater, which is just so great. I mean, obviously love the Kim and Atwater friendship. Um but Ruzik's like, hey, have you seen Kim? And Atwater's like, what, what's it matter to you? Like, what, what does it matter? And he's like, I'm just looking for Kim. And he's like, yeah, no. Like, I'm not going to tell you where she is. I love this. I love this. And it's funny because Ruzik and Atwater were still strangers at this point. Like, absolute yeah. strangers. But I love that Atwater gave no fucks. And he was like, you're messing with her head too much. Like, yeah. you let her on. You bitch like back it up i love that he was he was willing to just be like no like don't fucking touch her yeah, he literally says leave her alone <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah which i mean those two i mean and and at the end of season eight too when like you know they they would be like they did an interview with LaRoyce, i think and LaRoyce was like previewing the finale and he was like you know Adam and Kevin now, like the the one person who's missing is the one person they both love more than themselves. And so, you know, they're going to butt heads on like how to find her and just like those two, man. The, those two would just like do anything for her. Mm-hmm. Sure. The Kim and Atwater friendship is probably one of my favorite friendships in all of One Chicago. You just can't beat it. You really no. can't beat it. No. It's so it's just so like true. And they've always got each other's backs. 
Yeah, and I love it too because it's a great example of like that men and women can actually be friends and not have any romantic interest in each other whatsoever, but like still very much love each other. I just, I, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Love them always. Um, and then we get the big, big Berserk moment in the finale that season, 115, um, where at the very end of the episode, Ruzik ends up showing up at her door and he's like, I like you and you know that we just, we have to play this whole moment because it's just iconic. Adam. Hey. Hey. I, um, I came here to apologize to you. Okay. So, uh, I'm sorry. You're a really good cop. And you are going to get your shot again soon. You came all the way here just to tell me that? I like you. I know you know that. And I miss you. Oh, and... Oh my god. Well then this is the one where they go back into the bedroom and he picks her up. This is oh, the only, yeah. this is like the only real saucy Burzek scene that we've ever gotten. And it's the first of the doorway parallel. So we really kick off like watching season one again. I realized how many Berzik parallels started all the way back here with the bathtub and the locker room and the um that oh my god why did i just totally pull up like what were we just the door the door, the door thank you yeah in the doorway <laughs> we're getting so many yeah there's oh, a lot i mean there's just a lot of bursts i think it also just happens the fact that it's been eight seasons so there's been a lot of time to make these parallels to earlier seasons um especially now that we've gotten Berzik back really because we went a long time without any Berzik um but yeah we got definitely a lot of letters and stuff from people listeners of ours during this you know time when people were sending in stuff being like there's so many parallels let me list them all for you guys and I'm like yes this is why I love our listeners yeah (laughs) like I will just take all the Berzik parallels Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because like going back and watching these old episodes, I don't think I picked up on the first time that like Ruzik really did lead her on. Um, And I don't think he meant to. I think it was just that having Wendy there like made it that he was leading her on. But yeah, I mean, it it did end up costing her intelligence, but I don't think that's Adam's fault though. I think that's Boyd's fault because he had no, he had no place throwing that in her face at all. I just think, I don't, I don't, I mean, yes, I guess it was technically leading her on. I just don't think he wanted to give her up. Like he, whether I, I think he just wanted her in his life. Like he, he liked what he learned about her. He liked being around her and he just wasn't wanting to give that up. And even though, yeah, he could tell that she was starting to develop somewhat of feelings. Like he just didn't want to give her up, even though he had Wendy. So. And it does seem like he was he wasn't just doing it to lead her on because later when he talks to her, like there is a scene where he tells her that he's going to focus on his relationship with Wendy, but he makes it seem as if this was a decision. Like I've just, he literally, he says like, I've decided I'm going to focus on it. So it kind of makes it seem like he was interested in pursuing something with her and then made a decision to pause. And then that's when he realized, or Wendy left him actually, that's what happened. So again, shout out to Wendy, my bestie. Yeah, like he made the decision before he thought it was going to get worse. But at that point, it had already kind of hurt her. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just kind of the result of wanting to get to know her, but like not realizing it was like hurting her as much as it was. Because that's when Trudy, right after that, that's when Trudy calls her over and she tells her like, he's not yours. Yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the scene where she says, like, go to the locker room, which Kim, okay, and splash some water on your face because he was never yours to lose. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, Trudy, Trudy's a fan of tough love. Trudy is Berzek shipper number one for sure. That too. Get a yeah. Berzek agenda from the beginning. That yeah. was something I didn't realize as much. I mean, obviously I knew she, obviously she and Burgess had a special relationship, but it wasn't something until I started really watching it like this and watching all these clips that I was like, oh no, like we kind of have Berzek as a result of like Trudy giving them both advice and like we wouldn't have as much Berzek as we would have if it wasn't for Trudy. It's true. We love her. Yeah. I need, I do need Trudy to knock some sense into Kim though. Cause I mean, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it when we get down to like the more recent seasons, but I need, I need somebody to shake her by the shoulders gently. Cause she's recovering from gunshot wounds, but I need somebody <laughs> to shake her by the shoulders and be like, that man loves you throw him a bone. Like, I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So that's season one, little babies. Um, season two, uh, we don't get as much Berzik in this season, but I think we get a healthy dose. They're they're kind of sprinkled throughout because there's a lot of other stuff going on. But uh, we don't really get any Berzik until 203, which is like my absolute favorite of episode of Chicago PD like ever for J reasons. But, um, <laughs> you know, so in, in 201, they have a cute little dinner scene and that ends with like the doorway parallel, of course, because they're precious. But uh, 203 is when we get like the corn dog flirt scene. Cause there's, there's some other, there's, there's, I mean, that's exactly what it is though. So uh, there's some other officer that comes up because she speaks Polish. Cause remember, this is the whole thing with like Ben putting the hit out on Jay and all that stuff. So there's some other officer who comes up. She's like this cute little blonde and she will not stop flirting with Adam, which like same girl, I, no judgment. I, I wouldn't be able to help it either, but uh they like the first time they like they go get coffee together which is like super suspicious because Adam's like well I'm gonna go get some coffee and then Kim just looks at Roman is like I'm gonna get some coffee too (laughs) um and then they have this moment where like they're just like whisper fighting um and then at the end it just ends in you know they they solve the issue and everything and Burgess is just like corn dogs really um and then Adam's just like, I want you so bad right now. Um, it's like a blink and you miss it. Super adorable flirt scene that has something to do with corn dogs. Just quintessential early Berzik. Just adorable. So cute. This Kim is so dramatic because in that one, they're getting coffee and she's like, I think we should take a break. And she storms off all dramatic. <laughs> and then like, it doesn't even seem like that much later when the whole thing happens where he comes in the room and all he says is, I want you so bad right now. Oh, problem solved. She's totally in again. She gets this like little smile and she's like, my place, one hour. Oh, so funny. There's just, there's like an innocence to the first couple of seasons of PD that just makes it, it's really like light and fun. And I feel like that, like that innocence is obviously faded over time, but you know, the, just the, the early seasons, there's just an innocence and a, and a fun, fun to it, which like for a heavy show, it's pretty well done. Yeah, I, I was thinking that because I was going to say, you know, I was watching the earlier seasons and I wanted to say, oh, I miss the old Chicago PD because I really do. Mm-hmm. But then I watched the newer seasons and I so appreciate what we have now. Yeah. So it's hard to say that like I miss that because I really love what it is, what it's become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely easy to appreciate both. But I do like I do miss the funny moments because I agree it definitely took like when it's so heavy, it is nice to have that moment for like five minutes. You're like, okay, like I can laugh a little bit or even just like breathe and like smile a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, but it, it you know, it's 
it's definitely missed. Yeah, yeah. So then we go to 210, which was the season two mid-season premiere. Correct. 209 was the mid-season finale. Um, and this was like, this was also the first time that we realized that Marina control on like Derek Haas levels. Because after the season, for the after the mid-season finale aired, she tweeted out like instantly, like Burgess had been shot for maybe like five seconds. And she tweeted and she was like, I've had such a great time, um, you know, playing Burgess on PD. Thank you for having me, everybody. And then Derek replied and was like, it's been a joy and had all the fans like what troll just troll marina is our chicago pd troll but also she doesn't really use social media anymore so she can't she can't yes i think they've locked her phone away yeah i i I don't think she can't i don't think they're letting her like not that she doesn't want to because like normally she is i don't think they're letting her i think she's undercover on stan twitter i'm telling you guys she's one of us hidden yes i agree I also am requesting, I know she's going to have a lot of behind the scenes, so she better post every, like a whole like photo album once the premiere airs. I know, normally we're getting like, you know, we only get photos from her, really. So like, yeah, she better have a whole like slew of photos for us after September 22nd. Yeah, this this is like in season seven when Jay was shot and like between the mid-season finale and the mid-season premiere, like we were all detectives, like zooming in on every picture we could and being like, is that Tiny Dot? Is that Jesse? Like, where is he? We're going to find him. And then we found him in one photo at the Wolf Christmas party. One photo. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm still, I'm still determined. Like, I know we've heard from filming in Chicago that like crew is not allowed to take many pictures this year. We're going to find her. It's going to happen. This fandom will find her. We can do it. Yeah. I just feel like with her history, she's going to be like undercover, like doing some wild stuff just to make it more dramatic. Yeah. She's going to enjoy these next like 50 days. Yeah. Yeah. She lives for it. She does. Yeah, she lives for it. And it's just, it's so sad. I've, I've been trying to think of like, you know, any other, any reason why Kim, like, you know, all these reasons why Kim would survive. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, at first I was like, okay, well they found her and like, she's in surgery and like, you don't usually die in surgery. And then I was like, Al died in surgery. Fuck. Like, and then like, when we found squad, I was like, well, good. Like they wouldn't bring them back just to film like, you know, the premiere. And then I was like, oh, they did that with Shay and Otis. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the uh, real test will be in like two to three weeks when we've clearly moved on from the premieres and like do we see them out that's really uh, the test yeah really the test yep yep the, the i really don't stress. think i don't think they'll kill her off i, they really can't. Don't. I, I don't yeah no they, they can't it There's would be no so way. dumb and pointless because then like what was the point of the michaela story exactly that's what does if if she didn't get Michaela, if she didn't adopt Michaela, then I would be worried. But the fact that they had that whole storyline, yeah, there's no way. And like, if they were to kill her, all that would happen would be that Adam would like, Adam would take care of Michaela for an episode, be like, I can't do this. And then a family member would magically reappear and be able to take her. So like, it just wouldn't oh. make any sense. Oh no, I think, I mean, I don't think they killed her off, but they did that whole guardianship thing, which I know we'll get into. But not only for you know Burzek's sake which that's what we can talk about but I also think Adam would totally stick it out for her especially if she died I think Adam would 100 million percent feel like an oath to to um be a dad and that's how they would carry on the storyline interesting I haven't thought of it that way 
I just think he would take like a handshake like that so seriously. Yeah, because if he gave Michaela back or if someone came and took her away, like that whole like trusting each other, that whole scene would just kind of be nothing, you know? Which we know the PD writers are kind of good at doing, unfortunately. Um, (sighs) Remember that time Al had a daughter and then like she disappeared? Not Lexi, the other one. Michelle. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just nervous. I need the premieres now, okay? The more time that we have to think, the more our brains are going to run and come up with stupid scenarios. It's true. It's just stressful. So anyway, um, tangent number like five for the night. (laughs) But yeah, so in 210, this is the very first I love you, which is just so perfect. As far as I love yous go for ships, this is a pretty damn good one. Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite I love yous of all time. This whole episode was insane for Brazil. It was so good. We got fed. Yes, 100%. So uh, we did get a voice memo from Aaron Kay, and we just want to play that really quick. So Season two for me is probably my favorite season because it just had the best, some of their best scenes. My all-time favorite Berzik scene is the scene um, in the hospital after she gets shot and you know they have their I love you and it's just so sweet and so pure and so genuine I just I think I've watched that scene like a million times um there are so many good Berserk moments in this episode like you guys were saying the one that kills me like it's always like the understated tiny moments that just slay me to death And I love when Adam first gets to the hospital and like he walks past all the other cops, he walks in and Adam just doesn't know what to do. He's so driven by emotion that he's just like, I'm gonna walk in. And then he's like, I don't know what to do. So he just pulls up the chair and sits next to her and holds her hand. He just doesn't know what else to do. And it's just so, it's so Adam and it's just so genuine the way he does it that I just like, I'll like when seven years later, I'm still just like, "Mm, Adam. sweet baby Adam. Just so good. Um, And there's also a deleted scene in that episode with Kevin. We know it exists. I just forever would like to see it. Oh, so many scenes on the cutting room floor that we know exist, Mm -hmm. but we will never see. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that screen grab with Kevin in the room that I just forever want to see that deleted scene. I just like, who do we have to pay? Who do we talk to to go back in the vault 2014, 2015 and pull that scene out so we can see it? I would murder me. It would kill me. That scene would end me. Yes. And I think if we had to sacrifice that scene for the Trudy Adam scene where they're like talking and he says like, how did you find out about us? And all that whole scene that makes me want to sob. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have that scene because that scene is just everything to me. Absolutely. And the tr- Trudy being in Kim's room and okay. And then, <laughs> and then like later on Kim. Okay. It's fine. I'm digressing. But when Trudy was like, in the hospital and then Kim was the only one sitting in her room like waiting for Trudy to wake up I cry their relationship anyways digress but <laughs> I love like, when, when she wakes up and like she's kind of giving Trudy this weird look of like who why are you here and then Adam goes I'm here too and you see the smile just like spread yeah. across her face yeah all the so feels good. all the feels so good so many feelings and then I love Trudy when she's like little word for a superior duck like <laughs> 
so great. Um, forever want to see that deleted scene. I also forever wish that Roman and Ruzik came to blows, and I wish Ruzik was allowed to punch him. I really oh. just forever will want to just I will forever imagine that scene in my head, and it will be, be very very satisfying in my head. Sean Roman, f that guy. Well, oh, we will get there. We will get will. there. The slander of Sean Roman does not end. <laughs> it does not end. Oh, I man. like there. I, I saw your like y'all made a tweet a couple weeks back where you were like, "Good morning to everybody except Sean Roman." And like I, I always want to like tweet it, but I'm like, no, they tweeted that first. I gotta like find it and retweet it. But the sentiment <laughs> is there. Like the sentiment no, is there. Honestly, every day that someone tweets about slandering Sean Roman, it blows up. Like we all hate him. It's just. It's, I love how it's just a mutual thing too. Like there's, I've never met one Sean Roman lover. Ooh. I don't know. Well, yeah, like our this? first, our first episode I covered like my favorite episode, which is the next one we're going to talk about. But I like, that's, I got right out the gate first episode, which is ultimate Sean Roman slander. And I was like, <laughs> man, I hope no one likes him because I'm just completely, and then I was happy to find out that in fact, no one likes him. Yeah. There's just nothing just... to like about him. He's annoying. No, the worst. Ugh. Yeah, no. I saw a tweet earlier today and somebody was like, I can't believe Brett slept with Roman. And I was like, oh, <gasps> that's a thing that happened once. That's right. Or gasp. I, it's so gross every time I think about it. I, can't. I just even thinking about like Kim, which obviously we'll get there. But that whole I had to rewatch that because that was in my seasons. And I was like, oh, man, I was like that whole kid. Mm. That whole <laughs> That whole thing was so unnecessary of just putting them together. It just was not, was not necessary. I kind of forgot that how that scene like on, like kind of came together. And when I watched it, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is disgusting. I was like, no, I was like, we did not need to see this. Physically cringeworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we go back for a second to the scene when, um, you know, the, the stair bomb blows up or whatever, and um, Adam goes, the car was rigged, and Roman goes, I know, that's why I said Ruzik, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh every single time. Um, somebody did write a headcanon fic where Adam gets the punch in, and it's satisfying. It's really satisfying because Jay is just like, like Adam leaves and Jay is just like, as far as I know, like you hit your head when the blast went off. Like I didn't see anything. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but that, that, that is one of my favorite moments. I know that's why I said Ruzik. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I hate that guy. Oh, it makes me laugh so hard. I do love that scene though. Yeah. So yeah. good. All right. <laughs> Uh, after 2.10 is when we get to 2.15. 2.15 is the warehouse episode. This is the episode, I have called this before, I have called this the episode where Burgess gets her powers. This is the warehouse I like that. That's, I like that. That's so true. And we are true anti-warehousers over here. (laughs) (laughs) Warehouses, another cursed thing for Burgess. No more warehouses. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Uh, And this is when we get the scene in the locker room. And the locker room, drink, we said it. (laughs) we get the scene where burgess just like breaks down in adam's arms and he just says like as he holds her he's like you know what you're incredible ladies get you a man who holds you when you cry and says you know what you're incredible oh man just like oh i'm already getting emotional (laughs) i don't even know if i can speak on it it's the most amazing and the way like he just wraps her up, right? Yes, and she goes to like grab his arm, and he just, oh, this is why he just, like rocks her back and forth. Bye. 
I know. I can't. I don't know if I can talk about it without like it's tears a, coming that is down. A powerful scene. And one other thing I love about that scene is that when he comes in to talk to her, mm-hmm. he doesn't. He totally puts it in her court. He doesn't bring it up at all. He just says, "I was worried about you. You know, I heard you were good today." Like he doesn't say, "Are you okay?" You know what happened? He doesn't do that. He lets it her take her own time and I think that's really just another thing that's special about them because they can sense what the other needs yeah and and it's 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 good too because like Adam when he was with Wendy he didn't have that level of like emotional maturity to be like let me let her talk true that that is so true you can see that she is she is making him want to mature and and grow as a person um, and you really see it in that moment. Because, yeah, with Wendy, he would have just been like, are you okay? Like, t- tell me everything. Like, what happened? But with Kim, he's willing to just, like, stand there. Yeah. yeah. And Adam's growth and development through all eight seasons is so prominent. Like, it's just his character development is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's just such a powerful moment. And, and yeah, just. Yeah. Unforgettable unforgettable right so yeah um we did get we got an email from Haley g on this one and um she actually just talks about how like this is pretty much the moment that she fell in love with pd because she fell in love with berzik first um i love it she just she tells the, she told us a story about how like she was flipping channels she caught it on usa and you know she just kind of saw like she saw this episode and just got really invested and she was like the brunette cop is dating the blonde guy and they're cute um and then he's, she saw this scene and actually says, that she even says, she's like, I fell, I fell in love with Berzik before I fell in love with Chicago PD. I love that. Aww. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I love it so much. So they led her home. Oh, they led her home. <laughs> oh, Berzik, my heart. So um, after that, we get into 217, which is say her real name. Um, this episode is really underrated. I, I forgot about this one. And then like just rewatching it, I was like, oh, this one was really good. I forgot about this one. Um, the very first thing that I remember about this episode is Ruzik wears guyliner for like a portion of this. He's undercover with this like environmental extremist group and he's wearing guyliner. Like I'm, I swear <laughs> it's there. Like, I don't know. It's the first thing I see every time I put this episode on. And so, um, <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, like Bur- we see Burgess be there for him because this is the first time like he has a case that goes kind of badly. And so we see Kim reciprocate and now Kim's there for him. Um, but also just, this is a really great Adam episode. Um, I realized that this is him flirting with another woman, but like the game on that man, when he's talking to Felicia in like the opening scene, it's like that, like just them flirting. I was just like, ooh, ooh, oh, this is good. I forgot about this. Um, yeah, they're just they're just being adorable. And then there's there's of course like a, I, I just I love me anytime that Adam says darling. Just- Where did that go? They say it, he says it so much in season two. Where did it go? Bring it back. I have a petition. If you all want to sign, bring back the darling coming from Adam. It's it's a 10 out of 10. Well, and it's just yeah. such a patty thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like it, if you've ever like been around Patty, like Patty just slips it in all the time. So I wonder if that's even really like a writer's thing or if that was just Patty being Patty. Because I imagine it's just Patty being Patty. And if Patty has stopped saying it, we need to see what we can do to get him to say it again. I have a headcanon. I want him to call Michaela his little darling. Like, he'll be like, that's what I want. I'm like waiting for it. I'm like, please. I just wanted to say, like, come on, like, let's go, little darling. And I'm like, 
Oh my goodness. I may like actually cry if that ever happens. I need it. I need I'm it. I'm about to cry right now just like thinking about I it. I know. Six seasons left to go and Lauren has killed us all. Like, <laughs> RIP us. <laughs> you need it so bad. Oh, yeah, but I wonder honestly. I think it's just a Patty thing. But like, yeah, Patty, bring it back, please, please, please. Kind of dreamy. Mm. Always yeah. dreamy. Yeah. Always dreamy. Always dreamy. Um, we interviewed him our very first year, and and he he, he said, "Darling," and I about melted in my car. Like, yeah, he was I like, well, collapsed. Oh yeah, he. I, 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 we did the. I was in my car during the interview, and like he was just like, "Well, darling," and I was like, "Pull it together, pull it together." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'd have just signed off. I've been like, "It's been fun, guys." Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Me, Brenna. It's been real. All on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. And there's even some like odd moments here. Roman reassures Kim in this episode, which like, who the hell are you? What have you done with Sean Roman? What is happening? <laughs> I always feel like he has an ulterior motive. Nothing that he does is positive. No, no, because he's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And Mas- he's, like, he's a master manipulator. He is, yeah. which is kind of a personality trait of being a sociopath. Roman was probably a sociopath, wasn't he? I'm not saying he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, his ex partner. We all saw how well that went when she came back. Mm-hmm. She's oh, yeah. telling Kim the same thing. Yep. Spencer Graham, yeah. And didn't, um, wasn't the story that, like, he punched somebody at her engagement party? I, mm, I don't remember. I remember they just kept arguing all the time. Yeah, but I think that she got engaged, so he left, and she was telling Kim, like, oh, he's a coward. Well, I know there was a line, too, where he was, like, he's fallen in love with, like, five other partners before me. Like, there was, like, Someone said something where he had fallen in love with a bunch of partners before yeah. even, yeah. yeah. So. I I think I'm just gonna like bend the bend the facts to fit this narrative that Sean Roman is a sociopath. Just, just gonna kind of come up with that narrative. Period. Yeah. Period. I would watch. I would watch the YouTube deep dive on that. <laughs> true crime. Yeah. The Netflix true crime documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Roman, sociopath or just the worst. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like Sean Roman is actually his character from SVU. Um, yeah. Oh man. So yeah. So he's he's encouraging Burgess, which is like totally out of character for him because Roman is an asshole, and you know, whatever. But then at the end, we get you know the really sweet scene with like all of the forehead kisses, which like that's another supercut I will take is any ship with a bunch of forehead kisses. Yeah. Oh, gets me every time. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Precious, precious babies. Um, and then we get to 222. Now we're we're in the period now. Lindsay is in the middle of a spiral. Nadia has just died her horrible, horrible death. Um, Lindsay is in a spiral mm-hmm. and Burgess has actually been bumped up for an episode because Atwater made a mistake with the suspect. Uh, and so in 222, we get Kim's first time in intelligence, which again, adorable. Um, Adam gets so spooked every time she comes upstairs, though. And every time it happens, I'm like, why? Like, why are you so spooked? Why can't you just be like, yeah, that's my girl? I think he is nervous because they've made a deal, like, discussed how she wouldn't be able to get up there if people knew about her. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's nervous that it's going to be obvious. (laughs) 
I wish that wasn't a conversation that they were having in the workplace is like, oh, she's sleeping with Ruzik. So that's how she got upstairs. Right. And that's a major fear. And I like how they discuss like how that affects women differently. And that's kind of the whole deal with Trudy and Kim getting like understanding each other and, you know, being how men can sleep around and be considered, you know, good old boys. And then the women are, you know, sleeping their way to the top. So I think that's a really interesting storyline they've explored with Kim in the, in the earlier seasons, but I think he has to try and like, I think he's just such an overthinker that mm-hmm. he's probably constantly thinking about how he shouldn't mess it up for her or that he wants to support her. And that's why he's being weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially just- since the first, she lost intelligence the first time because of her relationship with him. So I feel like he doesn't want to mess anything up for her again. Like you said, right. he's just kind of like uneasy. Like, what should I do? Like, how should I act? Yeah. He gets so awkward when he's nervous, which is kind of adorable. Yeah. Well, at the same time this was happening, too, remember you had the parallel with Linstead because you had them kind of flirting, whatever, and then they start hooking up. But Aaron doesn't want to come clean to Voight either because she's afraid of how she's going to be perceived mm-hmm. um, in intelligence. And, and Jay's like, what's the point? Like, you know, just come, let's like, let's just come clean. And she's like, no, like, I don't want to like have that on, our, you know, target on our backs. Yeah. Right. Um, and I know it, that was like, I know the whole, there was the whole father daughter dynamic with Aaron and Voight. But yeah. this is a reason why I'm convinced that Hank is Team Burzek slash Team Burgess because he says to her, like, I normally don't allow inner office relationships, but I'll make an exception. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, you, everyone <laughs> in this entire district wants Burzek to be together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think Hank's, Hank's stance on relationship are really interesting he really didn't change his tune until he realized that he couldn't help Aaron on his own I think the minute that he realized like wait I could have some help with this in the form of Jay that's when it changed and he was like maybe inner office relationships are not such a bad thing yeah yeah so I don't know but I mean that also loops back into the horrible double standard for females versus men which you see in this fandom a lot which I really wish was not a thing but how many times a day do we see tweets calling Gabby or Haley or Kim horrible names for dating multiple guys over the course of like eight nine seasons that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was saying that earlier the constant like scrutiny of Haley for sleeping with her like oh you've slept with two people in your unit and then it's like Adam did did that too Jade did that too. Uh, like everybody it, does it. I mean, it's, everybody it's, did that, right? I mean, first of all, it's a TV show, but even regardless, like everybody does it. Like it's. I mean, when you work these kind of jobs and you're with these people for so many hours, like in so many days, like these are the only people you know. Like you're gonna sleep. You know, you're gonna be with them. Like I, I don't know. I just yeah. The the double standard's ridiculous, and it it needs to stop. Like I feel totally fine saying that in 2021. That like. If you listen to both of our podcasts, like, don't be that person. Don't slut shame. Yep, we're down for that. We support female sexuality just as much as male. Hell listen, yeah. Let, let Hell the yeah. hot people do what they want to do. Hell yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, yeah, so Adam's all goofy and nervous this episode. And then we get the toast at the end, which I the thing I love about this scene, which, like, the toast at the end is that it's Burgess and her men. Like, 
she's the safest person in Chicago at that point. Like none of those three will ever let, they all, they all love her too much to let anything happen to her ever. It's, you know, Ruzik Atwater and Roman. Um, but those three, you know, <laughs> totally and Roman. Yeah, and Roman. And he like chimes in when every, like, Adam's like, you did so good today. And, and Roman's like, yeah, you did. And I'm like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> This is an AB conversation, Roman. See yourself out of it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. And then at the end with like, oh yeah, you were incredible today. Just art, you know, Burgess and her men. Two of them actually love her. One gets paid to protect her. Um, but you know, Burgess and her men, precious <laughs> babies. Um, the last scene up is the season two finale, but I'm just going to let Lauren and Jules take this one because without this scene, they don't have a name. <laughs> it's true. Take it away, one of you. In our birthplace, the locker room. (laughs) Um, So we get, this is funny because this episode has really no Burzak at all. At the beginning of the episode, Adam is like kind of avoiding Kim and says he has paperwork to do. And she's like, Adam, I'm upstairs now. You're going to have to get used to it. He's like, oh, oh no, it's just paperwork. Well, then later we find out the boy is trying to plan a proposal. So we see them in the locker room and Adam comes in with uh, Kevin and they kind of dap each other up and everyone's really happy. Kevin leaves. Adam is like watching Kim. She opens up her locker and inside is just the ring. That's the ring. And she's it's the ring. She's so taken off guard, which I think, I don't know if you guys felt that way, but the first time I saw it, I totally was not expecting it. And so she's taken off guard. He gives his little speech, which and is he's really so cute. nervous. So, oh, he's so, so nervous. cute. He's like all stumbly and like so cute. I know this is quick, but I don't care. He's, he's, <laughs> you and I are freaking awesome together. And she just stares, and then she just says yes, and they are just so pure and cu- it's just the cutest, sweetest little moment. It's a very Adam proposal. Very very ladies um it's it's just it's it's so sweet i mean we we can't cover berzik and not include the audio from this scene i wanted to keep this informal so i thought you know what's more informal than the uh locker room right okay yeah so listen i know i've been a little weird lately it's got nothing to do with you and i working together i just uh been trying to figure out how to tell you that I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And uh, you and I are freaking awesome together. I know this is quick, but I don't care because I love you. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, find, find, you, find you a man who says you and I are freaking awesome together. Like, just so cute. It's perfect. Just so adorable. It's perfect. It's just perfect. And it's just like, you guys named yourselves the locker room because of like the informality of it all, right? Yeah, and we like that, you know, the whole idea that they have a place that all these iconic scenes happen in a spot. Mm-hmm. So the fact and then the fact that it's a locker room, you know, it's just something like inconvenient, but at the same time it's a safe place for them at work. So we talk about, you know, who they are as police and then who they can be in a locker room and things like that, but totally just the romanticism of having your spot be somewhere that no one would expect it to be. That, that, that's so true. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, but like that is their spot. Mm-hmm. That is their spot. So then, I mean, if we think about the other ships, like what are their spots? Like now I'm like contemplating, like Celeride. truck for Upstead? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely one. That's good. What a Stellaride spot. The loft. The loft. The loft. Yes. Yeah. Poor Casey. He's like, this is awkward. This is maybe, awkward. The, maybe the Molly's for Stellaride. Yes. Yeah, they have had a lot of big moments there. Molly's, yeah. yeah. I'd say either Molly's or the loft, depending on which, but yeah. I think Casey's office could be one for Bretzy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Precious babies. Um, yeah. yeah. If they'd like to rename the locker room Burzex locker room, where we do approve. <laughs> very true i love that i love that so oh the proposal just such an adam proposal too to just on on the fly just be like you know what i want to do it i'm gonna propose precious i know this scene also makes me kind of sad i always talk about this but knowing what's to come it just watching this scene just like you guys were so oh it just makes me a little it's just like a little bittersweet knowing what's ahead of them Mm -hmm. but yeah, it is. And it's it's interesting too cuz I feel like I feel like up until that breakup, like Adam's always really driven by emotions. He's just like this is what I feel. I'm going to act on it. I'm going to go. And Burgess just kind of is like still feeling it out and she's like, "Okay, well, if Adam thinks this is okay, I think I'm going to roll the same way. Like I'm just going to feel something and go." Up until the breakup. And from the breakup on, she like you can tell it's, that yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she wants to act that way, but she just can't. She's just She's been through too much shit. She's seen too much shit. She's got to take it back and think about it before she acts. Um, Yeah, and I think here, Adam, we obviously see a pattern, unfortunately, but with the proposals, but I think he always does things the way he thinks he's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And so I think he just thinks it's the logical thing. He loves her. Okay, that's the next step is to get married because when she's questioning him about it, he doesn't think about it, but I don't think it's that he doesn't care. I just think he thinks this is what you do when you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. what kind of their relationship has been, has been breaking these ideas and him too of what it means to be a cop and what it means to be a white cop recently. Mm-hmm. And all of these things that he's learning how to break these ideas that he has, um, I think that's why this locker room scene is sad. But at the same time, I watch it kind of nostalgically because they've come so far from this scene. Yeah. They're completely sure. different people and the relationship's so different. It's true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is season two. Now we move on over to season three, which uh, this is just, I feel like season three is like the perfect mix of like that innocence, but it's also starting to get a little dark. Uh, it's like the perfect mix of the two. I love season three. So, um, Bryna, this and season four were yours. So, like, take it away. Yeah. So, um, you start out the season and you don't get a ton of, like, I guess, Berzik moments in episode one. But you get, like, indirect Berzik moments that have to do with their wedding. So, like, you have Platt obviously wanting to be Berzik's wedding planner, which I love because she's at the desk with Kim. And she's like... And Kim and Adam, she's like, Tiger Beat, go get some coffee. This is girl talk, like, clearly being, like, all flat and serious. And she, like, pulls out, of course, like, her, like, wedding dream book. And we're just like, I don't even know if some of these places are still, like, open. And she's like, Burgess, dreams never go out of business. Like, just (laughs) classic Platt. Just gotta love it. Um, We also get in 301, Ruzik asking Kevin to be his best man, which I love. But honestly, now that I watch it back, I wonder if it was a little too premature. Like, they weren't as close back then. Like, obviously now it makes a lot of sense for Ke- that Kevin would be Ruzik's best man. But, like, back then they weren't, like, that close. I see that. 
Yeah, I almost feel like, but I'm also, I guess we don't know these people outside of work, but I'm yeah. also like, who else is this boy going to ask to be his best man? Like, <laughs> I'm like, Al? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would assume he has friends outside of the district, but yeah, it was just something where I was like, it makes sense now, obviously, Kev- when they do get married, Kevin is, it's going to be a matter of whose side is Kevin going to be on, like Burgess or Ruzik. He's obviously going to be up there somewhere, just on which side. But um, back then it was like, oh, maybe that's a little too premature, but still great. Still love it. No, get this. Um, Kevin is Adam's best man because Michaela is the maid of honor. Oh, I see Michaela's yeah. a flower girl. So oh my goodness oh my goodness but well i know like when when these episodes were airing like Mar- people were asking marina marina was like why wouldn't platt be the maid of honor of course platt would be maid of honor but michaela as maid of honor would kill me and be oh. adorable trudy's walking kim down the aisle so oh yes mm. yeah i love that we all just accept that these people like <laughs> only exist at work <laughs> yeah. yeah no we've we've planned their wedding so you know We've done the work for the writers. They just need to call us. Yeah. Um, and then 304 happens. And 304 makes me want to, like, throw things at my computer screen. Um, because Burgess overhears Ruzik and Atwater talking about, like, his friends not coming to his bachelor party. And Atwater's like, oh, well, they went to the first two and said nothing came of them. And Burgess is like, wait a second, what do you mean two? Like, you've had two bachelor parties, and this is where she finds out that he he had Nicole before there was Wendy. Okay. I am Adam Ruzik's simp nation. You know, I love that man. I, this one's rough. This one's a rough one for me. (laughs) Season three, Adam Ruzik is a little, Uh, I don't know him. A little schedule. We don't claim you now. (laughs) Yeah. And so Burgess is, of course, feeling like we all are, like she's feeling some kind of way about it. So she is venting in the patrol car to Roman and we get this iconic, but not in a good way, conversation. I mean, sure, Adam is really into the engagement, but I, that's a good thing, right? Like, so what if he's been engaged twice before? I would rather have somebody excited about wanting to marry me than moping around like Debbie Downer, you know? I'm asking. That's me asking. Well, I had a cousin who was engaged five times, never married. What what does that mean? Some people like the movie trailers more than the movie. Hate him! He suggested the fucking push test. I'm telling you, the manipulation here is just off the charts. Like, just the way, and it's the way that he talks to her where he makes her seem like, makes it seem like he's not paying attention. That's what kills me because he says everything as if it's an offhanded comment when it's very obviously incredibly meaningful to her. And so by doing that, he makes it seem like it's no big deal and she totally gets in her head. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he knows what he's doing, hence why he is a psycho, like, this is why, Gina, this is point number one for you. Oh, for we're your... upgrading, so now, now he's a psycho killer. Yeah. He's in Netflix documentary. But actually, though, he killed the Bursic relationship, duh. Exactly, that was a good one. There yeah. we go. Yep. Um, and then, so, like you said, he gets in her head, so then this episode ends in the locker room of course and Burgess and Ruzik are having a moment and Burgess tries out 
the push test because that's a great idea. Always listen to Roman. And of course, Ruzik doesn't know any better. And Ruzik takes the bait and agrees to push back the wedding. Okay, I just Googled psychopathy versus sociopath-ish. Um, okay, so this little blurb here on Google says, psychopaths tend to be more manipulative, can be seen by others as more charming, lead a semblance of a normal life, and minimize risk in criminal activities. He's a cop. So of course he's going to minimize his <laughs> risk of criminal activities. Um, sociopaths tend to be much more erratic, rage-prone, and unable to lead as much of a normal life. So, so Brian is a- correct. He's a psychopath. Okay. Well, especially after, I mean, like, I don't want to shade him after his sister died because that was like a incredible. That was rough. traumatic. That was traumatic. Uh, sure. Yeah. However, could have sent him over the edge. I'm just saying we don't know whatever happened to him. He I guess we'll say murder. we'll say season early Roman, like when he was actually a main character, he's a psychopath. Potentially after his fire appearance, he is a sociopath. Oh. Sure. <laughs> well, there's an evolution there. Also, n- none of us are licensed to say this, so if anyone's trying to none. take advice, agree. Us, check that. This is off. just, yeah. Um, um, lack of empathy. You could say that when he punched that cop after that kid was shot, that was a lack of empathy because he punched the guy and didn't give a shit. <laughs> Let's see. Oh man, parasitic lifestyle. Yeah, he was definitely a parasite. He was totally a parasite. That's such a good way to describe him. Mm-hmm. Um, promiscuous sexual behavior, casual with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I like this game. This game is fun. Anyway. <laughs> so then, of course, we have the next episode and another, yet another locker room scene. Um, this is where Ruzik is going through his time because he's about to potentially be suspended for kind of fucking up a undercover thing. Um, when that truck runs through that restaurant, um, he kind of fucked that one up bad. But anyway, Burgess is like trying to cheer him up and it's just cute. But like Kevin walks in and interrupts them and it's just like, Kevin, what should you do? Why? Why'd you got to go interrupt the nice, cute moment? Like, why? Kevin should know better than to barge into their locker room. Right. He knows that now. <laughs> um. So then we got the next episode because 305 and 306 are kind of a continuation episode. Um, and Burgess goes to Platt about, you know, advice um, for advice about Adam potentially being stripped of his police powers. And she just, I love how she just casually confesses her love for him to Platt. She, he's like, he wears everything on his sleeve, which is maybe why I love him. Um, so cute. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And but but Platt's still like, yeah, you shouldn't go give like Deputy Commander Crowley like a piece of your mind. Like, do not go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get one of my favorite moments of season three, which is when they go catalog the guns together for that case. Um, because and Adam says some really cute stuff, and just I love this little audio. It's so cute. Hey, Kim, you know whether I'm a cop or not, our relationship's not going to change. You know that? Because you're like the best thing I got going on right now. This one gives me goosebumps. Or not goosebumps, butterflies. I love this. You're kind of the best thing I got, going, got going on, on right, right now. now. And no, then so cute. Little, like the way she, you can tell she gets all like kind of giggly and cute. Oh, eh. He hypes her up. It's so cute. It's so cute. Yeah, because she's like kind of feeling 
not down or anything, but she's definitely feeling like concerned or whatever. And he's like, Hey, hey, like, you know, like whether I'm not, like whether I'm a cop or not, like nothing's going to change with us. Mm-hmm. I just, I love them. Still I true. Love them. Um, so then we go to 307 and we get, again, yet another locker room scene. This is where I really realized how many scenes of theirs <laughs> just like happened in the locker room. It really is their spot. Yeah. And we get the iconic Ruzik asks Burgess to come over because he's going to make her fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, love them. Um, but by the end, Ruzik's like making the secret fettuccine Alfredo recipe and of course gets interrupted because Al and Michelle are coming to move in with him. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when she like shows up at the door and they're like all just there and it's just, it's, Yeah. <laughs> she's like all gorgeous in her dress and then like al walks in it's like, oh hey this is a buzzkill <laughs> yeah um i, I also love al. the moment oh, when, go yeah, no i was gonna say i just love the moment when like he's talking he's talking to burgess he's like oh i'm gonna make fettuccine alfredo and then of course he thinks he's got like game he's like extra cream adam <laughs> and we all know that's like the only thing he can cook yes <laughs> of course <Yeah>. obviously <laughs> Absolutely. obviously he and he makes such likes- a big deal that he's gonna cook fettuccine alfredo like it's hard like <laughs> true yeah I, I, he definitely lets burgess do all the cooking now all of it obviously yeah he's yeah. like hey i'm gonna invite myself over for dinner we're having chicken fingers like chicken nuggets <laughs> like cool because obviously with michaela like cool like yeah that's fine with him Ooh, dino just- nugs cool <laughs> yeah Exactly. I was just saying the other day, Adam is definitely the dad that like wants to make these animal shaped pancakes and it'll just turn off into these like weird blobs and he'll yeah. sit down for Michaela and be like, it's your platypus. And it's just like this wacky oval or something. She'll be like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 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 Uh, but by the next episode, Burgess is like over it because they're in the locker room and they're talking about kicking Al out, which mm-hmm. ultimately, ultimately leads them to like talking about getting their own place. And Kim's like, it's not an idea, it's a demand, a loving but very specific demand. And I just, <laughs> I love them. Like all the signs were there of like, Ruzik, commit, do the thing. All the signs were there. And he was just like, la la la, not paying attention. Yeah. And they're still kind of fighting because, like, by, you know, even the next couple episodes, things are fine. But by, like, 311, things started kind of taking a turn because they're, like, arguing about their relationship at, like, undercover at that party. And then by 312, we get – it's not great. It's not great, guys. Um, So it starts because they're also set up dinner. It's Burgess's mom is in town. And, of course, Rusick's dad. They're going to invite, you know – the parents, parents are going to meet. Things are great. Ruzik, Disco Bob ends up canceling dinner with her mom. And Ruzik kind of sticks up for his dad. He's like, you know, you and I both know, like, what it's like to be, you know, on overtime. And, you know, overtime is very rare around here. But, like, you can tell Burgess is, like, really hurt that it's kind of a last-minute cancel. But yet Ruzik knew but didn't tell her. And it's just – it really hurts your feelings. And then, guys – we get the end scene in the locker room, the the scene, and I just, I, I can't even do it. We just got to play the audio. You were never going to meet my mom, were you? So you were afraid if you did, the wedding would become real. Come on. Hey, where's this coming from? 
It's fine. I accept it now. You don't want to be on the hook. I am letting you off. The Berzik break. And cue hearts shattering all over America. Yep. I, 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 uh, I don't want to, like, I'm not defending Adam. Okay. I'm always defending Adam. But I, it, I hate watching this now, knowing all this stuff about Disco Bob that we learned in season eight. Yeah. Especially when they talk, and Adam talked about how his dad always pretended to be this great dad and lied. And really, he was just a gambler. So I hear this and it's like, was Bob actually gambling? Like, did he really just flake? And Adam just doesn't want to open up about that. Now that we know what we know, which I don't, writers probably didn't think of it then. However, I just, I wonder. It's also hard because Adam, after this, didn't even fight for their relationship at all. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Adam was kind of out of character. Like, I feel like after everything they've been through, there would have, there should have been something there. I don't know. It's just hard. I think for me though and not that I'm I guess necessarily defending Kim but kind of like what we've been talking about that this relationship was so different but he still hasn't really learned like in his two previous relationships like we kind of said we imagine that he was just like in a relationship to be in a relationship and he didn't necessarily care as much and obviously he loved Kim with everything he had but he didn't really know how to be in a relationship like he was still very immature at the time clearly he fell for the push test like you said Lauren he didn't fight for their relationship even after they broke up and so like she felt like he wasn't giving her what she needed and you know I think not saying I wanted them to break up and definitely don't wanted them to still be broken up five seasons later but I think looking back on it especially as I was going back through the clips like I kind of think them breaking up now was kind of what they needed to or for Adam needed to be like oh shit no like I actually love this girl like I want to be in a relationship with her. Like, I got to get my butt, you know, get my shit together so I can, like, be the man that she needs. And she just is now stubborn. And we're five seasons later and Kim's still being stubborn. But I do think this break was kind of needed. If they they got married during that time, there is no way that their relationship would be as strong as it is now. They definitely were not. I didn't want them to break up like that necessarily, but they definitely should not have gotten married at that point in their lives. And I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah, they weren't ready. I mean, he wasn't, I mean, I don't know if she was ready either, but like he definitely was not ready. Like this was the (laughs) first relationship, real relationship he'd ever really had, even though he had been engaged two times before. Um, But yeah, I just think he was too immature at this point to realize like what they were really going through and like what, Kim was going through and what she you know how hurt she was um because he had never really had that with Nicole or Wendy um so I just didn't want their breakup to be five seasons long like if they'd given me like a little bit cool but like yeah I could not not agree more with you and I especially think you know we talk about Adam's growth obviously like they should not have this had to happen. Like I completely agree that this was necessary. And I think it was good because it was totally reflective of their characters. It wasn't any external forces. Like it was just about their relationship that it just wasn't time. But I also think Kim has grown. Like, I think I always forget she was a freaking flight attendant Mm -hmm. and just chose this, you know, changed her entire life. And it's three seasons in, they're still rookies. She's found herself so much. So I think we can all safely say like it was necessary. Yeah. 
definitely necessary, just did not to need to be as long as it's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and one of our listeners, Myra, sent in some thoughts specifically about this scene. And she said, I'm in no way defending him, but I will say the seed of doubt was planted once Kim found out Adam had been engaged not once but twice. Roman then proceeded to water that seed every chance he got. Kim should have been direct with Adam about how she was feeling, and Adam should have been more in tune with what was going on. Um, it's always been my thought that once Adam never fought to get her back, Kim convinced herself that she was no different from the others. Um, obviously, we know it wasn't true, but she needed to know that, so she decided from that moment not to trust him with her heart that's a good way to put it yeah yeah. so then we get the next episode and platt is trying to give burgess a pep talk after she's called off the engagement um and you know burgess like yeah you know it'll be like we're you know we're both professionals like it'll be like it never happened and platt's just like okay good because you know i've seen those women go into a tailspin like i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna be a one forever like my eggs are drying up um, so I'm, she's like, I'm so I'm glad you're not worried. Um, and I just love how she's like, except they do dry up and you owe me $20. And Burgess is just like, you are my rock. <laughs> I love them. I, so I, yeah. But of course, Burgess doesn't really mean that because she is put in a transfer order. Um, and I love how it's Platt, who's the one who tries to talk her out of it and just like comforts her. She takes her in that um, like commander's office and like shuts the door and is like, you feel whatever you need to feel like it is okay. And Burgess just like lets it out and starts crying. Like, I love that it's Platt of all people who's like the one that's there for her. So um, and um, still to this day, their relationship. Yeah. 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 Um, also, in this episode, we see after Burgess has been attacked, Ruzik rushes up to her. And what might be his, like, most iconic look ever, you've got the brown pants, the yellow plaid shirt, that jacket with the bur- brown fur collar. You know what I'm talking about? Like, honestly, I think Ruzik's, like, most iconic look ever. Um, it's his rock and, star phase. Yeah, his rock star phase. Um, and he's just like, you know, how are you doing with everything? And she's like, you know, just kind of throw it off. Like, she isn't really as affected as he you know she doesn't want him to know that she's feeling the way she's feeling and she's just like you know i'm fine like i'm fine and he's like really you're fine because i'm terrible and she just like walks she's like you know i'm sorry to hear that and she's like i gotta go bye and it's just like guys i love this stretch of episode two right after the breakup i remember marina saying that like she specifically requested like no makeup because she figured like kim wouldn't be wearing makeup and and this time she was just too devastated like no makeup no hair and just love the level of detail that you know patty and marina really put into making berzik berzik i I worship i worship her that is such an amazing choice Mm -hmm. yeah and then slowly, as season three keeps going on, we get less and less Burzik moments. We get um, three fourteen. Ruzik checks on Burgess, and you know um, when I think this is the Yates when Yates comes back, and um, he's like, "You know, you okay? I heard you got the call." And she's like, "Fine." And he like puts her hand, his hand on her shoulder as she walks away, or as he walks away. But like, again, that's like breadcrumbs at this point. Um, at 315 you get Aaron inviting Burgess to ride with her for the case and she's like well what about Ruzik because obviously they've broken up this is the first time she Burgess would be back in intelligence since they broke it up and Aaron, I love how Aaron though is like this isn't about him like yeah how I'm, I'm curious for Jules and Lauren how did you guys feel about the Lindsay and Burgess friendship I was never that big of a fan 
Really? I kind of going back and rewatching, I missed some of their scenes. Their friendship, their they had some cute friendship moments. Their scenes were super cute. Yeah, I guess it felt a little forced to me. It didn't feel very organic. It was just that they were two successful women just doing their things and and it just felt very forced to put them together to me. Um they had that they had one scene in the season three finale that I liked after Justin died, but aside from that, I was just kind of like, okay, they're friends. I think I've honestly switched my opinion now after rewatching it for this. I forgot they had as many moments as they did, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that was more of a writer's thing. Like, I feel like they kind of let it fall. And I think if they had really tried to like keep going with it into season four, they could have gotten, I think it could have been more iconic, I guess, than it is. But I feel like they kind of just let it go and it just like never really got to have, you know, reach its full potential. Like, I think there could have been something there, but they just let it kind of fall. I think if I, Burgess wasn't was an intelligence during that whole time, I feel like they would have had a really, really, really strong friendship. But mm-hmm. during that she was in patrol, it was kind of hard. Like, obviously, their scenes wouldn't really collide. Yeah, I you guys took the words out of my mouth. I think they didn't even get a chance. Like, every they had these little, like, starter scenes. And if they would have been able to build on them, I think they could have been really good support for each other. I think Kim really could have supported Aaron with her struggle. And then Aaron could have been a really good mentor to Kim as she tries to get up into intelligence. And so I think it was a lost um, opportunity for the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um. Yeah. And then by the end of season three, we've gotten into Roman and Kim territory and it just sucks so bad. And basically when Roman and Kim happen, Roman is asking Ruzik for the laptop back, for this laptop back. And Ruzik just kind of goes off and he's like, you know what? Like, I don't think this has anything to do with the laptop. I think it's about her. Um and Kim tries to like stop him and he's just like, no, like you must see what's happening here. Like I'm not making it up. He's like, you know what? Like if you want to date her, like be my guest. And I'm just like, and then of course she basically pulls Roman into the hallway and like kisses him. And I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, I forgot we're getting into that territory. Yeah. I, I hate that. Cause that scene could have been so beautiful. The whole like jealous Adam, like, <laughs> oh, it could have been so good. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Gross. And they just have no chemistry. Like, it's just gross. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be watching it. Just, ugh, I can't. Yeah. It, it's it's bad. It's the one really bad. Roman and Burgess scene that I didn't hate was when, like, when it started off and she was like, have you ever had to eat tickets before? Like, I got tickets for this thing. I don't know. And then he showed up to, like, take her to the thing. I was like, well, that's really nice of you. Like, as partners to, like, never let her walk through a door alone. I was like, thank you for coming full circle on that because your ass did get her shot in season two. Um but that was the, the, I was like, okay, that was fine. But I was way too innocent going into that because in the next episode they kiss and I was like, eh, <laughs> unsee, unsee. Yeah, just. Mm. Um, but of course, the only kind of last Burzik moment we get in season three is like again another locker room scene where Ruzik is checking in on Burgess, and. I love how he just says, he's like, you know, Kim, I know you and I ended pretty rough, but I still care about you. And like, if you need anything, I'm here. Like, I got your back. And I just, oh, this is the again, even one. if these, this, mm-hmm. this scene is probably one of my favorite smaller Burzik scenes. Every time I watch it, I'm like, <sighs> I like tear up. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. 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 This is, this is, because you, you know, when the call came over the radio, like Ruzik 
got really scared. Like he got really worried about the whole thing. And cause he's, he's always worried about her, but yeah, I, I love this episode. And the moment when he finds out about Kim and Roman and they just pan to him and like the sad face, just poor Adam. Why Adam. is that face burned in my memory? Like I can picture that moment so clearly, but this whole thing is paralleled then in season six. I love because mm-hmm. Um, when he stops her and says, you know, you're the best person I know. I know you'll make the right decision. The same kind of thing. He is her number one fan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I also love that moment because like he walks in and like he tries to reach out to her and she like flinches. Um, And he's just like, whoa, whoa, like, sorry, it's just me. You know, it's okay. He's got that like calming effect on her. Yeah. Oh wait, she like, she like calms down and like grabs his arm. I can't. Yeah. And then when uh, when they're leading her into the courthouse, like the hand, it's just, it's back. The hand is back. Like, Voight's just like, okay, like, ready, kid, let's go. And Ruzik's like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm security in this bitch. I got this. Um, yeah. Just the instinct is always there to protect her. Um, but yeah, that's the end of season three. Season four is not a great Berzik, um season. I mean, Ruzik is gone for like four episodes. Um so basically, there's not really any Bursic at all in the beginning. And then 410 happens, and we find out that Ruzik asked to go undercover right after Burgess joins intelligence, which, like, mm, not a great look. Then Ruzik is gone for, like, five episodes. And then he all of a sudden comes back from undercover. We get this amazing moment. It's, like, one of the best Bursic moments that lasts us for quite a while. Um 414 and Rusik comes back from undercover and he runs into Burgess as she's leaving the district um, and we just have to play audio of this whole thing. Adam. Hey. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. And, and the undercover assignment? Uh, it's over. Yeah. Listen, uh, kind of ran from intelligence. I'll admit, I, I wasn't ready to work side by side with you. It was stupid. It's like my family up there. I'd really like to come back. Okay. Is that okay with you? Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay, because that was kind of quick. Yes. Welcome back. Um, that kiss was hot. Yeah. It's great. The hug and the kiss. I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty great. This is, it, I did a whole thing on this on our show because this is like one of my favorite moments of all time. Everything about it, the cinematography, their outfits, the way they smile and wave at each other across the parking lot, his fingerless gloves. Everything <laughs> about this scene is perfect. The little pink beanie. They're just so cute. And they just look so like nervous to each other. And they walk up and they're just like the way they hug. And then they just like look at each other in this prolonged eye contact. And you're too. Well, plus, I, got, I got worried when like, because that scene starts with Burgess walking out of the district alone at night. And so I was like, where's this going? And I was like, Adam, this is the best. Uh, so I remember thinking that was going to go a whole different way than it actually went. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that gets me about this scene, though, is that I remember when I was watching it, because this was the first season I watched live, it's like, oh, great, they're going to get back together by the end of the season. This is going to be the start of, like, this amazing arc of, like, leading birds that back together. And then you get this one scene, and you really get nothing after that for, like, a long time. And you're like, really? Like, what? I mean, this is the thing that sustained us 
for like a long, long, long time. Um, it just, yeah. I mean, I love it, but it's like, really? This is the last thing you get for like two seasons? Okay, cool. Yeah, it definitely was a tease. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but um, Megan R also had a lot to say about this. So I'm just going to play her clip here too. So my favorite Burzag moment throughout the entire series is from 414, Seven Indictments. And while Kenny Rixton is quite the highlight in that episode, yes, I love that man. I want him back, but he's for another day. Trust me. Um, the end scene is what drew, drew my attention the most because the first person that Kim sees when she walks out of the district is Adam, which already I'm in my Burzak feels. I'm already in my feels just talking about it. But anyways, she sees him and they're happy to see each other. And it's just happy, go lucky, fun with those two. And the quote that gets me, it's like my family up there. I'd really like to come back. Oh, Adam Ruzak, you never fail to amaze me. <laughs> Anyways, but can we talk about that man's hair? Oh, his hair game is on point every single time. I feel like especially in late season four, early season five, because... While he does look attra very attractive now, I think he looked very awesome in this time period. Especially when he had, like, s like sometimes he wore, like, makeup with it. I don't know. But it was probably in a few episodes. I don't know. But I call that his emo phase, kind of. I know. It sounds weird. But, like, believe me. Like, probably go back and watch. and <laughs> You might see where I'm coming from on that. But yeah, and the kiss, when they pan over to the Chicago skyline, that's a beautiful sight in itself. But just adding Burzak on top of that, perfection. Like, I can't think of a more perfect end scene than that, honestly. Um, but yeah, because even like we said, you get like this tease of the Burzak hug and kiss, and then you don't get anything else really until 418. Um, which is when you're dealing with Burgess's sister being raped and, and Nicole, you know, getting coming back. Um, and Burgess tells Rusick that her sister's coming to visit. And he's like, the judgmental one or the pretty one? And she's like, they're the same sister. <laughs> um, and I love how he's like, yeah, I'm going to talk you up, girl. And she's like, yeah. And you're like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to make you look awesome. Um, but of course, the joke's on Adam because um, Nicole hates him now um and he's just like i love that he's just like i'm lovable like why does she hate me like it's so cute forever my favorite adam gift what i'm lovable oh, yes you are adam yes you are i was gonna say this is the most perfect adam ruzek scene the whole thing the the plan to schmooze and being lovable and then the shock on his face when he finds out she doesn't love, love him this whole that whole scene so I also just love when Nicole actually get, makes it upstairs to like visit and he's like it's Adam remember like I last saw you at your husband's birthday and she's like oh I remember I had your engagement photo pinned in my fridge for eight months and then you get that J gif in the background like oh <laughs> did she really just say that like oh shit oh iconic. So good. I love his pause too when he before he says it's Adam he goes hey and then there's crickets he it's, it's Adam. Adam. Remember? Remember? <laughs> obviously. Obviously, she didn't forget you. Obviously. Um, and of course, like as Kim's going through all of this, who is there for her but Adam? But like that's really it, because then you know, Burgess says she's gonna take some time off 
you know, to be there for Nicole, which is really code for Marina's going on maternity leave and we have to write her out. And that's really it for season four. Season four is not a great Bursic season <laughs> at all. Really not. No, it's not. So there's that moment. Um, I lost my train of thought now. Um, oh, when, when um, Nicole's phone dies and Adam's like, that happens to people all the time happened to me once like Kim gives him that look of like what and he's like no it happened to me once but then when Voight's like hey track the phone like go find go find your sister Adam's like I'm going I volunteer as tribute I'll go with like totally steps up because he just insists on you know he just can't help it he's always going to be there for her always mm-hmm. it's always. totally just his his like nature at this point he doesn't even think about it yeah yeah it's like the hand it's just subconscious Oh. yeah that's season four now we get into season five um oh man yeah i hate this season it's not it's, it's <laughs> she a little... said that with her whole chat <laughs> i honestly there's a lot of stuff until i started reading the outline and like watching these clips i was like oh shit like i blocked out a lot of season five like completely forgot about matt like completely forgot about I, that like i just i forgot about so much of the season i've blocked it out apparently we, season five was rough it was yeah. rough Warren truly took a sacrifice with five and six she really did oh but yeah i caught a lot more like little berzik scenes than i did not catch the first time i watched it so i was like hmm, interesting but yeah these were not great not not I, yeah, I, I think I think I blocked out like anything from the breakup to like the end of Upstead. I think I just blocked which, out that whole period of time. Which is funny because season five was the first season we did on the podcast. So mm-hmm. you would think we would remember a lot more of it than we do. But like I've just blocked out like it's just yeah, Al dying and the Adam and the Denny uh-huh. stuff. I've just I oh. don't want to remember season oh. five. It's not a Jay shooting the little girl and uh, the therapy behind Camilla like I just there's so much about season five I don't like oh man let me start <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry Lauren <laughs> sorry we I, I didn't oh, realize we me, were giving you the rough ones hype men right you on a journey <laughs> Jules knew okay. what she was doing though when she was like I can't talk about five and six Jules knew what she was I doing I called it yeah I I stepped out of the ring real early on that one <laughs> not it not it uh, it's fine I took it they're fine it's good <laughs> We, we got some good moments, but so we'll start off with season five, episode one, that there was just one big Berserk scene at the end of the episode where in the, they're in the bar and Adam kind of walks up to Kim and he's just like, he looks like a little bit of a hot shot. He just like walks up and he's like, maybe later we could. And Kim's like, no, like, it's not a good idea. I'm not going to go back with you. And then he was like, who said it was going to be a good idea? And then that's when she tells him that she met someone and you can kind of see Adam's face. He's kind of like, doesn't want to re- just show her that he's bothered by it, but he's definitely bothered by it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's great. You sure you don't want another beer? And then she, she's like, no, I'm good. And then she leaves. And then you could just kind of see like, like, again, he's kind of really bothered by it, but didn't really want to show it to her. The growth then- though, the growth in this moment, <laughs> like one through four, like, or one through two or three, Adam would have been like throwing a hissy fit. This one was like, oh, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the next episode, we kind of get a little bit of jealous Adam. This is the bomb explosion at the street festival. So Mm -hmm. it starts off with Burgess Atwater and Ruzik. They're all patrolling. And then Kim sees Frank Toma and she runs up to him 
and they start talking and Adam does like a death glare on them. He does not, he's like, you could just kind of see like he has his sunglasses on and he's just like watching them out of the corner of his eyes. Like, yeah. And when she comes back and they're walking and they're talking, like Adam kind of starts asking her a couple questions and Kim's like, that is not the guy if that's what you're going to go with. And Adam's like, I wasn't, but now that you bring it up. And so then I just kind of like, can I see like a little bit of jealous Adam coming through? And then this is such a little scene. And I, I apologize because as I go through, I definitely think I made up some Brzezik moments that weren't necessarily like, like I really wrote like every single time they looked at each other. That's fine. I mean, that's the level point, of detail we want. We I mean, but also like at this point, that's all we had was like them yeah. looking at each other and then it'd be like another 10 episodes and then like they would look at each other and you're like, oh, but that's all we've got. Okay, yeah. great. Like, I definitely made these Berserk moments bigger than they actually are, but it's totally, I'm just going to roll with it. But (laughs) so this next one, I said when, um, after Frank Toma, when he um, shoots himself and Kim's there, and that scene was so sad. I, um, Mm -hmm. Antonio starts to, and then Voight benches Kim. Antonio starts, like, taking her away. And Kim is, like, like, screaming and, like, freaking out. And um, you can kind of see Adam, like, start to move towards her. Like, he just, like, kind of wants to comfort her. And then, like, he steps back when Antonia, like, like walks her by him. I don't know. It's just, like, ugh. Adam, like, just wanting to be there for her always. This, this episode drives me a little zany because of how everybody treated Kim after Toma oh. died by suicide. Oh, like, yeah. She just witnessed the guy put a gun through his head, like point blank away from her. She got splashed with his blood and Voight's over here like, take her away, like get her out of here. The Where's the compassion? No, the way Voight was speaking to her after, I, I, I'm right with you. I was dying. I was like, get me in. I'm going to literally cannot. I literally cannot deal with this man right now. It's fine. I get that Antonio was her partner at this point, but I would have much rather had Adam run in after the gunshot. Like yeah. Antonio yeah. was just kind of like, Oh, Kim, are you okay? Mm. Do you guys think that that, like, the Antonio-Kim dynamic of being partners had any effect on the way Adam and Antonio beefed all the time? Oh, that's such a good question. Interesting. I've never Mm -hmm. thought about it like that. I think it definitely put some gas on the fire. That's what I think so, too. I think it could have been, like, maybe even an unintentional, like, not jealous but I guess jealousy yeah I was gonna say I don't obviously think it was the cause of any of the Antonio and Adam rifts but I don't think it helped anything either right um yeah I've never thought about that we've always talked about it obviously of course from the obvious angles of you know like their opposite views on policing and things like that but I've never thought about like what Adam's thinking as he looks at them to get you know those partners together yeah interesting i think it's it was it wasn't like the jealousy angle like he had with roman it was more of like a how are you are you taking the proper steps to make sure kim is safe um, right i think that was the issue like and, and yeah, the, i think almost like i wish like it's not a jealousy in any romantic sense it's like like a oh he is filling in this space mm-hmm. you know it's a jealousy of that kind of the closeness that formed between kim and antonio right like yeah, i want to be her knows. protector and yet exactly. you're I want to lay that role safe. right now. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I, yeah. And I, you know, part of that, part of that distrust might've even come from Roman, you know, how, you know, Burgess got shot on his watch. And so yep. he's probably worried, like she's got a new partner. Can, can we trust this guy? Yeah. Yeah. This is why we reach in the scenes. <laughs> we dig in deep. <laughs> yeah. 
So the next episode was just like a really little scene. But again, this little scene is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> they, during a case, one of the witnesses, they, they talk about how they were trapped in this house and they could smell this specific like food or scent. They didn't really, they didn't know what the food was from this restaurant. So Adam starts ordering this food from the different restaurants. And Kim is the one to bring in the, whatever it was. And she, the, the bag in and gives it to him. And when she hands it to him and walks away, Adam just pro like has this prolonged stare on him, uh, on her. And he like has this little grin on his face and it kills me. Cause I was like, there's really no reason for this man to be just like watching her walk back to her desk. But here he is just like this little cute scene. And then when he takes it out and it's chocolate and he like, he's like, oh my gosh, it's chocolate. And then he gets Kim's attention and like throws it to her and so for her. So just like a little cute Berzik moment that- I love this scene. I love this scene. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. I wonder if that was scripted or if that was a Patty thing. Throwing the chocolate at her? No, it's the stare. Oh, for sure. I feel like it wasn't, I don't think it could have been scripted. Like why? Like, cause there's no really no like- <laughs> I, I, I yeah. Yeah, there's really, like, no reason because the way their relationship was at that moment, like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I totally consider this a canon Burzak scene. Like, he, that that is canon. He is staring at her in this scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he and can't think, let her go. I think half of our, half of our Burzak content is just from Patty and Marina going off script. But I actually, though, and I'm not complaining. No. They're truly the captains of the ship. We think they, them. <laughs> yeah I mean there have been moments in the past like in interviews and stuff where Patty has said that like he and Marina will try and do like little things behind like in the background like you know like just little Berzik things where like um I think Marina said one time that like she was eating chips or something and then like there's a point where like Ruzik reaches in and he gets a chip himself like they try and plant little things in the background like that so I I kind of hope that was a Patty thing because it was just adorable so cute yeah so the next is season five, episode eight. This is where this whole time period is with like the Denny Woods and Adam stuff where his sister um, got a DUI um, and the, his nephew, Adam's nephew was in the backseat as well. And Adam covered it up and Denny Woods basically wants something on Hank. So he blackmails, blackmails Adam and says like, you either get me something on Hank Voigt or like I'm making this a big thing. Um, so Adam is basically doing all this stuff to try to get to Denny. Like he takes a flash drive and a, like a video of Jay. Um, ugh, it's just like, anyways, I can't. Oh, the video and of Jay. I hate um, this whole era this whole story so much. That storyline so was painful. Painful. So, yeah. And then this is also the same time where Kim is dating Matt. And this man gives me the biggest ick. I just, I just, I just get so, he just, it, like, I just get the ick from him. Like I said, and, I literally blocked him out. I literally forgot. I was like, oh, right. There was someone before Blair. Like, literally, I was like, yeah. I forgot there was somebody before Blair. I yeah. didn't even, pi- I pictured Blair. I f- totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Same. But anyway, so she shows him a picture. So that during the case, she shows him a picture of a suspect in their murder case, asking if he knew who he was. And then Matt says that the guy's a person of interest in his case that he's working on. And then he wants to set up a meeting between his people and then Kim and Voight to talk about it. Um, and this meeting does not go well at all. Basically, they just want all of the information that intelligence has and really gives them nothing. And Hank is furious at Burgess. This whole episode, Hank is just 
like screaming at her um he there's a scene where she's in his office and he's yelling at her telling like how could you tell your boyfriend about this case and during that same time adam walks into the office and it's just kind of like this awkward moment where kim and adam make this eye contact because clearly he knows that she's in trouble and they and then he leaves the office and um yuri is the suspect that they are trying to find and so they lost Yuri and Hank calls Burgess into his office and Adam like watches her walk in and then at the next day Adam meets Kim outside the precinct and asks her if she's okay because of how hard Boyd was on her was with her the other day in the office and just like the way he like it's just there's such a like it's a cute little scene where he's always checking in on her and she says that she's fine and Adam looks at her and says we're gonna play the audio. Yeah, it's me. Tell me what's going on. Adam, this case is falling apart, and it's my fault. That's not true. It is. It's my fault. So now I have to. Um, Why? I have to sell up my relationship with Matt. I know that this isn't something you want to hear, but I like the guy. Let me guess, Ford wants you to pick us or him? Yeah, I mean, something like that, yeah. This unit, we're a family, plain and simple. Life gets in the way, makes things a little more complicated. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is sometimes you got nothing but bad choices. No matter what you do, you're gonna hate yourself. Kim. Bottom line is, you are one of the best people I've ever known. So you do what you think is right, and that'll be good enough. You could just tell in this scene that he is caring about her, but also dealing with his morals at the same time. So he's trying to like projecting a little bit too. And then he hits her with the line where Kim, bottom line is, you're one of the best people I've ever known. So you do what you think is right, and that will be good enough. All right. And then Kim says, yeah. And then he pulls her oh. in for this hug. And oh, just so cute. And then it's so cute. Cute. I can't. Once again, moments like these mark the growth of their. These are reasons why they should not have gotten married because yep. this, stuff like this needed to happen. Hundred percent, hundred percent. This, even though we only met Matt once, like this helped Adam grow a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when the scene where then they all they find out where Yuri is, and so they're giving things, giving out everyone their like jobs to how they're gonna go and get this guy. Um, Adam stays back and he basically is like, "Hey, I see you made your choice." And Kim's like, "Yeah, now I have to live with it." I lied to his face, Adam. I played him like a fool and for good measure. I just blew up the biggest case of his career. I screwed him. And Adam's like, "You didn't screw him. You made a choice. You made the right choice." And Kim was like, "Yeah." So this whole episode is just Adam also talking about like him trying to make the decision whether to go against intelligence to save his real family, or because intelligence mm-hmm. is he always talks about how intelligence is his family, family. But so it's just like family versus family, <laughs> but. And then this last scene where um, they find they go and get Yuri and Yuri shoots a Kim and barely misses her face. Like it's just, and Adam screams, are you all right, Kim? And he's like, pure <laughs> terror in his eyes. And then this whole, it's, an, it's them chasing and catching Yuri. And Adam is just like always asking if she's good. And it's just like a perfect Berzik Adam checking in on her scene. So 5-8 was a very big Berzik episode and also like kind of an Adam episode and Kim episode. It was very good. 
Yeah. It's cool because it's a Berzek episode, but there it's not a romantic Berzek episode. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I didn't hate that she screwed over Matt's case. I was just kind of like, sorry, Matt. No, Matt Bye. did not. Matt Matt's gave like nothing. Wendy. Matt is like, Wendy, thank you for your sacrifice, Matt. Move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. You served an important role for your one episode. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for your service. <laughs> He was also like using her for his case like bye anyways trash we don't <laughs> like that yeah um and then season five episode nine there was a cute the first scene she's walking up the stairs and adam adam meets her at the top and hands her a cup of coffee and then asks how it went with her boyfriend and which did not go well, go well. for anyone who was wondering <laughs> she also got the store slammed in her face at his apartment so but i love uh, her like her besties that i love them oh uh, so cute and then the in season five, episode 10, there isn't a lot of Berzik, but this is the Denny Wood stuff continues with Adam. And then Hank finally finds out what's going on. Oh, and oh, man. that last this, scene is like in my nightmares of like pulling up and like in the headlights, like voice. I'm furious. Yes. I'm yeah. furious. And Adam is so scared in the headlight. Oh, my God. <laughs> the rage in my blood right uh, now. I know. <laughs> And Al, like, took him to the slaughter. Al was like, you know I love you, right? Like, I'm really sorry I'm about to do this, but, like, here you go. I was literally like, come for a ride with me. Like, I got to go check on this. Like, come with me. And Adam's like, you want me to come with you? And I was like, yeah, come on, let's go. Takes him to literally his death. It's, that totally, it totally feels like a sacrificial lamb. Poor Adam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Void handled it a lot better than I thought he was. Like, I just envisioned, like, I envisioned, like, what did you tell him? And then Adam's like, nothing, I swear. And then, like, Void slaps him and is like, what did you tell him? Like, it seemed like a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Yeah. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. This next episode truly takes me out. Like, I want to scream. This episode kills me this is the big kim episode with like her ci sienna mm-hmm. um uh, and so she her ci dies on the first birds scene that episode is adam asks kim if she's all right um and kim is blaming herself about how she pushed her too hard and she was too hard on the, her ci and adam was like you like you did not like don't blame yourself like you were doing your job um and so he's like kind of like she, like making her like don't feel guilty for this um and then later on there's a scene where they they get like the girl is and they get the girl into the safe house and they're waiting to see if she's gonna the call the guy who is i think he's like kidnapping these girls I'm totally yeah he's holding them hostage he's yeah. holding them hostage right and so but this girl's like her main boyfriend and or main girlfriend and the adam's in the car and he's like why is she protecting this son of a bee i don't get it and kim's like because she's in love with him and adam's like in love with him that's not love it's stockholm syndrome and then kim goes try telling her it's not love sometimes people and then she takes this long pause trick themselves into believing what they want to believe because it feels better than the alternative and then adam just kind of looks at her and he's like well sometimes it's real and there's no tricks or delusions it's just good it might be complicated but it's honest and then he just like stares at her and then like kind of like looks forward because she doesn't make eye contact with him at all and i can't i forgot i forgot about this scene like i i yeah i totally forgot that season eight was not the first time that she's been like maybe it's not real what is your deal with like not accepting reality but i think it's literally roman 
Yeah. And I was going to say, I think at this point, it's still, I mean, it's still annoying, of course, obviously, because it's obvious he still, you know, loves her and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But it's still, I guess, understandable why she would doubt him at this point, because it's still like kind of close-ish to the end of their engagement. Like, I'm not as upset about that. It's more about at this point where in season eight and she's still doubting him like five years later. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah, Like, why are we still doubting you five years later? I put myself in her shoes. Oh, sorry, go. Well, I just think she has, I think Kim has a lot of personal self-doubt. Like, I don't think it has as much to do with Adam. Of course she doubts him, but I think Kim is self-esteem and had to be Mm -hmm. as secure in herself and her life before she was really able to accept this kind of love, especially like, so I think it's easy for her to doubt the relationship at all and think it was just him and like, she doesn't it's easier for her to believe it was never real than to actually commit to it being real and putting Mm -hmm. herself in that situation. So I think like stuff like this, he's giving her this freaking beautiful, I mean, if so, a God, sometimes there's no tricks or delusions. It's just good. Can, are you kidding me? (sighs) And, and she, she doesn't respond. And I think she just doesn't know how to accept that kind of love from someone. And putting myself in Kim's shoes, I think if I, if like my fiance like didn't fight for me after, I don't know, like that whole, like if I was in her position, I think I would still like, like you said, like have a lot of self-esteem and like, I'd feel really insecure around that person. And so I definitely think that it's just, yeah, the yeah. way she reacted was just totally normal. I like I said, I think it's under, it's so understandable at this moment in season five. It's now the fact that we're in season eight when we get there that I'm like, girl okay that's a little like why are we in season eight it's not as understandable in season five it's totally understandable yeah yeah we don't know what else has happened in her past but it it just like kind of blows my mind a little bit that like she is so terrified of getting hurt again by adam that like it's season eight now and she's still just like you know i'll let you in but not all the way like stay back uh yeah i kind of have a different take on season eight when we get there I'll like when I say it, yeah. but I think there's just like di- there's all there's we another had, there's different reasons why now we so had like, a deep talk about this the other night we- <laughs> <laughs> I love that I yeah love that. And, but the one other like may or well there's two other for this episode but this one this he I feel like this is such like a huge scene um for Kim and for Berzik in this episode where Kim is trying to get a confession out of Isabel she ends up calling the guy and they get her and they take her in and Adam and Haley are watching Kim from the box and um Kim goes on this like she goes she's saying he doesn't love you Isabel he pretends he does so he can control you like I know you want to believe in your relationship you want to hold out hope we all do but I know somewhere deep down you know that it that is a lie I know because I've been there I was in love with someone once, but they didn't really love me. And then the camera shoots to Adam's face and you can kind of just see his face like, like glaze over. And she's like, and I keep pretending, hoping. And then eventually I just said enough, God, no more. And it hurt so much, but you know what? Eventually it felt better until one day I felt whole again. And now the only thing that I regret is not doing it sooner. And then the camera looks at Adam again and he is like, he hangs his head and then Haley like looks at him out of the corner of her eye. And it looks like his heart just got ripped out of his chest. Like this scene, I, this scene physically pains me. Like I took it personally. (laughs) (laughs) Reading it, I wonder if she, is she not talking about Sean Roman? um interesting he does so he can control you i know you want to believe in the relationship 
like but did I, mean, she, I don't know but did she like sean that much to like do True. like to pull that that's my thing i was like i don't know if she... i mean well i i think she liked sean but was she in love with him i don't no. i don't i don't know no. if she was okay, in love with him. i don't think she and was the in whole, love like, with him her, yeah but especially the like i regret not doing it sooner okay fair enough fair enough but like yeah. that's so like th- that's like the mean the mean when you're just like oh nobody and then like so and so says something like this is just so harsh and out of the blue like damn no- kim and the way the camera just hits Adam's face during those lines is just killer. Absolutely yeah. killer. No, I'm serious. This actually hurt my feelings. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I want an apology right now. Yeah. Like, write it out for me. Send me a letter, please. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so at the end of this, the episode, Kim and Adam are in the bar. And Adam hits her with this. So the story you told about Isabel. And Kim's like, that wasn't you. And he's like, good. And she's, and then you can kind of tell he's like not really believing her. And she's like, I'm serious. He's like, okay, I believe you. But just in case you're lying, I would like you to know that I, and she cuts him off. And she was like, it was just for the case. Like, don't read anything into it. Like, I don't want to go backwards. And he was like, well, if you want, we can head back to my place. And she's like, talk about going backwards. He's like, no, why not? Why not give it a shot? And she's like, because we work together. We're in totally different places. And he's like, okay. And then she's like, and she looks at him. She's like, having said that, I feel like having a little fun tonight. And then she kisses him and they leave the bar. <laughs> okay. My first question here is, do we believe her? No. 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 I don't either. I, no. I, I 100% think this is about Adam. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So uh, yeah. The other question I have here is that, well, I mean, more of a statement. We're, this is where we start to get into the territory of Kim taking Adam for granted. I feel like in the later seasons, she really has taken him for granted. Because, I mean, he has made it quite clear that, like, I would do anything for you. I would pretty much jump in front of a train for you if I had to. I don't know if Kim would do that for Adam, especially in these later seasons. Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same or if I'm just crazy or what. I don't, like, <laughs> my, mm, I, don't I do, I, like, that's hard for me because I do feel like that. I think she has not been put in that position yet. Mm-hmm. I do think, I think she doesn't even realize it, but I, I, tr- I do think that. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I, I just, I feel like she takes him for granted a lot. And I feel like this is one of those moments. Cause like, she just very passive aggressively was like, I ended this relationship and it was like the best thing I ever did. Oh, just kidding. It wasn't about you. Let's go bang. Doesn't, doesn't really work that way, Kim. Doesn't really work that way. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I definitely think that she takes him for granted. Like the fact that he is always willing to be there. But I also think like, I just can't fault her because I feel like she's got her own trust and concerns with him. Mm -hmm. And so although he's showing it to her, I just don't fault her for not wanting to fall back into this pattern with him. Mm -hmm. And then she continues to do it. But at the same time, I don't think she does it to hurt him. Like she truly loves him Mm -hmm. and she's just trying to fight um, something that she's afraid of, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. See too. So the next episode is the episode where Kevin gets abducted, which uh, is a, another, I can't, these episodes. So it starts off, it's Trudy's birthday and Adam runs down the stairs. And he's like, ladies, ladies, it's Friday night. Let's go to get tamales and make some bad decisions. <laughs> and then it 
it flips to the scene. I love this scene so much where Trudy's doing karaoke and Adam and everyone's at the bar just like having a time and Kim and Adam are taking shots. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just love, it's just like a comfort scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the next, they realize that the next day they realize that Kevin is gone and Adam, Kim and Adam are at her desk and Kim is freaking out and Adam calms her down a little bit. And then his use, his undercover phone rings and it's, um, it's at water. And then in another scene, Antonio shoots the lead that they had in order to find Kevin and Adam loses his mind. He absolutely loses it on Antonio. And then um, thinking that Kevin is dead, they just killed Kevin. And Kim pushes it back, pushes him back from Antonio and holds him. Um, I also think this is interesting because the reason why Antonio shot the guy was because the guy was about to shoot Kim. Yeah. So that was a little interesting but and, yes, and Antonio makes that counterpoint too yeah he's like to Adam what do you want me to do like I'm damned if I do damned if I don't yeah this is one of those scenes though where I feel like we can go back to is Kim willing to make the same sacrifices for Adam mm-hmm. and it's little things like this where she just like holds on to him where I just tr- I just feel like she does have this like protective instinct for him mm-hmm. yeah the way she like and then instantly like the second she like holds like she hugs him and like holds his head like he can you can kind of see him like calm down he like he's just like kind of like yeah he just like his rage kind of ends but yeah I think in the same way that Adam lifts up Kim she balances him mm-hmm, in a yeah. lot of ways and so that's why I think that they work for each other yeah I like that that that's one of my favorite Berzik photos too is like her holding his face and him just like yeah one of my favorites oh, it's so powerful oh, it gets mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep um in uh, so then the rest of these episodes but like these filler episodes between they're just the only really scenes between them is they're just kind of working cases together nothing crazy goes on um in 516 there is a bomb that goes off and adam and kim are far enough away where they don't lose balance but i wrote but adam still does that mom arm thing <laughs> where he shoots his hand across kim um accurate the second the bomb goes off his arm just shoots shoots out to cover her we got fed Uh, in that scene didn't we because like upstead fell over and then adam did like yeah we got fed (laughs) and jay like caught Haley. yes yeah and then in the next episode it sees our season five episode 21 they like i said adam and kim like they have not really had any content they've just been working besides each other on cases and in the group um but then there was one little moment where Adam walks in with two to-go cups of coffee and he beelines for Kim's desk and sets one down for her and then starts drinking the other one. So just another cute little, he brought her coffee, like another cute little moment. Um, and then later on that episode, Kim and Antonio are trapped behind a car that's being shot at and Antonio or, and Adam shoots the guy from behind. And then he, his first reaction is he yells Kim. And then there was a long pause before then he's like, Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> we see your pri- we see where your priorities are, he's bro. Like, yeah, he's like Kim. Like five seconds of nothing. Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're here too. <laughs> he's like, wait. It's fine. <laughs> and then we have the episode where Al dies. And they this first like scene like ends me. And they're in the hospital waiting room after hearing that Al died. Um, Kim just like 
like literally like cool like basically like folds over like she just like just hangs there and adam gets up and holds kim and like brings her to him and just like holds her and then the next scene they're sitting next to each other in the hospital and then you can see him like whisper to her you okay and looks at her and she's just staring like straight ahead burn that gif into my brain that is one of my favorite favorite moments because it's just so subtle so subtle oh mm-hmm. So subtle and their acting is so good because it's all on their faces. They don't need to say a word. Yeah. That's another one that I'm curious if that was scripted or if like it was just Patty because just the, the, the mouthing of you. Okay. Yeah. And just walking to her and like sitting her down, like chef's kiss, like it's it's so so good. So good. It's the little things with those. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah, Make the relationship so good. I love, like, it's not even a parallel, really, but I love, like, at the same time that that happens, like, Hank goes to console Trudy. Like, just, that episode is a heartbreaker. Oof. Oh, yeah. And then, like, with Adam standing outside the interrogation room, like, eating fruit, just, like, as a nod to Al. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, I wish they had explored that a little bit more, like, Adam's grief about Al's death. Yeah couldn't agree more and that's what i was just thinking as we were saying that it's it's like i think it's adam's natural protect natural reaction to protect kim Mm -hmm. but i would have liked to see it reverse for sure with that scene yeah and and i think his instinct is to be strong for kim but then like when when the cameras aren't in the room when the lights are off and it's just adam and his thoughts like you know, I, I I would have loved to have seen that because Adam is not the cop he is today if it's not for Al. And to lose him yep. had to be horrible. Yeah, yeah, they really, they really very much underdid that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it would have been great for Patty's act. Like, he's such a good actor. He would have, that would have been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. So, Al deserves so much better. For real, though. Okay, I'll be logging out for the next one. So <laughs> nice knowing ya. Everybody you. Everybody know stretch. Saying. Stretch it out. We, we do this before we talk about PD. We stretch it out because it's always a doozy. Stretch it out because this is the unspeakable season. I hate season, season six. six. We pretend it doesn't. And we like I, I like to pretend it didn't happen, but like we have to talk about it. But also like, fuck this season. True. <laughs> I think Jules, actually, I think though. Jules actually logged out there for a second. Like she wasn't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it might have happened. <sighs> so starting off with season six, episode three, Haley, it's Haley and Adam. <laughs> and they are in the bar, they're playing pool. And she's like, What's the deal between you and Burgess? And he goes, Well, I don't know. Kim is an amazing woman. I love her. We had a lot of bumps in the road. And at the end of the day, she didn't want to be with me. So we're friends. Simple as that. Um, and then Adam's like, I want like he wants fun and no pressure. And then he tells Haley that she'll he'll do whatever she wants to do. Okay, it's up to her. And this is after they've slept together for the first time. I wish I could unsee the entirety of 603. <laughs> I just wish I could unsee it. Like that crossover was traumatic AF. And so like coming out of that crossover and then like that episode starting with 
him in her bed, I was just like, I, I had like secondhand embarrassment. I was like, I can't even look at these characters right now. Oh, it was horrifying. Yeah. I was like, I can't look at you people right now. Like, this is horrible. Gina, like, do you remember when we used to say we wanted the upset cookup? Like briefly, we were like, that'd be like a great flame. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it happened. And we were like, yeah, no. I don't remember being in favor of Upzik. I do remember having conversations over hiatus and being like, you know what would be a really hot one night stand? Kid and Ruzik. Hot one night mm-hmm. stand. Like, that's it. Yeah. I do remember well, that conversation. We had the Upton and Ruzik. We were like, yeah, that'd be like cool as a one night stand. Awesome. Yeah. Cause this is back when we weren't on Upstead train necessarily either. We were like, Cool, Upton and Rusick, they want to hook up one time, fine. And then it like happened. And I would have been fine if it was just one time and then it went on. And I'm like, no, 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 Too no. Long. Too I long. agree because they offered us one thing and that was hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like all they put on the table was yeah, yeah. that's all they gave us. So we didn't need, yeah. Yeah, I needed one night, fine, whatever. Get it out of your systems, whatever. But yeah, I did not need like was... 10 episodes of it. I'm like, mm. But the end of that crossover when like Ruzik and Upton are walking off and like Upton is, you know, she's crying because she was terrified for Jay and everything. Did you guys read anything into that? Or were you just like, oh, it's just one partner looking out for the other? Because my naive ass was like, that's just, they're just looking out for each other. That's fine. (laughs) I'm an idiot. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think they 100% had intentions of just being partners and friends. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that was a caring moment. I don't think that that had any other intentions i i don't know if you guys see this on your timeline but i get this quite frequently i see people that are mad at adam because they feel like he took advantage of Haley after they see jay being shot i don't know if you guys have seen this and i'm just curious what your take on this because i don't know and when i rewatched the scene he after they've slept together the first time and now 603 he puts it in Haley's court he says i will do whatever you want to do it's up to you um so I'm just curious, do you think that he was out of line for, I don't know. I, and we had this conversation after this episode aired too. We had, like, it was like a mystery for us. We were like, we need to interview Patty. We need answers. Uh, I think now that time has gone by, my opinion on that has changed. Brenna, you go first. Oh man, I don't remember what I said originally. So this could be very off from what I said originally. Um, I don't think so. I think, like you said, I think perspective has helped a lot and that I don't think he did. Um, Basically, also, like you said, because of that line, like, whatever you will do. But also, like, Haley, I mean, yes, she'd obviously just gone through the grief of, like, Jay being shot and, like, potentially losing her partner. So, like, obviously, I don't think she was maybe in the best place. But it's not like she didn't know what she was doing. And, like, Haley was always, I mean, yeah, she may have been, like, timid at some points and, like, not completely sure if that's what she wanted to do. But at the end of the day, like, Haley always knew what it was her choice that, like, she knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it takes two to tango. And I I don't think it was all, I don't think anyone could say it's, like, all Adam's fault. I think it is, I, oh, man, I completely agree because I think it's honestly, like, insulting to Haley to say that Adam was just taking advantage of her as if she's some like fragile damsel in distress that he can just scoop her up. And Mm -hmm. in her moment of need, like he was offering his friendship and they hooked up, you know, like they're both adults. And I think that Haley takes no shit. Haley's not going to be taken advantage of look Mm -hmm. at her and look at her life. Like Haley knows how to take care of business and take care of herself. 
Right. So, but- and that's not to say, like, if she had decided after that moment that, like, she regretted it, okay, that's a different conversation. Right. But we always talk about, you know, we refer to it with, like, Dossie after Med exploded, like, the st- reaction to the stress of the day. And obviously, mm-hmm. we'll get to Berzik's reaction to the stress of the day in a little <laughs> bit. Um, but, like, it was the reaction to the stress of the day. And, like, if you had said the night, the next morning that Haley regretted it, okay, fine. But, like, she still knew what she was doing. And it was her choice to still ultimately sleep with him totally yeah and and again yeah perspective like you were saying I mean now that we're you know two three seasons removed I I think they both didn't I, I don't I think Adam was going with the flow I think Haley didn't know what she was feeling because in the upset episode and I still stand by this I think this is the moment when Haley ha- Haley realized she had feelings for Jay but I don't think she knew they were feelings for Jay yet so yeah. like she yeah. was feeling some sort of way. I, she just didn't really know how she was feeling. So I don't, I, I don't think he took advantage of her now. I mean, in the moment I did because I was just like, what the fuck is this? But um, I, I, I don't think that now. There was definitely a lot of confusion denial, I think on all of our parts. So I'm <laughs> with you there. Yeah. 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 And I think also we've never been given any inclination of Adam pushing anyone, any woman to anything. Like this man has bowed down at the feet of Kim for mm-hmm. six seasons now. So it just would, it doesn't seem it's very not in character. Would, yeah. yeah. It's not just not, I don't know. It seems kind of out of left field for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, Adam is very good about the way he treats female characters. I was just so curious because I constantly see it on my timeline to this day. So I was just like, hmm, I wonder what the opinions are. Just well, curious. and it's, it's funny too, because I was getting ready to pose that question to you guys too. Cause uh, you know, I, I, I felt the same. I felt, I felt that way for a while, but you know, now the time has gone on. I'm like, all right, I see it. I, I think, think it's a really good conversation to have. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, it's another thing too. Cause I, I was thinking about Upstead, like um, Brian will tell you, I do my best when Chicago thinking when I'm in the car, um, and I was thinking about Upstead like earlier today and just how like, you know, Haley asking Jay to marry her, it was kind of a Hail Mary, right? Because she she grew up with an abusive father and four brothers, right? She's never known a decent man in her life. And now that one has come along, I don't want to say that she's latched onto him, but she is not going to let him go. And I wonder if she felt a lesser version of that with Adam, where she was like, I have a guy who cares about me. I have a guy who treats me well. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to hang on to this for a minute. I think, yeah, I think Adam definitely made her feel safe. I think Mm -hmm. she felt comfortable with him. She worked with him. She knew who she was, who he was. She just felt safe with him. And Mm -hmm. even though they're, I mean, it was alluded that they were like, they really cared about each other. And there was a lot of feelings there for the relationship. Like they, I think that it was just like a safe space for her that she just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think Haley needs, she's seeking control because she didn't have it as a child. If you, if so, just to, I guess it was a preface. I like my whole job, I'm a teacher, but I work with kids with trauma. Mm -hmm. So like, that's my jam. But like specifically, I think Haley's looking for something that she can feel security in that she has a sense of control of herself in the situation. Mm -hmm. And Adam gave that to her by saying it's in your court, you know, and she makes that clear in situations where like he yells at her and she says, you will not yell at me. And he respects that. So things like that. And then obviously Jay is to a whole other level because he understands her as a person Mm -hmm. where Adam was just someone that worked and she could feel comfortable and confident in the relationship and you know yeah yeah it's a really good point Mm -hmm. exactly well 
moving on to 604 where well. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> like we gotta get like gotta get through upset sorry guys yeah, we, really, we really tangented that one didn't we <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's worth discussing, though. I mean, I because I look back on season six and I'm just like, that happened. The fuck was that? Like, <laughs> I still look back but on the, season six and I'm like, what a mess. Well, see, but then they they're together, but the writers don't do anything for them for like six, seven episodes. It's like after six, twelve or six, they're like, there's nothing until they break up. So it's just fine by me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> um so in the next episode they are about to kiss and then that's right when kim walks into the locker room which is so rude that they're about to kiss in their in berzak's secret sacred spot but whatever <laughs> he, that's why that's why kim walked in she was reclaiming her territory hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was like what are you doing you can sense it she was like no no um not here <laughs> no Adam starts awkwardly making small talk and that's when he's like, he's just like all awkwardly like, can I walk you out? Do men still do that? And he like offers his arm to her and she's like, stop it. Um, And I was like, that scene there. And then the next, there's again, like really no Berzik scenes and like they just work cases together. And then there's just like a little cute smile that they like, they grin at each other at the Brian Kelton mayor rally in 611, which Kelton is just a whole nother. Elton. Oh. Elton. Oh. <laughs> He's just a whole nother. Yeah. Um, in 612, this is the Matthew Garrett drug episode. Um, Kim and Adam are undercover and this and they meet up with this guy and she and he's he has this he's like holding one of the girls that he the runaway girls and he like has her captive that and she meets the girl in the bathroom and gives her 200 dollars and tells her to run and when she gets out of the bathroom and tells the guy she had no idea where the girl went and they all leave and adam just kind of raises his eyebrow at her and kim just shrugs and so you know she's just protecting you can tell she like is just happy that she was able to protect the girl from like anything bad happening to her like what happened with her sister um and then i do love that moment And in 614, this is the episode where Blair asks Kim out. They met at the Kelton fundraiser. I love Blair. I think he's just a cutie pie. He's so yeah. cute. Yeah, this he's is so where cute. it gets, it, you, like, it's easy to hate Matt Miller, but, like, Blair, you yeah, just, Blair. No. Um, this is also the Haley and Kim kidnapping scene where we or kidnapping episode so it starts off where kim walks in and she sees adam and Haley almost kiss again and this is when she finally realizes that they are together and her reaction kim's reaction was so subtle like i just talked about marina's acting in the scene was so good because kim's reaction was so subtle yet so heartbreaking and you just tell she kind of just was like in shock and she just says well we're gonna go talk talk to Voight he wants us to run point and she like does this like little stoic nod and walks out and Adam is just says I think I can ride in a separate car oh my god like he's just so stressed which I wanted Uh, to smack him in that moment I know and then so Kim and Adam are with the CI and the CI is freaking out and Adam just starts hyping them up like we've done this or hyping him and Kim up he's like we've done this a hundred times don't worry we got you covered and then he reaches his arm out to rub Kim's shoulder and Kim shrugs away and like moves away from him and that 
scene like actually made me cry which is just <laughs> like it was so just the she's so hurt and just the way it's just oh it just made me I can't um she Kim ends up feeling that she got made that she thought the guy felt her vest and Adam tells her it's her call and she says the safe word and they start getting shot at and of course Adam does his you all right you okay his normal Kim and um and then it goes where Haley meets Kim in the locker room and Haley's just kind of like about me and Adam and Kim cuts her off and she's just like Haley I'm good really I've been wanting to tell you I just and yeah we haven't been able we've been we haven't been together for a long time so it's just sort of happened and then Kim that's great I don't really want to talk about it not now let's just focus on busting this guy who's making those guns then they leave um and then they get kidnapped which (laughs) The Classic whole other thing. This episode is so stressful. It's so much. It's so much. Mm-hmm. Adam's and, so hot in this episode, though, for reals. He gets so mad at Jay, but like, I'm glad at least somebody, like, I felt like in that episode there was no sense of urgency, and Adam was the only one who was like, hello, like, this I could is not, important. I completely agree. I was watching this, and it was like so frustrating because it's like the boys are just hanging out the whole episode. And wait, How and are you not panicking? Yeah, and Void shuts Adam down the beginning of the episode. He's like, yeah, you're not going to have anything to do with this. Like, Antonio's taking the lead. Like, I know you. But I'm like, he's the one that's... Well, and of course, Kim is going to call Adam because, of course, it's the only number she knows, memorized. (laughs) Like, of course, she's going to call Adam. So, of course, Adam has to be involved in the case. Like, duh. I feel like everything they tried to do in this episode gets negated by the fact that when they find her, Adam goes to Kim first. Like... Everything they were trying to do in this episode and be like, upstick, upstick, upstick. It was like, well, fuck that. Like, <laughs> he went to her first. Who cares? It's winning. Totally winning. Totally winning. But like, these are the things we were going after as like Berzik fans in, the se- <laughs> in this season yes. because it had been two seasons at that point. We're like, damn, it's been two Literally seasons. crumbs. Latch onto yeah. anything and then mm-hmm. make it a big deal. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they find them. And then, like we said, he goes to her first and like are you okay and and then kim Kim and Haley talk at the end of that episode about their relationship which is kind of a sweet moment between like a bonding moment i wouldn't say sweet but like bonding i I, I hated Haley's excuse of like oh i keep my private life private you work with these people 24 7 that is just not possible like not possible somebody was gonna figure it out eventually Mm-hmm. yeah I'm surprised it lasted like made him figure it out sooner but yeah then in uh, 619 this episode for Kim I can't this is the episode that Blair dies <laughs> he <laughs> um and him they she finds his body which and he's uh, I just this girl cannot catch a break like no she really she can't. really can't she really cannot catch a break and Adam is obviously there for her. He goes to her and he's like, you okay? And she's fine, I'm fine. And Adam, look, I know you didn't know him for very long, but I know you and I know you feel things deeply. That's how it was with us anyways. I'm just trying to tell you that if you need someone to lean on, you know I got your back. Her face like, in that just- moment when he's like, I know you feel things deeply, she stops and gives him this death glare. Like, girl, yeah. he's just looking out for you. Oh. And he... 
in this whole episode, he's the one person that says the right things to her. Like he gives her like what she, he doesn't like force her to talk. He doesn't like doing, he's just there. Like she, he makes himself like himself known that he's there for her if she needs anything, but he gives her exactly what she needs. And that's, and it just even proves our point further that they are in game. But they, towards the end of the episode, she, opens up her locker and Mark, she had found a letter or Antonia had found a letter that Marcus had written her and there was, her name was on the front. And when she read the card, it said, can't wait for what the future holds. And that's when Adam walks into the, walks into the locker room. And he, again, is checking on her. And this is when she snaps. She's like, I'm not a damn China doll, Adam. You don't have to keep checking on me. And he just looks at her and he's like, talk to me, just talk to me. And that's when she, finally unloads after this whole episode and she talks about how Blair wanted to stay in Chicago but she was going to break up with him but she was actually falling in love with him and she should have told him to stay and she says she's like this case is not about drugs and no one believes me none of this makes sense and Adam goes I believe you I believe you and if you told Voight what you just told me he's going to believe you too and she you can just tell she kind of like all like the tension the stretch just kind of like washes away finally having someone that hears her and understands like what is like that it's not that her yeah finally have someone who understands where she's coming from in that scene and she says thank you and he says I'm sorry Kim I'm so sorry and I can't even imagine Adam's shoes after hearing her admit that she was in love with this guy or falling in love with him like uh, and uh, wanting to ask him to stay in Chicago what Adam must have been thinking I I mean it must have been another another yeah Yeah, it must this is just has to be another example of his emotional maturity that's grown because Mm -hmm. like and that's what I loved what they did with Upzek Oh, wow. Whoa. Did that just come out of my mouth? In in a way, what I was going to say was I love that they didn't go a traditional route where Kim was jealous of Haley or pissed off about the whole thing. It just would have been so corny. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so glad that they decided to just allow them to be adults in their separate relationships because I think that's why they're going to end up well together is because they aren't they've matured like this where they can respect one another as people and as friends um, and not just only think of things. So I guess selfishly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys know that the original plan for the baby, it was supposed to be Blair's originally? I lose my mind every time I think about this happening. I can't even speak on it. I can't. What? What? Like, I think the plan was always for him to die, but the original plan was for the baby to be his. Yeah. Do you guys, I was, I was just thinking about this actually, because I just, do you think that they, she would have lost the baby then? Or do you think that that's when Adam would have stepped up to raise that baby and we wouldn't have had Michaela? Like, did we get this whole spin, like this whole other thing? Or am I just totally a psycho? No, I think that makes, I mean, I think it makes sense. Um, if the story arc remained the same where Adam's whole, right the and whole if it was plan, just slightly like, altered. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think there would have been a scene where Adam is like, Hey, I'm I know you just lost Blair and you're pregnant now, but I'm I'm here, here for, for you. you. Anything. Like I'm I got your back. I think we're gonna have we would have another one of those scenes. And he you could just yeah. kind of tell like throughout the he would yeah. rock rock throughout those. Right. And I think we still probably would have gotten a version of the Guardian scene too, obviously, because it's just 
purchase and obviously there is no Blair and you know she still needs somebody else to be her guardian right. you know yeah yeah it's interesting to think about but mm-hmm. I guess I would assume so so there's a parallel universe out there <laughs> where there's Blair Burgess baby and um dad Adam and an alternate timeline yeah <laughs> Exactly. Maybe Blair didn't die. Maybe he got pruned. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Um, and then we get finally get the Upsick breakup. <laughs> finally, we all we all cheered. <laughs> season too long, but yeah, yeah. And then to round out season six, Adam is arrested for covering for Antonio. Um, after Antonio pushes the guy out the window um, and covers. And so Trudy walks up and tells Adam that they are charging him for misconduct. Oh my gosh, cannot speak right now. Mm-hmm. They're charging him for misconduct and obstruction. And Cam looks at him and she's like, we'll walk, we'll come down with you. And he is just, no, he's like, appreciate that, but I'd rather you didn't. This oh, is man. a traumatic episode. It really is. I still think about sometimes when I think about this, if I ever think about it, like when he hits the door frame on his way out, I just, I like want to lose it every time I think about that moment. The scene where Trudy is like freaking out. She's like, okay, keep your head down. Don't like, she's like giving him all this advice. And then he just stops her by kissing her on the cheek. Uh, Kills me. Oh, I have once again, personal events to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's, there's like, there's 20 minutes that we recorded immediately I after that finale. Recently. I found it recently. I found it. Oh, get out. <laughs> okay, so, so after that finale, like we recorded 20 minutes that like, I thought it was like the lost 20 minutes forever. It's pretty much just me yelling over and over and saying, fuck Antonio, fuck it, this yeah. is so stupid. Uh, I'm both excited and nervous that Brenda found that audio because I was so <laughs> ang- like I I took personal offense to that episode too. I was like, Antonio's a fucking coward. Like, why would he let Adam go down for this? Like, why isn't anybody stepping up? This is so frustrating. Like, oh, they did Antonio's character so dirty. I will never forgive. I will never forgive. I won't either. Especially now, like once he came back from justice, he just they basically just ruined the character of Antonio. Mm-hmm ruined and like yet he is the one character that is when chicago is always based off of i just i could go on a whole antonio rent well and i just think i hate too that whole Ooh, it's just so painful to even think about when he has to walk down the bullpen because they're there for him and everyone's standing there and i just want someone to be like what the fuck like i just want someone to go crazy like how are we all allowing this to happen yeah so hard to watch and, like, not that Voight was ever going to get involved, but the fact that, like, Voight just lost Al. Like, Al just took the fall for Voight. Al made the yeah, ultimate sacrifice and gave up his life to cover Hank's ass. You just witnessed this happen, and now you're going to sit by and let it happen to Adam? Are you for real? They, Al's death was Hank's fault. Al died because of Hank. Oh, yep. 100%. Yep. So, uh, oh. And the fact that that doesn't eat Hank alive bothers me. I agree. I That's what I kept thinking that whole scene too. It's like, we just watched this happen last season. And you're letting it happen again. You're yeah. really complicit in this happening. Just letting your guy go to jail. He works his ass off to protect the people who work for him. And all of a sudden in this instance, he's like, well, Adam made his choice. What? Yeah, I think he just has more loyalty to Antonio than he does to Adam at the end of the day. Uh, that's true. 
That's and true. it wasn't until Trudy in the well in the next episode, Trudy is like, bro, Adam is not gonna do Adam is not doing well. You need to do something. Trudy has to snap it into Hank to do something in order to help Adam. He just was not, it was even on his radar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which I mean, I think it brings up the whole conversation of how how Hank is Hank is very different with each individual member of intelligence. And it always fascinates me just how like he's very hands-on with uh, we, well, he back in the day, he was very hands-off with Burgess, but very hands-on with Kevin. And that really bugged me. And I mean, there's, I, I'm, I'm constantly wondering, like, if Hank respects Jay. Like, there's every, every episode, I'm like, okay, is he being, is he respecting him right now? Because I don't think he is. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, the, the whole dynamic of how he's different with each individual member of intelligence is just fascinating. Oh, the way he, he treats Haley is unbelievable. Oh. The way he spoke to her in 816, it's I was so bad. Oh yeah. my God. The way he talks to Haley specifically is the end of end all be all. Like I am so, it's no. horrible. The, yeah. The, the way he treats her, especially since she's got that history with an abusive father really, mm-hmm. really sits wrong with me. Cause like, I don't know if he knows. Well, no, he does know that. Right. Yeah. And he nice. manipulates her. He does. Mm-hmm. He's screaming in her face. He knows exactly I mean, there's been multiple scenes too, like right after Cam, her CI dies Mm -hmm. and then she gets Darius killed, like, or not Darius, but, or was it Darius that she got killed? It was Darius. It was Darius. So, and after all that, and then that scene in his office where he is just like completely horribly, like verbally harassing her, screaming in her face and saying like, she's, he's shipping her off, like all this horrible, I just can't, I was watching it and just my jaw, I just couldn't even believe. No. What's the episode when the guy she used to work with, like he, he died and he tried to make it look like he was murdered, but it was actually like a gambling addiction or something. Um, the, when she, she wants to like fess up and be like, no, I want to tell the ivory tower that he had a gambling problem. And Hank was like, he's going to lose his pension. Like you need to, you need to leave his family with the illusion oh, that he, he was pulled, a good man. He pulls her out of the funeral. Right. And they're like walking down the sidewalk. I think it was one of her, am I thinking the right one? Yeah. Yeah. But then he also hugs her. I'm like, you're her was, boss. Like, stop. I think it was one of her beginning episodes. If I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. it was like early season five, I think. Yeah, it was an early season. Yeah, I think it was like early season five. He does manipulate her. The more we talk about this, the more I'm like, this is like my glass shatter moment. I'm like, this bitch. Oh, specifically Haley, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, I I realize that we're not talking about Upton, but we're already on the topic. So like, let's just finish it out. But um, it's, it's a, I, I can't like reconcile in my head how Jay is going to react when he finds out about what happened at the end of season eight. Like, is mm. he going to, is he going to be angry with Haley for not telling him? Is he going to pop up on Voight? Like probably where, both. Where is his anger going to be directed is what I'm wondering. I think it's going to be Voight. I think he's yeah. Haley all day long. I think he's so fed up with Voight at this point. Like they've yeah. been cutting heads this whole, especially this past season. I think he mm. is, and I, Haley, lies as a trauma response like it's just i think and i think jay when they have a finally have like a conversation about it he is 100 percent gonna understand Haley and not have that affect them and i think he's gonna go off on void 
I hope he does. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's why this slow burn. I weren't. This isn't the upstead episode, but I think that's <laughs> we're why there. <laughs> that's why their slow burn has worked mm-hmm. is because he's going to know her enough that he's they're going to be able to withstand this. That's why we had to wait this long to get them because if they had tried something earlier on, this wouldn't have. This would have been something that would have broken them. Mm-hmm. But I think that he knows her well enough and i completely agree with lauren i think this is going to be a breaking point alongside the whole like breaking the rift that happened when everyone was looking for kim Mm -hmm. and the fact that jay was right and jay is the one who found her Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think that'll be it's i think we're gonna it's season nine is gonna be so good people (laughs) i think it's gonna be the jay and voice showdown season nine we've only been waiting for it for like four seasons now Mm -hmm. like just give it to us already yeah yeah and and like uh, there were so many questions about the season eight finale which i guess we should wait but like uh, i need them back okay i'm having like one chicago withdrawals i'm just like (laughs) i miss them (laughs) like so much yeah so so much but okay season seven yeah we can just strap on in to launch into a rocket of berserk nation like Nothing could have prepared us for the way that this, I mean, where we are now. <laughs> I know, I know. Season so seven, man. season seven starts out the first time we see Ruzek is in jail. And I'm sure we all can agree that Jailbird Ruzek was his best era. Um, he looked oh, the so- best there. <laughs> the hair was the best. Dad bod. The dad bod, the like swagger, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm Jailbird Ruzek Central over here. So really appreciate it. Um, it only <laughs> lasted for like about maybe 10 minutes, but I loved it. Um, and then Kim's working the case and worried about Antonio. So it was super disappointing because Adam's dealing with all his shit and Kim is not dealing with his shit at shit. all. Like <laughs> he's not helping. She's totally worried about Antonio and where he is. Um, and it was a bummer. Um, Did you guys spend the bulk of this episode when Adam goes looking for Antonio? Were you guys like me, like crossing your fingers? Wait, please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. Yeah. When I scene even... when he's like checking the car. I was like, <gasps> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where I thought it was going to go because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> So like not and it just Antonio took such a turn that it was like what is going on like anything was possible I felt mm-hmm. um nothing really Burzak happens they don't even talk until episode three of season seven where she's erasing his name on the board and Adam walks in and says what are you doing and she's like wait told me to all right there's your Burzak for the episode <laughs> So everything's, you know, pretty slow. And then all of a sudden we get to episode four, which as we all know and love, this is infection part three. Um, and they interact like usual throughout the episode. And then we just go home run grand slam at the end. Um, everyone's leaving. It's the end of the night. And obviously like a horrible occurrence has happened um and trudy and vanessa are walking out which everyone season seven i will go on record might be my favorite season of pd solely because vanessa is on it like she brings everything to the table i really felt like she um completed the like i just loved her so they're talking about going out and getting drinks with people and both kim and adam are saying that they're going to just go home and go to bed well psych adam grabs her (laughs) hand and says um Hey, would you want to come with me? And they're like, "Oh my god!" I this scene, people. The way they the way they look. Yes, they're holding. Yes, 
Oh my god, I, I'm not even. It, it, it can't even paint a picture. Like it's just the best. They're like talking real quiet. Like it's this like big secret. And so she says, yeah. And then he just like tugs her away in the hand size difference. It's beautiful. This uh, this scene was a blessing, but then you don't get anything else for four more episodes. <laughs> so it was it was just like the kiss when he returns in 414 where you get this amazing episode mm-hmm. and then nothing. That's what happened here too. Um, the next episode, it's Denim Adam, just so you guys know. We all love Denim Adam. We do. <laughs> um, it also is the scene of Atwater and Ruzek in the car yard. That's exactly like the boys are back from high school yes. musical. Yes. So that is that. That is, is that. a reference that is lost on Gina because she doesn't get the high school musical things, but it's okay. I literally have that, those two photos like put, put together in like oh, a little edit. <laughs> I was like, yes. It's exactly like that scene. Like it really, it, and now I'm like picturing them like doing the yeah. It's so good. It's exactly like it. <laughs> hey, when do we start dancing? <laughs> um, seven seven fed everyone equally. So that was the scene where Jay brings Haley the coffee, and Vanessa's like, "Oh, thanks," and he goes, "Sorry, habit." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, we get it." Like, okay. Then um, there's a shot of Adam just staring at Kim in the bullpen with no explanation. Like, that's it. <laughs> And then that's the scene of the super hot real water undercover on the stairs in the club. Yes. He has his arm around her, and I, we can all appreciate that. So if you're looking to just have like a little, little bit of, yeah, like a little buffet, you go to episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's where we go off the rails, people. <laughs> seven eight starts. Off the bat, we're Berzek in the car, and Kim is telling Adam that he snores. So they just take off. Like, they're like, okay, we've been spending the night together, clearly. He passed out on the couch because they were watching a movie together. So they're best friends. We we know that. But the fact they're, they're married, they're soulmate, they're comfortable. Like, I don't know when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> having sleepovers but they're super happy they're giggling they're just like happy to be together um and then they get a call they work together and they're just like the best team ever but kim gets cut on a fence while chasing a suspect so she has to go to the hospital get stitches while she's there the doctor comes in and she's like oh well you should be more careful because your da 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 is raised and kim's like what and the doctor says, yeah, you're four weeks pregnant. And Kim's like, oh. <laughs> so I guess we can assume that infection could have been four weeks ago. Well, I guess we have to assume that, right? So if infection was four weeks ago, that we can guess that maybe this friendship that's kind of turning into this weird couple space has happened since then. So maybe that's where we can, in our heads, start our Berzek timeline. Yeah. yeah. Restart it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Start there. Um So as soon as she gets back to the bulb, we don't really see her reaction. The doctor drops the bomb and she just kind of sits there in shock. And I think all of us felt that way. (laughs) I mean, you guys, when you guys watched it for the first time, was it when any of you guys expecting this? Um, I was expecting the pregnancy. I wasn't expecting the end where she was like, I canceled the appointment. Cause I remember in the lead up to this, Marina was like, Burgess is going to get some earth shattering news. And we were like, she's pregnant. There's really nothing else it could be (laughs) like. She's pregnant, but it was the end where I was like, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. True. So 
she, as soon as she gets back to the bullpen, Adam literally rushes to her and is like, how'd it go? Are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine. Can we uh, please talk about the worry that he like rushed to her like in a panic when all she got was like a cut on her arm? Oh my God, he, <laughs> he like crosses the entire room. Like, yeah. He rushes over there and he like grabs her arm and she's like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Um, so cute. But then, of course, after gets, getting this news, what do they have to do but go and tell the parents of a young teenager that they were their kid was murdered? Because that's how they treat Berzek on this show. <laughs> They're talking about dead kids. And as they go to on a stakeout after that, they're in the car and Adam is talk showing a picture of his nephew. And he's like, oh, I love that kid, which dad Adam, we all love. And Kim just, bomb, I'm pregnant. And Adam's like, Huh. <laughs> he, he handles this well though he handles this pretty well he handles this people i told you i'm adam adam rizek simp nation captain like he handles this perfectly i think he does this so well and he's like oh so you know i'm taking it all in whatever and he says i know when we were together you said we'd want you wanted kids and she said i do want kids someday and he says right Okay, well, whatever you decide, I'm going to be there. I'll support you. And I mean, what what else could he have done? Yeah. Truly, I think that's the best thing he could have said to her. Yeah, he always says the right thing. He does. His growth, his growth is just so good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they continue looking for a victim's son because it's a in it's like a kid show. This episode, there's a kidnapper who's like has these yet like teenage girls and then gets them pregnant because of course what are you going to do to kim burgess when she finds out she's pregnant but do that <laughs> then have the mom like lose the baby because it's kidnapped by the dad or i guess he's not a baby at this point he's a kid but either way you guys get my point they torture her <laughs> so they find the kidnapper who gets so but he gets shot and they don't know where the boy is. So as he's dying, Kim is screaming at him, just tell us where he is. Don't die. Don't die. Tell us where he is. And Adam comes up behind her and puts his hand on her shoulder and just says, Kim. And immediately she just calms down. Okay, wait, I have a and question here because, okay, so we've we've talked in the past about One Chicago ASMR and how like Jay's calm voice is definitely one of those. Um, I think this counts as well. Anytime Ruzik says darling, also One Chicago ASMR. Do you guys oh, have any... Yeah, what do you guys think is like one Chicago ASMR? Because Brenna asked me once and I drew a big fat blank. I don't, I would not listen to this, but there has been compilations popped up on YouTube where people- Don't say what you're about to say. <laughs> what is it? What is it? It's, <laughs> it's Boy, <laughs> and it's him like, <laughs> I don't even want to know. I know. It's him like in the cage. <laughs> it's like I'm like screaming in the cage. <laughs> like, 30 minutes of like 30 minutes of, like audio. And oh they're all over YouTube. <laughs> oh my god, I have my perfect answer. I know my answer. It's it's Atwater saying cat, calling people a cat. That cat, or oh. that cool cat, or this cat. I love when he says that. That's good. That's a good one. That's really good. I'm, I'm both terrified and intrigued by this YouTube compilation of Boyd yelling for Yeah, I'm like, minutes. part of me wants to go look for it, but like, I don't know. Do I want to? Uh, yeah. I'm glad. It's even like a picture compilation. Oh my God. I'm, I'm glad that my phone is in use right now and I'm not going to grab it and watch YouTube because I might have something on that rhymes with the Schmolympics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
(laughs) (laughs) So um, they end up finding the boy at a campground and when they they're asking these people where this RV is and they tell him and Kim like hits his arm all excited when they find out and it's super cute and they rush into the camper and save the boy together as the king and queen parents that they are super parents. (laughs) Um, at the end of the day, guess, take one guess where Adam finds Kim. Oh, the locker room. Oh, um, and she looks so fab in a pink sweater. Um, he tells her that he doesn't want her to be alone during this. And despite being a strong, independent woman, he wants to be there for her, which he's perfect. She's debating her options and like talking about how she's always wanted to be a mom, but she doesn't know if this is the right time and she's not sure, but she tells him that she canceled the appointment and he sits beside her and he says, okay, all right, it'll be okay. And it's just the reassurance that she needs because she doesn't know what she's doing. And the fact that it's okay is just perfect. Yeah. Just he handles this as well as can be expected. And I remember when all of this aired and people were surprised and I was like, I'm not surprised. This is exactly how Adam, this is exactly how I imagined he would handle it. Like he's, he's stepping up. He's, he's yeah. doing what needs to be done. Yep. I agree. Um, the next episode, they have a moment in the locker room once again. Mm-hmm. And Adam is immediately like, whatever you decide, I'm okay with it. If you want to talk about it, if you don't want to talk about it. And then he grabs her on their shoulders. He says, Hey, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) He could not, but he's such a dork because I just feel like he just wants, well, we'll, as we talk about soon, but like he just, all he knows to do is be there for her. Like he's Mm -hmm. like, that's what I know I'm supposed to do. That's, you know, the role I can play. Yeah. But that's why we love him. Like, that's why, like, the fact that he's just like, I love you. I'm here for you. Like, okay, bye. Like, oh, next perfect. time he sees her, I love you. I'm here for you. If you need me, okay. Like, he's Have just- I made it obvious yet that I'm here for you and I love you? The, the yeah, growth, like, just that like- unconditional love. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just why we love him. Mm-hmm. That's why we love Berzak, too. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in the next episode, Adam stops Kim in the hall in the bullpen to tell her that she left a message for him and she's like, oh, it's not important. We'll talk about it later. And he's like, no, you said it was important on the phone and it'll torture me all day if you don't tell me what it is. Like he's, he's just a little baby people. Like I just, this boy needs, he's a puppy. So he has, she has to tell him and she says she's decided to have the baby and he doesn't get a chance to reply. She walks away, but he looks surprised, not in a bad way, but just surprised that that happened. And then they don't talk again that episode. <laughs> But as the is the typical one. PD way. Yes, yeah. in classic PD fashion. But as also in classic PD fashion, when they come through, they come through just unbelievably strong. So episode 11, 43rd and normal, we come to a diner where Kim is sitting with her sonogram and we can all have a moment in our hearts for our little rice grain baby. Oh, the sonogram grain. scene. Oh, yes. I can't. This scene is so freaking sweet, you guys. I'm so excited we're going to talk about it. He comes in, and the first thing he says is, I like it when you come to my neighborhood. <laughs> so cute. So cute. Oh, and she says, yeah, it's just, 
I don't know. You know, like they're so cute. So then she slides or she's sitting with it and he sits down. He's like, is that? And she's like, yeah. And she slides it across the table and he looks at it and he has the like most baby grin on his face. He is, it's just the happiest scene ever. She looks at him and she's nervous. You can tell at first about his reaction when he smiles, she smiles and the relief, like it's just such a sweet unspoken moment. And he says, everyone always says these things are always just fuzzy clouds and you can't make anything out, but that's definitely our baby. Literally kill, says, killer. It, it hurts so bad. And she says, yeah, I heard the heartbeat today. Oh, they were going to have a baby. Yeah. Rice brain, we miss you. Like, I, know. You guys, I just, I hadn't thought about, like, I never think about, like, how they were going to have a baby. Like, they had, pro- they had bought things, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like, she had, she came out of connect, like, ah, why did this have to happen to us? <laughs> His smile, looking at that sonogram, I will forever have that in my, in, like, in my brain. I, yeah, he was so happy, like, just, like, I think he was just, like, so nervous, but, like, just seeing his bait, like, they, it's been all talk up to then, but the second he saw that sonogram, he fell in love. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. That was his kid with the love of his life, and you could just, he was so happy well, in that and it- moment. And I think too, like, especially because he had just gone through like two seasons of shit, not even on the Berzik front, but like on the personal front, obviously with the Denny stuff in season five and then season six with the Antonio and him going to jail. And so the fact that he finally was just going to be happy, like you said, with the love of his life and the rice grain baby, and then we lose it. I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there. But like, yeah, just seeing him so happy after all this shit that he went through, which is makes my heart happy god i know this was so well like you can watch this episode and just be happy but this one and so in when kim tells kevin she's pregnant his first reaction is it adams <laughs> she says, oh yeah <laughs> so again we're thankful that it's not blair's in our universe yeah yeah um so when kim tells adam that she told kevin he gets all grinny and smiley and says Oh, so we're telling people now because <laughs> he just wants to be a dad. And he, he's and she says that she doesn't want to tell Voight because she's not ready to be on light duty. So I think we're already foreshadowing to the horrible thing that happens. Um, I also noted here about? that I have a Kim and red theory because every time she wears red, we get fed for Burzak. Like their first kiss, she's red. <laughs> The scene at the end of season one where he shows up at the door, she's in red. In this episode, when she shows him the sonogram, she's in red. Like, it's her, her color. Page, she's looks fab. Yes, I'm telling you. I'm on to something here. Now I'm going to okay. pay attention to it in season yeah. nine. Red is the Burzik color. Got it. are on the same page here. We're in, we're have a conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then they are chasing down a suspect and Kim gets him cornered and starts talking him down, which we know that's Kim's strength. We've seen her do that so many times, talk down suspects and be fabulous at it. And it's working. And she's telling everyone, do not approach. I have it under control. And she's, that's how she's gaining trust with this guy. Well, we all know Adam can get a little bit headstrong. He comes storming in and is telling the guy to drop his gun. And obviously he escalates the situation because if Kim is good at de-escalating things, Adam is probably very good at escalating them. So 
he escalates things and ends up shooting the guy. So after that happens, Kim is pissed. She storms out of there. They give their um, information to IAB um, and she's storming off and he stops her and she's just so mad. And she says that she gave him an order and he says that he heard things escalating. So he had the right to come in and protect her. And he, oh my God, you guys, this scene, I just lose my mind. So he's very angry and he says, things are different now. You're pregnant with my kid, my kid, which hello, like, Oh, you are. Um, he says, so when I heard him working you, I did what I had to do to make sure that both of you were okay. And if that pisses you off, I really don't care. God damn. All I've been trying to do is help you. That's all I've been doing since we found out trying to help like this. Oh, I hate this Berzig fight. I hate it. I hate it. So and the foreshadowing for him saying, I just want to keep you guys safe. I just want to help you. And then not. Okay. (laughs) Are you okay over there, Lauren? No, <laughs> I'm like reliving this, the episodes right. I'm not doing well. We're good. This, this is like the only time scene. that Adam's been like an uh, an asshole. Like he was an asshole in this scene, but you oh, know, really? Oh, I disagree. Well, he he went about it wrong. Like I get what he was trying to say, but he didn't go about it that well. Right. I do. I, but I also just think he, I feel like he's feeling what we've been saying as far as like, he's giving a lot and is Mm -hmm. concerned that there's not a lot of reciprocation as far as for his like, yes, Adam, you're going to be a part of this or, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't do a lot of reassuring that we can see. So I do see how he's starting to kind of break at that. Like, all I'm trying to do is help you. Why aren't you, you know, I think I could see that. And if you think about it in like the parallel to 713 and then eight, oh my gosh, I'm going to say the wrong episode, eight, oh no, 815 or 816, where he like barely misses her by like two or three minutes, both times. It's just killer. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Well, and so Kim, I guess, well, so we, you know, we think about Adam's side of the argument and then Kim responds and says, Adam, I don't want your help. And like right there, I'm like, oh, wow, she's, she took off. She really went for it she says i know that you're the father but i'm the one having the baby okay i'm the one who has to change her whole life i'm the one who has to put her career on hold and hope and pray that it's there when i get back do you think that's easy and fun this may not be what you want to hear but we're not together i get to do this part this pregnancy part my way on my terms that's it so Uh, and and that's where we get into burgess being stubborn again because like just like he lets her in all the time. She won't let him in. She's just so standoffish. Like there was a little part of season seven that bugged me a little bit. And especially in this last scene here where it's like the second proposal, like you have down um, when she's just like, well, I guess we're meant to be family. Like I took a tone from that, that she was like, I guess that we're meant to be together. And I guess I just have to settle for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just a little bit frustrating to me in season seven that she was just like, she was still kind of pushing Adam away to a certain degree. This is so interesting for me because this is just totally not the same way I view this. Really? Yeah, I felt the same way about this too when we talked about it. Yeah, well, I think she is being very, I think she's scared out of her mind. And I think, I do agree that she's pushing him away unnecessarily. I absolutely agree with that. But I think the later, so we'll just, you know, get to the, which, so later on when he proposes again, I think that's when it hits her, like she had kind of a break. 
And that's why she says this. Like, of course, that's why I love you. You are a good guy. Like, I think she's. She finally sees it from his perspective that he sees his, like, he's just trying to be there for her. He's trying to support her any way he can, but he's kind of at a loss. And I think to her, it's terrifying. And she's like, I have to change my whole life. I think it's completely valid. I have to change my whole life. I have to deal with the bait. Like, you know, this is no matter what, this is on me. And he's in a position where he's choosing to offer himself to her. But I think she still has the fear of him leaving. And now she has this additional stress with the baby. So I don't blame her for just pushing him away and saying, I, you don't need to be a part of it. And then when he proposes and really puts himself on the line, that's when she's like, oh, you are, you're, you know, I can trust that you really are being genuine with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. It it just, it feels like to get, get that out of Kim for her to say like, I, that's why I love you. It was, it just, it, I feel like it took a lot to get that out of her. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, also Trudy gives Kim the mom cop mug. So just so you guys know, (laughs) yeah, that's such a sweet uh, moment. She also tells her to go with her gut. And so she goes upstairs to tell Voight, um, assumably, or assume oh no he she does tell him because he gives her a hug and it's like oh yeah um and then we go to adam outside her door which there we go again for second doors people um and then like we talked about they get into the second proposal where he says he wants to get married again she's and he says he's trying he just all he wants to do is help he's trying to be a good guy here and she says she knows he's a good guy that's why she loves him and they're not meant to be maybe romantically involved but they're meant to be a family um and he says thank you to her three times afterward because she says exactly what he needs to hear like she's reassuring him that even though they don't know where they are romantically they don't need to know we don't need to hash this out right now we know that we are meant to be a family and we don't need to deal with all this right now this is what it is and so he just has his anxiety resolved from that and they sit there and hold hands and look at the sonogram. And it- it's, oh my God, I love this scene. Um, yeah, I love this scene. And a lot of our listeners were talking about this one too. Like Haley had told us in an email, she said, you know, like obviously her favorite part is the end when she proposes, just like the look on his face. And like he's been wanting her to take him seriously. And like the look on her face is that she actually considered it even for a moment. Um it's just it's a great it's a great moment you know yeah the way the way he just like keeps repeating thank you thank you thank you like it's just it's just what he needed to hear it's just so perfect the whole scene was just beautiful yeah yeah love them i love them i love that scene i do too and like the head on his shoulder and they're looking at the sonogram all sweet and just uh oh my goodness precious yes sweet little Berzek. Um, so the next episode starts with Jay and Adam talking as Kim gets into construction gear and Jay says pregnant and undercover. That's a good name for a reality show. <laughs> Adam responds with, I'm not going to lie with you, man. This whole thing makes me nervous, but she loves her job. She wants to give as much time out here as she can before she has to go on light duty. So here we are. So there you go with all your foreshadowing. Like writers, we get it. Oh, get it. That is, um, this scene makes me so sad. So sad. when Because well, it makes you sad because the next line is, can no. you imagine the stories we'll tell this kid? No. <laughs> I cannot. 
believe they did this to me. Oh, it's so wrong. I literally cannot. Oh, it's just so wrong. Uh, it just it still makes me mad. So it makes me so mad. I I wanted to throw shit after seven thirteen. Wanted to throw shit. Can you believe the stories I will tell this kid? The stories I will tell this kid. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I know. I know. Well, and the fact Jay's excited too. Like mm-hmm. I just all of intelligence. They were going to have an intelligence baby. baby. Yeah, an intelligence baby. Yeah, and like Uncle Kevin, Uncle Jay, Auntie Haley. We were totally cheated out of all of it. Grandma all Trudy. Well, we're actually going to get them back in time. Grandma Trudy. Yeah. So. Do we need to really go into detail on seven thirteen? Seven thirteen didn't happen. Um, so if you are listening to this and have never watched Chicago PD, first of all, wow, this is not the one you want to see. <laughs> you are <laughs> hello. However, so this episode they're chasing um, a, pro- a sex trafficking ring. Kim is working at a nine one one center because she's on light duty. Answers a call from a kidnapping victim. A lot of stuff happens. It's a fantastic episode. But <sighs> in the end, Kim breaks off her light duty to go to a motel where she's tracked down this 911 caller. She gets into the hotel room and the girl is being drowned by the attacker. So Kim and him get into this brutal fight. It's Marina's astounding. Like this whole scene is just incredible um, and ends up being just brutally assaulted ends up in a bathtub. Haley comes in. We get Adam bursting through the door. Um, it's Ugh. it's a gorgeous scene. I mean, everything about it. Um, he, three minutes too late. <sighs> three minutes out. Three minutes she out. could have waited, but she couldn't have. We no, about no. So she, you know, he takes her. In the hospital, we see a little moment just another like nonverbal moment where Adam is like crouched on the ground and Hank comes up and just puts his arm on his shoulder. Oh, killer. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird. Cause I normally don't feel emotions toward Hank boy other than like, <laughs> rage. Yeah. But I really did feel that one. And then the beautiful, I mean, this is, it, this is why I love Burzak is scenes like this, where Adam goes into Kim's hospital room and she's just been told that she's lost the baby. Um, and she's just completely just, broken she's uh, like numb staring you she's not doing anything whatever adam comes in and gets in the bed well he stands beside her for a little bit and says you know i'll be right here kim and then he gets in the bed beside her and just holds her hand and they don't have to talk and they don't have to say anything and it's so powerful oh that moment of i'm still right here like just destroys mm-hmm. me yeah. i was I was thinking about this yesterday and I tweeted about it. I was like, what do you think the ambulance or the ride to the hospital was like between Kim and Adam in 713? That was like your I, tweet. Lauren. That was my <laughs> Go sit in the corner. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about what that scene would have been like. Oh I mean, my God. It was, it was definitely like Kim crying and Adam just staying calm and just being like, you know, we'll get to the hospital. Like, we don't know what it is yet. Just keep thinking good thoughts like his protective nature he would have been like we got you he's like i got you both we're here now like we're good like i was probably trying to like lay in the gurney and hold her and the emt's like sir like you need to back up so we can work on her (laughs) um 
kind of one of something that um one of our listeners said this and it kind of goes off of that um Haley pointed out that it's almost like Ruzik is uh Burgess's kryptonite like she can always hold it together in hard times until she sees him and then she knows she can just break down which is obviously yes. exactly what happened in yes. that scene and so I have I imagine when we're talking about like that ambulance ride like that's what's happening like once he got her out of the bathtub like she knew that it was okay to, to break start down because like Ruzik had her regardless of what happened to the Ugh, baby you know oh my it's god like, this is making me so sad <laughs> goodbye goodbye I physically felt that in my heart like I there was a real pang that just happened <laughs> um yeah I'm physically feeling it right now I'm I like, just <laughs> well that's just like that image and just well, that's all of what this- happens in season two too after the warehouse yeah, yeah. She holds yes. it together as she walks in and everyone's clapping for her until she sees Adam yeah breaks down in his arms oh my gosh like yeah, they this- balance each other because he can get that you know she he is her safe place to express her emotions yeah as she is the one saying bro don't express all that emotion you mm-hmm. you need to get down a bit <laughs> yeah yeah well i love that marina did an interview right after this episode and she was saying that like the way the scene was originally written was that like oh. adam was just supposed to get in the tub with her and wait for help <laughs> and patty was like no that's not what adam would do and that's not what i would do so yep. we're going to fix that. And I, I think it was absolutely the right decision. It was heartbreaking. And talking about it makes me really sad. But like, oh, that, that image though of him like oh, taking it, just, it will oh, always no. be in my head. It'll always be in my brain. And her, oh my God, it's just the best. And the, yep, yep. The pain. Like, wow. and I mean, it, it sparks a deeper discussion that like, I just, I hate when, I hate when shows use pregnancy like this as a, like, a plot device. And then they're just like, oh, they lost the baby moving on. Bye. Right. I hate that. Cause like, I mean, I have no experience with that, but I have friends who have had miscarriages and you know, I, I, I know it's been horrible and traumatic for them and just to gloss over it like that and not give it the, you know, to, to, to use it as a plot device really bothers me. And to like to brush it off afterwards like makes me even angrier like just it the, uh, it irks me when they use pregnancy this way like if you're gonna make a character pregnant see it through do you think on this show like on this specific example because i actually have really liked that they i think they've continued it well where i would agree with you i hate when they do stuff like that just to write it off mm-hmm. but i think they've done a good job of showing the after effects I think in this, I think in this instance, in PD specifically, I think yeah. they've done a good job. I think I hate that they've done it franchise wide, right? Um, yeah. And the like, I fire especially. Like, I really, I hate, I hate yes. how they've handled it franchise wide. I think in PD terms, I think they've handled it okay. But with April I agree. and Gabby, they were just like, eh. Oh, I yeah. completely agree. That's why I asked like to specify because I was like, I think this is the only one where they did it right, mm-hmm. like especially with April. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, and Gab, it's just yeah, those others are bad. Yeah. Um, so and so just I guess just kind of continuing that discussion, like we were talking about, the way that they continue it, the next episode, it starts out with them leaving the hospital and he's carrying her flowers and the makeup department did a great job. She, you know, Marina look, you know, it, it it's yeah. a visceral yeah. scene. Like when you see her, it is you have a reaction to the way she looks because she's so beaten and bruised. Um, and he wants to stay with her and says he'll make her French toast when they get home. And she says that she wants him to go to work. The bad guys aren't taking the day off because I had a miscarriage. So one thing I like too, is that they use the word miscarriage because I think a lot of times shows don't use it. They'll say, well, we lost the baby or, yeah, you know? And so I like that they say that right there. 
it's, um, it's like she said Voldemort like hearing her say it was just like oh yeah yep. just totally. like confirmation and it just nailed the heart mm-hmm. um Adam gets to the district and is telling Rojas that Kim's doing well and Trudy stops him so we can all sob she says that she's so sorry and asks if he's okay and he says you know man plans god laughs <laughs> Oh, and Trudy tells him that if he needs anything to let her know Ugh. throughout the episode other people ask Adam you know how Kim's doing voice ask how Adam is and he says he hasn't processed it he's spent all this time trying to wrap his head around having a kid and now he's trying to wrap his round, head around not having one so once again just another like killer line of yeah. reality um and then Kim talks, comes to the district at the end of the episode. And once again, like this scene just emotionally is really, really strong. And she, um, he tells her there's no rush for her to return. And then she has a lot of relief. Um, all right. So I know it's been a long journey, but people we're going full circle because guess who's back? <laughs> he came out of nowhere. But here Ugh. he is. It still makes no sense to me that Roman comes back and the first person he goes to is Sylvie. 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 And she's what? like, hey, what's up? Long time no see. I was like, what Ew. the fuck? And then of all the people he gets paired with, it's Severide. But what? No. Ugh. That was it a weird crossover. So it was a weird crossover. It made no sense at all. Well, and he has like a weird facial hair situation going on, and it's just uncomfortable. It was not good. Yeah, everything about Roman would, is uncomfortable. And like, why would Severide go along with it? I just, yeah, it just, it, it just is so out of character. Anyways, I'm still just, I can't ever get over the fact that he made a crossover around Roman. like why why? got his own crossover like he comes back and they're giving him a cross like a crossover like what he didn't deserve all the things he gave got and of course and then it's like of course she has this horrible miscarriage and they bring him back to like you really oh so bad i hate that it's i hate that sean is the one who like gets kim to forgive herself like what why do we care about his opinion why does she even care about his opinion like and it's so strange like when he gives the eulogy at the end of the episode i was like it was very intense and angry and like the whole thing i was just maybe it's just because i hate him but (laughs) well if your sister is missing why do you go to the fire department first she's not a cat up a tree she's a human yeah god and also one of my favorite Adam scenes is in the 815 or is in the fire crossover mm-hmm. where Kim is blaming herself. She's like, it's my fault that Roman like didn't come to us first because I we broke up. I haven't talked to him in a few years. And Adam cuts her off fast. He's like, you do not feel guilty. Like he was like Roman and he starts to like slandering Roman and Hank stops him and he's like, Are you finished? <laughs> no, I'm not actually. <laughs> no. But I loved that scene because I was like, you, like, he cuts Kim's guilt off for her, like, spiraling and, like, thinking about, like, feeling guilty. He cuts that off so fast. He's like, you do not think that. Then he starts slandering Roman. I was like, yes, yes, you say that. Why was it not enough to her? Why was it not enough for her to hear it from Adam and she had to hear it from Sean for it to sink in? Is it because Sean is not Adam and she just needed, like, an outside source? Yeah, I think that she always, like, trusts, like, 
like she says late in season eight, you're always giving me the benefit of the doubt. I think she knows that he loves her like so much that he's never going to see things clearly when it comes to her. So when he, when Sean's able to say, especially someone that has been so brutally honest to her detriment, Mm -hmm. I think that's when she's like, Oh, I can release. And also what happened to Sean and his, so his sister freezes to death. And so that's pretty gnarly too. So maybe she's like, okay, you, you know, if you can get through this, you know, Ugh. Jules, you realize in the course of tonight, you've said a pro Upsick thing and a pro Sean Roman thing, right? <gasps> Who am I? It's because we're going down this Burzak hole. I'm starting to, it's just like my happy emotions. The dopamine is like <laughs> her hiding all the anger I have for Upsick specifically. <laughs> we're unraveling. <laughs> oh, man. We can't skip ahead because we have to hit the amazing scene in the locker room with Adam and Kim. Um, Kim comes in and Adam's in his locker and he has the sonogram hanging up. Oh my God. Yeah. I love this scene so much. (laughs) Yeah. I love this scene too. And in this scene, um, Adam is wearing red, I believe. So just saying. Um, (laughs) Red is their color. I'm just saying red is their color. (laughs) Taylor Swift. I heard you. Um, (laughs) So she sees it and she says something about why does he still have it? And he says, he just couldn't get rid of it. But he'd take it down if she wanted him to. Of course. Of course. Of course he would. Um, And she says, you know, no, he can keep it up. And then she kind of pauses and she says that he needs to say what he needs to say and get it off his chest, his feelings and his anger. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he is especially baby Adam in this scene. Mm -hmm. Like he's totally just very being sweet to her and letting her get it off. And he says, I don't blame you. What are you talking about? And this is when she gets real emotional. And she says, I wasn't supposed to see beyond the scene. I wasn't supposed to be at the motel. I wasn't supposed to lose the baby. And he says, you had to be, you saved her life. What do you, I don't know what you want me to say. And she says, I want you to be angry with me as angry with me as I am. And there's just this silence. And he says, I can't do that. And then she like, it she makes me want to cry. It's that's oh, it's power. Oh man! Anytime Adam says something under his breath, it's just oh my god, like it's killer. Yeah, and it's just like oh. What pisses me off too is that they put in that line where they were like, "Oh, that girl." Like we called the mom, and that girl ran away again, or that girl disappeared, and so it was like all for nothing. Mm-hmm. I know. Girl, he saved that girl. Why? What was the point? Oh, I hate that line so much. It's, what was the point? Yeah. To break us. To break us. Season seven is a lot of like breakable moments. And that's the truth. It's such a good season. It's like they're trying to make up for seasons five and six and be like, sorry, this was so shitty. Now we're just going to make you cry for a different reason. (laughs) I believe I agree because so in that episode, we get that really emotional scene. And then the next episode at the very end, Kim pulls Adam out of the locker room to give him hockey tickets. And she's really nervous. I think she doesn't really know how to pursue him. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's been like simping after her. So she says, um, oh, you're going to, we're actually, I think you guys have to just hear it for yourself. You just got to hear it. Yeah. From when I was pregnant to when I wasn't, you've been there for me and I appreciate it. I feel like you've been with me this whole way. weird I got you tickets thank you yeah 
still with you. So then the parallel to where when he mutters, I'm still with you. And then from when in 713, when he's in the hospital bed and says, I'll be right here, Kim. Like, how do we survive? Don't how speak do we survive? Literally don't speak to me. <laughs> so it's unbelievable. Writing it down. I was just like, I can't believe this has all happened to us. We're survivors. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're bursting <basically> survivors. <laughs> that's amazing oh man it just I'm still with you it's just beautiful and just like how like he can't bring himself to say it to her but like he knows he feels it oh my goodness yeah well so the next episode they don't get really get any big Berzik scenes but they are partners and I think they're fab partners together Mm -hmm. um because this was during the prime remember so it was Rowater Berzik and Upstead partnered up beautiful beautiful Um, And we also got the iconic line in this one from Haley Upton where she turns to Kevin and Adam in the back of the van and says, stay warm, kittens. (laughs) That happens. Um, 718, one of my favorite underrated Berzik moments. Adam comes in from this big drug buy where they've had a ton of undercovers out there buying um, dressed like homeless, I guess, or very dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, So Adam comes in to turn in the money that he's gotten or used for the buy and he gives it to Kim and she says, you look lovely. And he kind of (laughs) smirks and he says, I try. And so so annoying. I think this is when we are finally healing. So I, I, don't, I don't know my Berzik theory and like what we've talked, like what Lauren and I were talking about with season eight is the fact that like in season one and two, we have them flirting and having crushes on each other. And, you know, like they're feeling it out and they're feeling this new spark and falling in love and whatever. And then they lose the trust in one another in few seasons three to six, you know, we're building up Adam trying to mature and show her that he cares her trying to get over her trust issues with them and maybe with abandonment in general, um, maybe with her own self-esteem. So we get all the way up to season seven where they're kind of starting to rekindle things and she needs something to show her that she can trust him again. And when she loses the baby and he shows up for her in this way, we're getting back into the season one and two Berzik again. She's finally really trusting him and getting a crush on him. And we're getting these cute flirty scenes that we have and just the happiness that we used to have with them. That that's the reason we all fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So true. Oh, so the next episode is an Adam episode season 19. Uh, or God, who is, who am I? Episode 19. um, Kim is trying to get Adam to go out to eat with her. They're leaving the district. So here we have Kim's totally, you know, pursuing him like multiple times. She's like, let's just go out. He's like, I'm not hungry. And she's like, well, you can get a beer and watch me eat. You know, like she just wants to spend time with him and he keeps resisting. So finally she kind of puts pieces together that he has a date. Um, And it's like a physically uncomfortable moment. (laughs) Um, And she's like, okay, we'll have fun. And he's like, yeah. Um, so he goes then to a dive bar and he's flirting with the bartender, clearly drinking, you know, telling her not to tempt him. It's clear that he's a regular, that he's been there a lot. So we can kind of read in between the lines there. Um, but then they're going to go home together. So he goes outside to wait for her. And while he's out there, he witnesses a kidnapping, um, and gets into a car accident in that pursuit. Um, he has like a little cut on his head. It wasn't really anything. It looked like a really horrible accident, but he comes out pretty unscathed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's 
we get to the bullpen and Kim is walking in and he's doing something and she like touches his arm and says, are you okay? All nervous. And immediately he's so weak and he's like grabbing his head and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> he like milks it. Yeah. He totally milks it because it's never the other way around. No. So she's all relieved too. You can tell she like puts her hand on her head. Like she's so relieved too. Um, They're so dramatic. Um, (laughs) I remember thinking that like the setup for this episode was so weird because he was at a bar and I'm like, he is kind of drunk and just got into a car. Like, I just remember thinking that setup for this episode was really odd. Yeah. Then I don't know that they, I think they, I don't even know that they really hit on that. Because they think they commandeered someone's car. Yeah. 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 And like, they never really touched on the fact, like, you've been drinking. Hmm. I think Hank said, mentioned something where he was like, you, yeah, he like mentioned how he was drinking and he was like, you have to, I don't know if he told him to leave it out or if he was just like, don't mention anything. Yeah. I think they mm -hmm. said something about it, but I, I think it could have been more. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess he was pursuing a kidnapping. Yeah. Like. Okay, we you get the pass. It's not like you're just doing on a hunch or something. Yeah. Um. So while they're investigating the scene, they have to go to that bar. So awkward. Um. Adam has to talk to the bartender <laughs> that he was hooking up with, <laughs> and Kim is just like standing there, and you know she knows, but she's a queen, so she handles it well. Um. Adam goes back to look at the cameras, and. Kim says that she should give him a break and she says I just like to know who I'm sleeping with because the bartender didn't know that Adam was a cop Kim says technically he didn't lie just left out from some details and she says yeah some important details and then she says truth is it doesn't really matter he's just hung up on his ex it's all he talked about awkward when I died I think it's just so like I don't know why is that romantic to me that he's just so hung up on her that even with other women he's talking about her. Talking like, about her. And I was like, yeah. I was oh, like, man. why would you just go hang out with Kim? It's fine. He's so subconsciously in love with her that even when he's drunk, it's all he wants to talk about. Obviously. Oh, yeah. oh drunk Adam must be a trip. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Yeah. So let me so, tell you what Burgess did the other night. Adam, you're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so they go in and watch the footage, and it's just like a really good shot of them sitting at the cameras. I just really like that scene. Um, and then they go, they're in the Jeep later, and Kim says, just so you know, the woman at the bar told me you were sleeping with her. And it, it's not a spiteful thing. I think it was pretty, like, just so we're on the same page. So it's not uncomfortable between us. Like, you're wondering if I know. I'm wondering if you know that I know. You know, one of those things. So she's just, like, clearing the air. He says, yeah, well, we were. We are. And then they, like, don't talk more about it. But so we're in this kind of uncomfortable thing where it's, like, they're okay with it. But obviously, it's, like, we both know we'd prefer to be with each other. So it's just kind of this strange limbo. Um, and at the end of the episode, they're in the locker room and Adam comes up and they are both standing with their backs to the lockers. And he says, what do you think? You want to go get some dinner? And she says, no, you don't have to do that, Adam. And he says, no, I want to do that. I'd like to, please. I got to tell you, I've been trying to have some fun, get my mind off of things, but I can't seem to do that. It's like everything that I think will make me happy just ends up kind of making me sad, you know? But I think that going to dinner with you, that would make me smile. And she just kind of smiles. And it's like a very genuine moment. And she says, yeah, that would make me smile too. 
I love them so much. The way I'm just grinning right now. I know. I'm like, 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 they're so sweet. And just the fact that they can, like, like how we were talking about, this is the one time that they're doing this well, where they're, we're discussing their loss and like by saying like, nothing's making me happy. I can't get my mind off of this thing that happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad later they mentioned trauma bonding, but like, I think this is just a good I don't know. I love this moment. The fact that they're actually communicating. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah this is the change for Burzak. She's opened up to him now and they can communicate finally. Yeah. Um, and one of our listeners, Mariana, said that this was their favorite um, episode and wanted to discuss some of their favorite moments from this episode. So we'll just take a listen to that audio too real quick. Hey guys, my name is Mariana and my pronouns are they, them. And... I mean, I really wanted to send in my audio for this Bursek episode because I just love Bursek. And I'm going to keep it short because I don't want to have a full breakdown. I could totally do that, but I don't want to do that. Um, and I wanted to talk about uh, one of my personal favorite episodes, and it is 719. Um, just love the episode. The Bursek breadcrumbs are everything in this episode and the locker room scene just the sherry on top of everything perfect and i think the reason why i love this episode so much is because after everything that bruce went through in season seven this was kind of like a turning point for them and i really like that i really like how it played out how at the beginning it was kind of kim trying to reach out after she had been pushing adam away episodes earlier and then at the end of the episode Adam kind of realized it, realizes that he wants to be with Kim and that's what's going to make him happy. And so you get the locker room scene, which is just perfect. I mean, him being like, but I think that's going to be with you. I think that'll make me smile. And then she's like, yeah, that'll make me smile too. And they are the cutest things. Or I just, I, <laughs> I love them so much. That scene is everything. I love them. And I love how this is the point where they just realize that the only way they're gonna truly get through this is like being with each other and leaning on each other and it's just a turning point into them becoming the all married couple they were in season eight and i just think that episode is perfect it's absolutely perfect and i just love it so much and i think that's all the wrong thing i'm gonna do for today (laughs) Thanks for letting me be a part of this. And yeah, bye. Mariana is one of our OG. We love her or we love them. Yeah. They have been around the block. They're an OG Berzek stan, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, now we're hopping back into season eight. So stretch. Yep. the home stretch and the. It, I mean, I think we are getting into season nine will be Berserk Nation. You guys like we are finally getting there. So we start out in episode um, one and it was unbelievable to me. So have any of I haven't watched any of it like full with eight yet because I was watching it live. So the jump from seven to eight with the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement, the way that the show changed was noticeable. It was crazy. 
to me in a great way. Like, I think it's very much more um, realistic. Like it felt way more personal Mm -hmm. because it was way more realistic, but it was weird to see if you have watched like season seven to season eight, it was just strange. Yeah. I think they did a really good job. I think, uh, you know, expectations were pretty high and, and, and they delivered, I think they did a pretty good job. I couldn't agree more. Leroy's Hawkins demolished. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. As he always does. Always. Um, Always. So in the first episode, as they're canvassing, you know, they're facing a lot of resistance from the people, understandably. Um, And Adam gets a bottle thrown at him. And we all know the boy's first action. So like I talked about, they balance each other. Adam's first response is to go after him. You know, he threw a bottle at a police officer. And Kim just stops him and says, it's not worth it. We're not risking my career over a beer bottle. Let it go. And as always, he listens to her because yin and yang and calms down and they're able to walk away. The maturity oh. on these two. Yes, finally, right? <laughs> uh, episode two, we had that awesome scene where they're chasing a suspect. And while Adam is chasing him around a corner, the patrol isn't rolling and he gets shot. Um, he takes it in the vest, but Kim is flipping her lid. The so way she, she screams Adam. she is losing it she gets to him and is like clawing at his shirt to see where the bullet is um it turns out that it just got him in the vest so he's just like really badly bruised and he's trying to tell her that she's like no you don't know that you don't know that like she's totally freaking out and then like i know all of us crazy people on twitter were watching like the way that he had like grabbed her arm yeah He's subconsciously comforting her at the same time as he's the one that's been shot. Um, And it, you know, it kind of continues later because Kevin, they get back to the station and Kevin is confronting another officer about not rolling on patrol. And as they're kind of scuffling, Adam rushes in and tries to stop Kevin and Kevin doesn't know who it is. So he elbows um, Adam right where he had been injured, of course. So Adam's just like kind of winded and Kim immediately runs over there. And she's like, it's just us. It just says, and then she has her hand on Adam's back and she's like, are you okay? So we're getting this whole another side now, you know, it's, it, I just love how tides have turned for them where she's showing all these little signs of, you know, returning what he's been doing for her for the last few seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. The, the banter between them when he gets shot is pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, it's not bad. Shut up. You don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> They're each um, other's person and it's just so, finally starting to like come to a point. And this is like, this is like planting seeds of like the Adam and Kevin issues throughout the season, which like, I don't, totally. it makes me so sad. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something that just totally takes off is in the next episode is episode three tinder age so um this beginning scene is absolutely phenomenal like the best ever um adam and kim are getting their morning coffee at a little um like <laughs> bodega coffee hut thing and adam is talking about how he's gonna buy a boat and it they drop the price fight to f- down 5k so they're ready to buy their boat and <laughs> totally eating it up like they are so happy and comfortable the banter is great they get in the car and he's like you know it's like us you and I we don't date yet somehow we've become my gammy and papa and she says you still call them that and he says well it is their name 
so <laughs> domestic. Yeah, they're so oh. domestic. And he says, "We go to the same diner every morning. We go to work. We go to the same bar. We do nothing new. We go nowhere new. We meet nobody. Date nobody." And she goes, "We have no boat." <laughs> And he says, see, exactly. This is what I'm talking about. You're even finishing my thoughts here. Uh, they just They're so married. They're married. Yeah. Just <laughs> they got married. They just didn't tell us. Yeah. Oh, this is also this is also the scene that starts when he's talking about the beard stuff, right? And she like just like t- like she just like strokes his beard. Is that the scene? No, I'm telling you, that's why they're so in love. That's even a different scene. Like oh they goodness. are just amazing together. <laughs> Season eight was pretty good for Birdie, oh, minus the finale. You guys have no idea how happy I was when you guys said I could do season seven and eight. I was like, oh sure. <laughs> seven and eight, uh, no prob. <laughs> it's because you were smart. You artfully dodged five and six. You were. Like, I did. I really took. I took a turn on that one. Thank you, Lauren, my co-host. You really <laughs> held up the pod for us on that one. Lauren took one for the team. I'm yes. like, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is where they find Michaela. Um, they are bringing her home and Adam says my favorite line soft door don't wake her up when Kim's getting out of the car I just think it's so cute um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hashtag hashtag dadum dadum oh, <laughs> literally Adam's the best dad in the world I can't yeah lose my mind you guys dadum 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 exclamation I, mark I yeah. just put to like the the whole whole scene with her in Michaela's room or I guess they're at Kim's but Michaela's staying over there and they have all the stuffed animals and Adam's like introducing them all and Kim's just watching him and I just like they're they're just meant to be parents like when Kim was saying we're meant to be a family this is the dynamic this is the comfort this is the you know like they just complete each other the way she was smiling at him during that scene when he was playing with stuffed animals, like with the cutest little grin on her face, like she was just. Oh, I, I love this scene. I- like she was just like picturing what their family would look like. I want death. And like <laughs> the the platypus, and then like he just really tries his best with kids. He just tries his best. Like he's just like, okay, so what am I looking at? What is this? But like he tries. It's just it's so perfect. It's so good. And then how they both fell asleep at the foot of the bed, which you know was uncomfortable AF, but they still didn't move. Uh, oh and and like i just think too how long were they sitting there like whispering talking as she was like asleep before they fell asleep oh my goodness and then they end up um sending michaela to live with her cousin and at the end it's another locker room scene adam comes in um and sees kim and asks you know how she's doing and she says, just thinking about when we got pregnant. And this is the first time that she says something like this. So we've heard Adam from the beginning with the sonogram, our baby, this is our baby. This is, you know, and this is the first time that she's saying when we got pregnant and from here on out, she says things like that, our baby, our mm-hmm. pregnancy. So we can see these changes in her now where she's really tr- starting to trust and accept Adam. Like she's admitted her love for him now at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Um, she says that, you know, she's always wanted to be a cop and she's good at it, but you know, she's always wanted to be a mom as well. And she doesn't know if she can do both. Like, how can she be a mom and a cop? And he's so confident. Like he does not even question it. He's just like, you would have done both. You would have been good at both. 
And she says, you're always giving me the benefit of the doubt, but she has the biggest smile on her face. Cause it's like, this is when she's really realizing that he does always have, you know, he's just always going to believe in her. And he says, no, I don't. I know you. <laughs> it's just so cute. Oh, it's so good. And, and yeah, I know you like, whether you like it or not, Kim, like, uh, yeah, he's like, I, I, I don't need to give you the benefit of the doubt because I know who you right. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the more we're talking about this, the more we're getting into season eight, the more I'm like, oh man, like Kim really, Kim, Kim had a lot of growth between seven and eight. All right. I see it. I see it now. Yeah, It's interesting to actually like go, you know, go through it like this. Yeah. You learn a lot. You realize a lot more than you think. Totally. Yeah. You knew, but you like, even when you watch the scenes a hundred times, you're like, oh yeah, I watch the scenes, but like actually putting it all together like this. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And hearing it all in order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nothing happens in 804, but 805 just takes a slugger. I mean, wow. So this is the I the most, I mean, gut punch. The opening scene to this episode of Chicago PD broke <laughs> broke my Twitter timeline because Marina posted the promo photo of Adam and Kim cuddling on a couch. Oh, so, my, oh god, my god, that oh. photo. yeah we're all like the photo (laughs) that photo was wild so that opening scene is just amazing so they're getting back to kim's apartment after a night of drinking they're talking about how they go there every night um talking about what beer adam had last night so it's like insinuated that he's been like staying over Mm -hmm. um they go to get on the couch she lays down he puts his legs on top of her so on his so comfortably they're going to finish the movie that they started last night. So once again, another insinuation that they've been staying the night together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam goes to set his beer on the table and like the dummy that we know and love, it immediately drops on the floor. Um, he spills all his beer. Kim goes, clean it up. He just starts laughing or he like pats it off and then just is like, it was an ugly rug. Anyway, my rug would have much, much better in here. And she's like, you would never have put your rug in here with my decor. And he's like, oh, yes, I would have. And it's just a cute little domestic scene and kind of call back to season seven or last season when they're talking about moving in together. Domestic Berzik is my favorite Berzik. Oh, totally. Yeah, I agree. I could listen to a full episode of them bickering about like the rug and be totally fine with it. Yes. (laughs) I I just heard him coming back from the hospital and he had moved his rug into her apartment. She's like, are you kidding me right now? Right. He's like, I told you it looked good. Right. Oh, I love that's another fan fiction I need. I need like a Berzik AU where they go on house hunters or something. Like <laughs> I'd be here for it. Gosh, I love it. Um, and so as you know, she starts to pat it up and he pulls her up to him and just says, Oh no, I'm too comfortable. And she's like, So, you know, you're not even gonna pretend to clean it up, and he's giggling and they're just so happy. Um and as they're kind of cuddling, she says he smells like O'Malley's and she, he says, so do you, you smell like whiskey and smoke <laughs> and winter. I like it. 
it's just so cute. And she says, I like it too. And they kiss. And it's the first time we've seen them kiss in a while. Mm-hmm. And she says, we know better than this, don't we? And he says, do we? And she just doesn't even care at this point. And so she doesn't even try to resist it. And, you know, it's a cute scene. And then it just flashes forward to the next morning. That's when we get the best face squish moment when she he tells her that he has tried new beer, beard oil. <laughs> And it has made his beard softer. So we are really happy that Adam is taking care of his personal hygiene (laughs) and using beard oil. And she squishes his face to feel the beard. And then she's like, no, you're ridiculous. And he's like, oh, no, it is good. And they're just cute and bickering back and forth. His little smile when she, like, squishes his face. He totally leans into it. He, like, leans his whole body up to try and get her. (laughs) Like, it's just so cute. (laughs) It's so cute. It's so cute. I got to say, I'm not, I'm, I don't consider myself a beard girl at all, but it works on Ruzik. Tough. Yes. yes. It really totally. does. Ugh. Like to the uh, point that when, like when Patty shaves over hiatus, I'm like, eh, like, okay. Oh no, the beard is everything. Yeah, it really is though. <laughs> um, so as they're walking to Adam's car, he says, so what is this? You know, they're sleeping together every six months. He's so you know I don't know what the timeline is at this point people and Adam just suggests that they sleep together every night and call it dating (laughs) he says so now the tune has changed so we know that in the past when Adam has brought up dating Kim has said oh it's a bad idea it's a bad idea it's a bad idea now she says no you know what I want now I want marriages in the bad banquet hall and babies the whole thing and he's like well I could you know, I could do that. And then they get called to a call. Of course. Of course. Of course. Like they, it's a beautiful they needed to have the whole conversation. She was yeah. like, he was like, he's like, I want that. She's like, and then she's like, no, no, you don't. don't. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> he just told you yes, that he, he does. does. Yeah, I know. Girl, my girl, come on. Ugh. So while they're looking for suspects, which this episode is so good. It's about um, like, runaway kids who are like were prostituting and then started robbing their johns it's a really good episode so if you guys need an episode to watch it's really good but (laughs) um while they're looking for the suspects they run into Michaela with a dcs worker and Michaela just books it to kim and gives her a big hug and kim is really nervous and is asking a lot of questions about like why is Michaela here what's going on and the worker won't tell her anything for confidentiality and so adam tells her hey there's lots of reasons she could be here like adam just immediately kind of tries to reassure her um later um as they're leaving this dish the district one of my favorite scenes happens um, she tells him that the case reminds them of the one they had when they lost the baby mm-hmm. with all the young yeah. kids. And she says, asks if he thinks that's why they're closer now. That's why they want to be together all the time and act like a couple. And he says, of course it is. And she says, that's not real. And he stops her. He says, Kim, hold on. You and I, we've always been us. Then we were going to have a baby. So we fell in love with something together. Then we lost something together. I mean, sometimes trauma just brings people together. Why is that not real? I can't stand how Kim is like, oh, like what we have is not real. Are you kidding? Have you not been paying attention for the past like season and a half after you lost the baby and he hasn't left your side? How can you say that that's not real? I think 
Yeah, it's frustrating, but then I think it also just makes the scenes later on so much more meaningful and just like because she finally I don't know I get her I get her side too Mm -hmm. totally yeah and he but he is totally saying the right all the right things I agree but I also think especially I think she has this fear that now that he's saying that she's thinking I don't think she's thinking that it's not real I think she's thinking oh we're all we're just responding to the loss of our baby and it'll die out yeah. You know, like, but obviously we all know, like, hello, people, like, this man is just head over heels for you. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that's her concern at this point is like, we're just, this is gonna, this is just a fling right now because it's it gonna end when this is over or whatever. And they need, she needs to just take a step back. Yeah. Um, Kim is arguing with someone downstairs at the station in this, in one part. And she goes upstairs afterwards. So Adam's not anything to do with it. He, she comes upstairs and immediately he goes up there and he's like, what's going on? Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is also that we really got fed Burzak. This is a Burzak episode, like not a Kim episode, not an Adam episode. This is a Burzak episode. It really but is. This is also the one where they're walking up to the dead body and Adam takes off his jacket and puts it on, on her. So uh, unexpected and Twitter broke. Oh, I, I was delusional. Oh yeah. No, Twitter broke. And when it comes up on my Tumblr timeline, I just kind of stay on it and I'm just like mesmerized. I'm like, this is so wonderful. It always makes me laugh because people are trying to like crop the dead body out. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so sweet though. It's so natural. Yeah. Yeah. Totally natural, instinctual. And like, he probably wasn't even thinking about it. He was just like, oh, let me just put it on. Yeah, they don't even second guess it. No. Um, later they're at the district and Kim gets a phone call and I think it was from someone. I think it's from Michaela's cousin, mm-hmm. but she exchanges a look with Adam and like they do not speak and it's literally a scene where it's not a scene. I guess it's a little dramatic, but it's an entire exchange where there's no word spoken. Like she just looks at him and it's a and it, camera pans back to him and he's looking at her. It goes back to her and then it goes back to him and you know that like she's. Like he knows that she's leaving to deal with something that she got a phone call for and he's going to cover for her. They have that whole conversation non-verbally and we just watch it happen. Love it. I love the non-verbal communication. That's what this show is really especially good at, I think, is non-verbal because the actors are so good. Yeah. I mean, these two especially. Yes. Um, Kim also tells Kevin then that she hadn't even told Adam, but a few months after she lost the baby, she contacted the mother of the girl she saved from the motel and that she had already run away. Um, and so that's why she's talking about wanting to save Michaela and adopt Michaela because that girl, you know, was returned back to her home and then lost her again. So is is Kim being crazy to do this? You know, she's really second guessing. Um, But she goes out to talk to Adam and he just immediately is like, oh, where are we going for dinner? But I'm going to turn off the radio as a strike to make you talk to me. He says, (laughs) (laughs) and she tells him that she wants to take in Michaela and, you know, they go back and forth and he has a lot of questions and it's handled pretty well. Um, And he says, you know, we can't replace what we lost. And she says, I'm not trying to. And he says, I know this. Or, and then she says, I know this might change what we have, you know, what we can have. And he says, Kim, that's not why I'm saying any of this. It's just not, I'm always going to be in your life. That's not going to change. I'm a little worried that this is just a reaction that you can't stand the idea of another kid getting lost. 
Tattoo that line on Kim's forehead. I'm always going to be in your life. That's not going to change. Just like put it above Kim's door frame, like maybe on her bathroom mirror, like everywhere where she can see it. Like Adam is not going anywhere. This is not season three anymore. Yeah, he said it. He did. Um, and then the episode ends with Kim going to pick up Michaela and it's a like, oh my God, we, this isn't going to be, I can't get on a tangent, but we love them. Um, mom yeah. Mom Kim is where it's supposed to be. Like, and she's and, and so good. With did you guys, did you guys feel the same way? Like at the end of this episode, you were like, oh, sh like shit just really changed. Between yes. Them. Like, yeah, shit just changed. Yeah. I think a lot of people were like, oh, she picked Michaela over Adam. That was like a lot of like the discussion, which I didn't see it like that, but I think that, yeah. Yeah. I think they kind of painted it like that was what was going to happen, but then. Yeah. I definitely think they painted it as like, that's what's going to happen, but they didn't go exactly there. So it was fine. Mm -hmm. Um but even now that we're talking about it, I mean, like, I remember being really mad at Kim at that scene. Like, I didn't like the way she handled it. But now I don't feel as bad, you know, like, with a little bit more perspective on it and, like, kind of how the rest of season eight goes. Like, I'm not as mad at her as I was back when we originally, you know, talked about this. Well, this is kind of like how it was when she lost the baby. It was kind of a catch-22, right? It was either, you know, save the girl, keep the baby, or other way around. And this situation, it's, okay, well let Michaela go into the system, keep Adam or keep Adam and save Michaela. Yeah. 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 Um, so going into episode seven, it is a Adam episode and it's a really rough Adam episode, <laughs> a sad boy episode. And he's a little wild in this one. Um, these episodes the on the tail end of season eight though, like these Adam episodes especially are so good. Oh, he's incredible. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, they're they're almost hard to watch because you feel so for, you feel so much for yeah. him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. acting is insane. He's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. Um, they're in a van, Kim and Kevin, and they're talking about Michaela and just how things are going. And he asks, Have you thought about wrapping Ruse into this? And she says, Yeah, I have. So, you know, there's that. Mm -hmm. Um um they you know fight in this episode a lot <laughs> he is um kind of uh what's reckless well we know adam is reckless that's just his character but especially when it involves like people that he knows and this is involving like one of his friends that is using it's a crazy episode um but Kim is trying to like kind of navigate how to help him in this one because she's you she's trying to give him advice, but he's really just um, high strung, frustrated, like out of in over his depth, which it was a hard situation. Mm -hmm. But um, he says to her, if this is too messy for you, look away, please, because I will sleep just fine tonight. And then he's walking away and she's still trying. He turns around and grabs her shoulders and like looks in her eyes to be like, I will be fine. And like, and, and so she trusts him and then it um, ends up not going well because Adam ends up shooting someone, but his friend gets killed and it's just a big old mess in this episode. So not a lot of like Berzek, like they work together a lot, but um, it was just more like 
sad. <laughs> the way this back end of season eight is structured, like I just feel so bad for Adam because it's like one thing after the other, right? Like he loses mm-hmm. his friend, then he loses his dad and he loses Atwater at a certain point. It's And then in the season finale, it's his worst nightmare because he, he's like on the verge of losing losing Burgess. Like it just, the, the whole, the way this back half is structured, it was brilliant. That's yeah. what I'm telling you. Yeah. I just love Adam Ruzek, people. Like, <laughs> have you seen on our on our T Public store? We have the Adam Ruzek Defense Squad shirt. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. I so yes. Cute. I I love him. I, yeah. I think we all four need it. And like <laughs> the next con, we just need to wear it together. Yes. <laughs> we'll be like FBI. Yeah. That'd be great. Or like FBI. Yeah. Just take like a Charlie's Angels like <laughs> FBI pose picture and be like, we got this. I love that. <laughs> to get one for marina because kim would be the head of the adam ruzic she would yeah she needs one she needs one (laughs) um but so speaking of adam ruzic defense squad it's too much to try and get into the details of episode 10 it's the one with um disco bob so anytime disco bob makes an appearance i feel like we know it's not going to be a good thing um but it's just this is just a mess. So at the beginning, they're joking about how Disco Bob has remembered all of Adam's baseball stats. And Kim and Jay are like totally feeding into it, saying that they're going to start taking stats of like how many Coney dogs and beers Adam's had and whatever. <laughs> it's really cute. It's like old PD. It's sweet. Um, and then they're driving in the Jeep and they decide to go get pizza for dinner. And they're going to go pick Michaela up and eat pizza like the family that they are. Um but they have to swing by Adam's dad's house because he's retiring and Voight has given him like a bottle of alcohol for Adam to give to his dad. So they swing by Adam's going to rent it in. And he's like, you know, why don't you just come in? It'll make him happy to see you. So as they get out, Kim says, have you told him about, and he says, all the times you broke my heart. No, you're good. <laughs> oh, this episode is genius. This like, this is my favorite episode of season eight. And I realized that that's like a hot take because of protect and serve, but this is my favorite episode of season eight. The, when he mentioned, he was like, oh, we'll go and pick up Michaela and then go. I was like, that's just like a natural thing for them. Just yeah. to like continue. Like, uh, yeah, like they do this every night. Yeah. We'll just go swing by and get Michaela. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that Adam, it's fine. That Adam. Um, and then she says, protecting me from the wrath. And he, this is like, this line has sent me spiraling. He says, no, I just figured if he was ever forced to make a choice, he'd pick you over me. I mean, that's the choice I would make. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. He's been new, but he's insane. I love him. <laughs> and then when he walks in his dad's house too, he says, I'm coming in with the girl, like the girl, like <laughs> a girl. know who that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, episode is rough here, people. Uh, it's a hard one for Adam. Later on, Kim follows him, and when he comes out, she said he says, "Are you following me now?" And she's like, "Yeah, I am. I'm worried about you." Um, and the honesty here is really power. Like, I think really, really important because she admits to him immediately, "Yes, I'm following you. I'm worried about you. I don't know what you're doing." And he immediately is honest with her and says exactly what he's doing tells her what's going on I mean that's huge for them so mm-hmm. the honesty here is really big and he says I thought I knew what was going on but I don't and she says hey, okay hey we'll figure it out and she like has her hands on his chest like they're gonna do it together um <sighs> teamwork makes the dream work mm-hmm. yes it's just yes so then if you stop the episode here it's a great episode <laughs> no, so so um basically long story short dad is 
into um, like gambling. He has gotten money from a drug lord. He can't pay it back. He got kidnapped to get the name of a stitch because he's a cop. Well, he souls out Adam to save himself saying Adam can get the information. So Adam is just heartbroken. Like he knows that the name Ruzik is stained for life. He tells Voight. Um, obviously his dad has let him down, you know, it's, it's rough. So, um, they don't, you know, he doesn't necessarily want to go catch this guy who kidnapped his dad because he, then it will all come out about everything that his dad has been involved in. So he's, you know, asking Voight not to go after it, just let it go. Voight won't do it. Shocker. Um, as they're driving to the scene to go arrest him, he's telling Kim, like, his dad was right. Everyone else would be good, bet- better off if this guy just disappeared. I don't know why we let so much stuff go and this one's the one we chased down. You know, he's very upset. So they're going to arrest this guy. Adam goes around the back of the house. Kim stays at the front and all of a sudden there's gunshots. So Kim goes running around the back of the house to find Adam standing there over Burla or Barella, who's the bad guy, and he's shot dead in the back, laying flat on the ground. And the first thing she says is, what did you do? Uh, There's a million things she could have said in that scene. And the first thing she says is, what did you do? Like, ugh. Mm -hmm. It just, uh, I feel like this episode undoes a lot of progress. It it definitely did, but I only temporarily, temporarily, because obviously they make that back up by the end, but yeah, it definitely undoes some progress temporarily. Totally. But I also think like he really set her up for that one. Like as I was watching it, knowing what happened when they're in the Jeep, he's literally saying this guy will be better off dead. Like I, I'm always team Adam. And so I do, I don't like, you know, Kim did not handle that right. But the, he was literally saying like. I'm going to, you know, like if, if, if she could have been more set up for that response, I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, true. And like, how did she not, like, I, I, I just, it's weird to me how she like took that to heart and she was just like really worried and like, you know, that's just Adam talking. Like she should know that by now. Yeah. Yeah. But this was also like his dad. I don't know if it's just more of a, like, I don't know, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I look um, at this. I look at this scene, I'm just like, I feel like Kim is looking at this all in the perspective through being a mom now. Like, everything that she does and everything that she, like, all her choices are, can reflect back on Michaela and keeping Michaela. So I feel like she, I don't know. I feel like it's just like a different perspective now than just trusting him. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't help, like, he doesn't do anything to help her. Like he kind of, because he's so hurt by that, he allows her to think it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So like that doesn't help either because I think if he would have immediately said what happened, maybe she would have changed her response, but because it was more of like a awkward, he's so upset that he's not even going to say anything. She was just led to believe like continue that thought process that he had done it until they see the um, video of the shoot. And it's literally exactly as Adam described. And Kim is so guilty. Like Marina's face, it looks so guilty. They, she will not make eye contact with him. He's trying to look at her as he walks around. Like there's a whole scene where he's walking by where he's been proven right. And she won't look at him, which we all know we've had a whole episode tonight about them looking at each other. (laughs) And so we know she's guilty. Um, 
And then that night we get another doorway scene where Kim has shown up at Adam's apartment and he's drinking. Um, he had, had gone to his dad's retirement party where people were like, you want to be the cop just like your dad. And it's clearly very upsetting to him. Um, especially the fact that he was supposed to be a dad, then just lost his baby. I mean, it, it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she shows up at his apartment and wants to talk and she's really weird here. Like it, it felt very like out of character, but she's also not used to him being mad at her. It doesn't happen, you know? So she's in, this is a great for their relationship because she needs to be able to see, you know, the push and pull and the fact that he needs her to support him the way that he has. And she's stepping up this season and doing that, I think. And so he's, you know, this scene just will break your heart in a thousand pieces and I can't do it justice. (laughs) We need to clear the air. All right. When you ran up on me after I shot Barella, you could have asked me if I was okay, if I was hurt. That's not what you did. Adam, listen. I said, what did you do? Yeah, I did. What did you do? Kim, one of the many reasons that I fell in love with you is that I felt like you believed in me. Like you believed in me in a way that nobody in my entire life has. I did. Even me. I do. I'm not so sure. But you have to see how what I said made sense in the moment. You have to see that. I don't. After everything that you and I have been through, there just should have been something that held you back from the edge of assumption, some sort of guardrail that kept you from going over that ledge i mean if this situation is reversed i'm you you're me and i run up on you you're standing over barella holding the gun if i got close to the ledge fine i wouldn't go over not ever because i know your heart and i know that there's not a world in which You'd kill a man in cold blood. You'd shoot him in the back as he's running away for what? Revenge? For your family name? Come on. And that's what you meant when you said, what did you do? And in that moment, I'd have thought you'd know my heart. You're supposed to know. I do know your heart. I do. And I am sorry. It's just... Thanks for stopping by. I love that. I love, I love the spin that you put on that is that this was really good for the relationship because I mean, I, I, she went into it expecting Adam to be like, it's okay. You know, I'm not mad. Don't worry. And Adam was like, no, I'm fucking mad. And I was just kind of like, Kim, like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? But I love the, I love the way that you're looking at it. Just saying that this was good for them because it was, I just never really thought to think of it that way. I didn't either. Yeah. I think, like, I agree. I was so, I was really frustrated with Kim because I wanted it to be like that where she's just fallen, like, you know, apologizing or he's, you know, I just want things to go well, but yeah, I think they needed this moment. He needed to stand, like, stand up for himself because he was right in this argument as far as like, I would never think that about you. You know, he, he was, had every right to be hurt and I'm just glad that they were able to express it. This is a really good scene. Yeah. Fantastic episode. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's big of Adam to forgive her. Cause that, 
that's that's a big blow that you know he would never doubt her like that and the fact that she doubted him like that like that's a really big blow and it's big it's big of him to forgive her Mm. well and so i don't know that he would have well i mean i think he always will i guess but (laughs) i think it wouldn't have happened as quick i mean we had we so that was eight ten there's three episodes until they even really interact like they're noticeably avoiding each other they're noticeably not interacting like he's clearly very upset with her Mm -hmm. um but then we get to episode 13 trouble dolls which this is my favorite episode of season 13 i just think it's really really well this episode Um, yeah yeah, i really love it so um first of all we start with michaela putting on a show for her mom kim and it's (laughs) perfect and awesome oh my god beauty pie i love her it's so sweet so kim's clearly doing a great job of being a mom and it's it's a really sweet episode but um while you know during a pursuit there was a shoot where kim shoots someone and adam like was there so adam like talks to internal affairs to say you know he saw the whole thing whatever and then he like makes a point in front of her to say that he vouched for the fact that it was a clean shoot because of the whole drama with the fact that she had doubted him with his shoot Mm -hmm. um but then she stops him and says thank you and then i love this because once again she's she's has to repair the relationship she says clearly you're still pissed at me but you're gonna have to find a way to let me back in at some point and he responds you need a new jacket (laughs) She she is wearing the mustard jacket which needed to be gone anyway she had a literal miscarriage in it but okay yeah um Literally the skyline in her apartment. She can afford a new jacket. But, <laughs> so she has a bullet hole through it, which I think this hole, that jacket is so symbolic. I don't know if I'm crazy or if they do this on purpose, but the fact <laughs> that she's wearing the jacket, the same jacket that she had on in 713, and this is 813. So it's a season difference. Ooh. It's the same jacket. Mm-hmm. There's bullet holes through it, you know, kind of, you know, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Together, he says you need a new jacket. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it even continues later on in the episode. So, um, Michaela is going to therapy because she's having night terrors. Obviously, her whole family was murdered. Um, and <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't. Have casual. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the therapist is telling Kim that she needs to start thinking about what would happen to Michaela if anything were to happen to her, which, okay, foreshadowing. Um, and so, you know, Kim, she's saying, Michaela knows you're a cop. She knows you're in danger. So you have to be able to reassure her that something would happen to her um, if anything were to happen to you. And so we know that's on her mind. Um, later as they're working, because this case was a guy who was like, having people have babies in a basement. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so she's talking to the guy and she tells him I got pregnant last year, which is huge. Cause she isn't, she doesn't talk about that with anyone other than Adam that we've seen. Um, and she, he says, congratulations. And she says it didn't work out. And then she's talking about this prenatal vitamin, but just the fact that she says it at all is growth. For yeah. Her. Um, later, when they're in the middle of a big shootout, Kim looks down at Michaela's hair tie that she has around her wrist and has this flashback of all these moments of Michaela and just being a mom. And it's really cool. And, but she's not aware of what's going on around her. And Adam is calling her name and that kind of brings her back to reality. And later she's the one who ends the whole hostage situation because she's mm-hmm. the best. 
So Trudy tells her that later Kim gets to the district and tells Trudy, like, I got scared. It was for the first time that I've been scared because I was thinking about Michaela. And Trudy says, this is the universe telling you to pick your guardian, your backup. Um, and the scene cuts to Kim in her apartment and she's opening her mail and there's a knock at the door and it's who else would be at her door? People we've, we've established we're in through season eight. It's Adam. Um, and she has asked him to come over because she wants him to be the custodian in Michaela's adoption. So we'll roll it. I'm naming you as my custodian in the adoption. Like, if anything happens to me, you're the one who's going to take care of Michaela. I'm a little confused. I mean, you remember what's been going on, the questions you've had about me? I mean, things haven't been too good between us. I know. Okay, so is it about that, or is it about this case, what went down? No, it's not about either. Okay, why would you do that, then? Because we're supposed to have a baby together, dummy. (sighs) Because we're family. Because you and I are a lot of things, including pretty screwed up. (laughs) Who knows if we'll ever really get our act together, but our last name is Burgess now, Adam. And um, one thing that we can be, you and I, is, is we can be this whole big round thing that can surround and protect her. You know, even if Michaela doesn't know it exists. And I need that. It's the only way that I can do this. Be a good mom and be the kind of cop that I need to be. I need that. Obviously, you can say no. But I'm, could you just think about it? I don't need to think about it. It's a yes, of course. I wanted that you'd ask me. So like me and, you know, Lauren and I had kind of talked about earlier how we had a spiral and we think this is the major turning point for Berzek. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's been waiting all along to put her trust in him or to trust him. And he, you know, has shown up multiple times, but the fact that throughout the baby thing, that's where she started to trust him again. Right. And we've seen her pursue him since the loss of the baby and him not being angry with her for that. That's where she saw that he'll stick around and whatever. Now we're seeing her have to pursue him in the fear of Mm -hmm. losing him. And she has to make a decision. Do you trust this person for the rest of your life to be here or not? Because you have this kid. So, you know, the question is, what are we going to do? And she chooses him and she chooses to put her trust in him um, as a parent, but also as a partner. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the whole, like, we're meant to be a family comes back, you know, no matter what we are, they don't know, but they, she knows that she loves this man and that she trusts him with her life and now her kid's life. Oh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that it's definitely a turning point. And I never thought of it that way either. Like that they've reestablished trust and it's like evidenced here. I, yeah, it's, I love it. This scene is just so beautiful. Like, I think this is my favorite scene of all of season eight. Like, I love this scene. And, and Adam is so jazzed about it too. 
Oh, he's honored that she'd ask him. The and little his little handshake. Smile. Oh, the handshake. I need at least one playground scene in season nine with Adam and Kim and Michaela. I need at least oh, one. God, I know. And I need multiple Uncle Kevin scenes. Oh, yeah. And then Grandma Trudy and Grandpa Mouch, please. Oh, my gosh. I'm begging, begging. Give them to me. I yes. And and what's the more ultimate sign of trust than trusting someone with your kid? Like, yeah, yeah. Big time goes through. Um, so we get this amazing scene, and then I don't even, you know, I honestly didn't even take notes on the season finale because it's still <laughs> broken me. It's, it's I pain. Don't know that I'm fully prepared. Um, it is Burzak Central in a weird way because Adam's literally just feral the entire episode over losing Kim. <laughs> um, Kim is literally fighting to survive. She's the biggest badass that's ever existed. And um, this is the moment though that like – Oh, Lauren, do you want to get into our theory about how this will change them for season nine? Well, we were just saying that because Adam followed through and he took Michaela and he stayed with Michaela instead of going to the hospital and like he really took being a guardian seriously and followed through. I think that's when Kim ultimately wakes up and realizes what's happening that she, I think that's just gonna like progress the relationship even further because knowing that she made the right choice and like knowing how like great of a job that he did protecting Michaela and like making sure that she was okay while Kim couldn't I think that's just like the ultimate sign of trust and like we were saying and getting them back together I think that's just going to be the little tipping point oh I hope so I hope so no well, and I think I agree. It's time, first of all, but also <laughs> just like I think it's it would be so easy for Adam to go to a Kim. Like that's what he has done for eight seasons. He's gone to Kim and protected Kim and been about Kim. So he faced this choice here. Thank God to Haley Upton, but yeah. like with the help, like he, you know, he faced this hard decision of what he would have normally done and what he knew was right, and he chose Michaela and. Kim that is going to be what Kim needed to see you know she's been waiting for some way to know that this is going to be real and solid and he stepped up in this episode yeah also this mm-hmm. this might be just me being going crazy in headcanons but I don't think Adam's the type of guy where clearly like Kim is not is going to be in the hospital for a while so Adam's going to be taking care of Michaela for a hot second and so I don't think that Adam's the type of guy where if he creates this bond with Michaela and clear they're going to grow an attachment he's not just going to leave like go out of her life when Kim gets back Mm -hmm. like he's not just going to be like okay I'm gonna go home like see you guys later he's like (laughs) he's gonna be moved in by the time Kim gets home like and so I think that this is just gonna be like we're saying season nine is Burzik season like I think we're manifesting that manifesting that ish all of the fingers crossed man just universe that finale was pain like pain um just and and if you really think about it you know how you guys were saying that you know they balance each other and they calm each other and everything well I'm almost glad that Ruzik couldn't be part of the case because he would have he would have made himself sick with stress and Michaela almost stepped up in that instance and she was the calming balancing force that Kim wasn't in that moment so 
I'm really glad. I'm I'm glad that he couldn't be at the hospital with them or anything because he would have he would have made himself sick with stress. He would have been like throwing yeah. up out of panic. Very true. Mm-hmm. He would have been like freaking out the doctors. He would have been like he would have yeah. Been, he he wouldn't yeah. have been helping anything. Like he would have just been hindering it. And so the fact that he's got to be calm for Michaela is probably the best thing that for both could worlds. Yeah, yeah, it, it's the best. And 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 like unrelated side, I love that it was Jay that found Kim. I don't. I, I just oh. I just do. I just do. A Jake and Kate friendship would be nice, but you know, <laughs> doesn't have to be anything. Just, just a friendship. Just like, hey, we acknowledge each other's existence. We're friends. Like, you know, there's yeah. a reason that the fans call them Jake and Kate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that finale was just pain in the back of that car. Oh yeah, I know. Oh my gosh! I and then like just the the way like at, like Jake just handed her to Kevin, and Kevin just like very gently was like, "We've got you. We've got you. We've got you." Oh my god. I just want to cry all over again. The and parallel that destroys me is and it's just so little, but the parallel that kills me that you'll see on Tumblr is like when when Jay got shot and Kim's like, hang in there, hang in there. And then like you see the parallel and Jay's just like, we're here. Like if you can hear me, we're here. Yes. I'm like that just okay. Oh. RIP me. I'm just gonna go cry in the corner. And when Atwater had stayed on the phone with Adam the whole time and never hung up, and it just like progressed throughout the night, just also killed me because it was just Especially after they were was, mad at each other yeah. too, and it's just like, but they. Mm, I wonder both. where those two are going to stand in season nine because if if I'm Kevin, I am not okay with where we left off in season eight. Even if they were able to put put it aside for Burgess, I, I I'm still thinking back to that fight. It, it, I can't. I got. I'm curious if they're okay. Do you think that they would be like, oh, because of what happened with Burgess and like how they kind of and did it do you think that cpd would brush it off or i hope not but I do you think, think that well like, oh. do you mean cpd as in like what happened with Voight and Haley? no i just mean like do you think that they would just start off season nine and everyone would just be fine like i i could see it yeah i could see it with the past writing i feel like they wouldn't touch on it but hopefully not i think they the only way that they will is if um the whole argument about policing comes up again, which I think it might with the whole rift in the unit. Mm -hmm. However, I think Adam will change his tune now that he will see that the safer way and the more appropriate way of policing that Jay and Kevin did was what found Kim. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that will help the shift over from Voight's kind of way to everyone else's. So I think if any type of strife were to come from Kevin and Adam from last season with the fighting and everything that happened, including the Kim fight, I think that's what would bring it up, if anything. I also wonder if Haley's going to, like, flip sides after the finale. That, like, she's always been such an advocate for going off the book, and now, like, she's in the position she's in. I wonder if that's going to bring her over to, like, the Kevin and Jay and Kim side. I wonder if we're setting up for, like, Voight versus the unit. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I think. And I think, I think, like I said earlier, I think Jay is going to lead it. I think Jay is... I think this is maybe how Jay takes it over. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they they very specifically wrote each character in season eight storylines that would lead to that. Mm-hmm. Kim, Kim and Kevin and Jay have all been on that side, but they even had storylines that explored their feeling about policing in general. Yeah. That would be epic. Every unit versus white. That would be totally epic. I <laughs> love, love that. Insane. Insane. And then poor Platt is just like, this is awkward. I don't want to fight. It's like yeah. my kids versus my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 
did we do it? Did we make it to the end of the Berserk episode? <laughs> I think Berserk. we did. Oh my goodness. Uh, you, the, the running gag on our show has always been, can we crack three hours? Can we crack the hours? We didn't just crack it. Um, <laughs> we shattered it. And then some. Yeah. Berserk, yeah. Berserk oh, Nation. Berserk Nation, rise up. <laughs> Oh, worth it. Worth it. Totally, totally worth it. Okay. So how do we usually end the show? Like, <laughs> um, if you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. True that. Gold star for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's everywhere. Um, where can we find you guys, the locker room? So we primarily use Twitter, um, the locker room OC. Uh, we are also on Podbean under the locker room OC on Spotify, the locker room dash one Chicago. Um, we have a red bubble that's attached to our Twitter that we talked about earlier. Um, Instagram is the locker room dot OC. So unsurprisingly, there are many podcasts in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so, um, like I, I'm, I'm totally blinking right now. I'm like, how do we end the show? How do we, how do we usually do that? Okay, so if you like the show, which we really hope you do, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, oh, we would so greatly appreciate that. Especially now that Med is on Netflix, there's like new shyhards crawling out of the woodwork, and like you know, let's make friends. Let's be friends. Um, in the meantime, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Brina. I am at Brina K13. Jules. I am 5021 Ida. And Lauren. I'm Lucifer's Berzik. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what we're covering next week. Um, no, yeah, we don't know. But don't uh, know. yeah, so you guys know, you know, we come out with new episodes every Friday. When do you guys come out with new episodes of The Locker Room? Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, just like line up your week, dude. It's just like one Chicago podcast week all the time. So... <laughs> join the cult we can all just keep you company all week we really can come to the dark side we have cookies (laughs) which is like an indirect berserk reference because marina loves cookies um (laughs) i'm tired i don't know but uh yeah so jules and lauren thank you guys so yeah thank you thank you thank you Thank you uh, for having us. This has been a blast this uh (laughs) the, the collaboration we did this summer i think we should just do it again next year what do you think I'm totally down. Add on. I love it. Yeah. And so um, thank you guys so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Um, You guys are welcome back anytime. You know, yeah, definitely stay in touch and all that good stuff. And yeah, in the meantime, you guys, you know, have a good weekend. Um, Stay safe and, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.